uh, yeah, getting you know getting Locke to carry messages throughout the centuries. You yeah. Know. Yes. Yeah. That's that's you know that's enough. Yeah, I think that's enough for him to say. I've gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, managing managing to get another body. Yeah. You know, yeah. Good. Yeah. Getting that getting that whole thing orchestrated is is pretty, and then just all the running around and being different people and yeah, pretending the, to be Alex to Ben and that's that's the thing that makes it seem really confusing what the loophole is since he's standing there as John Locke, yet Ben is there to kill Jacob. So it's like, what, which one is he talking about? What do you mean? When Jacob tells Man of Black, I see you found your loophole. Oh, 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 okay. You know, oh, he's I standing see. there in John Locke's body for the first time. You know, Jacob's seeing that for the first time. Yeah. So it's almost like, oh, is that the loophole? Or is it that uh, he's about to get be killed by Ben? That's right. the loophole. Which I, I think see. that's the loophole. Yes, yes. It, it seems. I mean, I feel like that's at least part of the loophole. The the being locked thing may be part of it, but it it seems to me like the the big obvious part of it is he couldn't kill Jacob. He needed Ben to do it. Yeah, I just think like if he could come to Ben as Smokey and say kill Jacob, that would be doing the loophole. Yeah. You know, being being locked, I feel like is his way to get off the island. Yeah. Okay. But, um, all right, you ready for the next scene? I guess so. So we're back on the island. Kate helps Jack sit down. Um, is this the right scene? Wait a minute, sorry. I feel like I skipped. Yeah, I did skip. All right, sorry, we flash sideways. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we flash sideways. Jack walks down the hallway uh, at the hospital as some nurses wheel John back to his room post-surgery. Uh, the nurse congratulates Jack on killing the smoke monster. I mean, uh, repairing Locke's spinal surgery. Uh, she asks why his neck is bleeding. John, uh, Jack wipes uh, away the blood. Jack says Locke is stable and tells the nurse he's going to hop in the shower and attend the concert with David. The nurse stops Jack, telling him John is awake despite having the right doses of anesthesia. Jack tells John to try not to move. He's just had surgery. Jack tells... I'm sorry, John tells Jack it worked. He can feel his legs. Jack is very skeptical. Um, then John moves his toes. The sensation brings back a flash of memories uh, of his times in the island. He asks Jack if he saw the flashes, if he remembers. Jack gets a quick flash of him and John looking down the shaft of the swan hatch. Hatch. Uh, yes, two hatches. Jack tells John to relax. <laughs> But John wants to go. He asks Jack if he will come with him. Jack tells John he needs to go see his son. John tells him he doesn't have a son. John tells Jack he hopes someone does for him what Jack just did for John. There's a shot of them looking down the hatch? Yeah. I didn't notice that. You didn't see that flash? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he when he says, did you see, Jack gets a quick flash of them. It's a shot of the that tel- that telescoping crane shot or whatever of, you know, the camera falling down the hatch and looking up at Jack and, and John. Yeah. Yeah, they show that. They actually show that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm amazed. Because I, uh, I feel like I should have noticed that. I feel like you should have, too. 
just want to agree with you there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's pretty fast, but maybe it's there. you blinked both times you watched it. You just blinked. I must have. I must Possibly. have. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, the neck thing is still confusing to me. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, his neck was bleeding in LAX. Is it was bleeding earlier this morning, and now it's bleeding again. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Stop bleeding. Why? I don't understand. I think, I think I think it's like his body, like he's getting he's getting the it's like these physical hints of of his mortality or something like that, you know, um, like the well, I mean, like the fact that he dies. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know he's getting closer and closer to realizing what's going on, and like you know the other the realization is bleeding through, as it were. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I get that. I just, you know, I'd expect it to more line up somehow, but I, I guess it doesn't. I mean, this is after Jack dies, so it's not like lined up really. There's not even supposed to be time, so it's all kinds of crazy. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I don't get that. So uh, last little line here: you don't have a son. That's one of the things that uh made me think that Jack's son is sort of not real and 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 to kind of extrapolate a bit from that that like some of the stuff we see isn't really real, you know, isn't and and by that I just mean not not uh you know, not something that that comes from the the real world. Yeah, I mean I think that interpretation is correct just in terms of John just having the memories of the island times of the original timeline and sort of knowing that Jack doesn't have a son. So I think that, yeah, I think that's true that he's, he's literally saying, you know, you don't have a son. Yeah. You know, in the real world, you don't have a son. Right. You know? and, right. and that's the thing. Like, I, I, yeah, I think you can take it so far as to say, okay, that, that means that David doesn't really exist or, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever that I mean, means. whatever that means. I mean, to me, David is like a holodeck character. You know, mm-hmm. he has some kind. Of, you know, I mean, holodeck characters had their own reactions, and you know, sometimes they, sometimes they came alive in certain senses. But you know, I feel like he's 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 as real as that. Yeah, you know, he's something that's there for Jack, really, and he does you know react and have his own things. But sort of once Jack goes, I think David's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think they, you know the program shuts down basically. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I'm surprised they they put in a shot of it going down the hatch. So sort of it goes a little bit against what I what I was saying earlier because most of the shots aren't aren't like that aren't part of the the mysteries. Mm-hmm. You know that that was sort of a part of the mystery. I think they showed that because, you know, it ties to what Man in Black said to Jack when they're lowering Desmond down the hatch. Oh, okay. You know, and so it's like, that was, so it's like, you know, Man in Black brings that up, that connection with Jack and John, and then in this scene, John says, hey, Jack, do you remember? And Jack gets another, you know, that same scene of a connection, but he actually gets to see the flash. Right. You know, uh, of that. So it's kind of, I think it's mirroring that way. Yes, 
Okay, I see. I wish the nurse had congratulated him on killing the smoke monster. That's I think awesome. she did. I don't think she knew it, but I think she did. <laughs> She's so awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. I don't think Jack would understand right away, but yeah. when he did, it would be did amazing. We, did we say this earlier that um, that the – Jack's appendix scar in the flash sideways is like probably the knife wound from from Lot killing him. Oh uh, no, no. Yeah, that that might be that might be supposed to be something like his neck wound. You know, like the same kind of his body having the wounds from when he was dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. It's weird that he also had his appendix out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he should have a scar there for like two reasons. Yeah, but uh, maybe that's that's the way they that's the way they got us. Yeah. Well, if you go with the notion that the you know the the this time you know they haven't really been in, lived their lives in this time in this in this purgatory world and you just have sort of fake memories then, mm-hmm. then it would make sense that they ha- he has a fake memory of his appendix being taken out but the scar is actually you know this thing from his death. Right. <laughs> right. But it's just like. You know, they had they had the appendix, you know, he had his appendix out on the island mm-hmm. when he was, you know, when he was much older. And so it seemed like it was sort of that bleeding through. But then they had him stabbed in his side, and then you can say, oh, it's actually that yeah. bleeding through. Because that fits in more with the cut on the neck. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, I almost imagine they had him stabbed in the side so that we could interpret it that way. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like and also like on the right side too, like the side where the scar is. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that seems that seems like that's right. Um, I think one of the big things, uh, if I ever rewatch this season, and I probably will someday, um, I guess I've already rewatched rewatched a lot of it, but uh, I I think I think the the sort of alternate timeline teases will be. This season's version of the, you know, who's the Oceanic Six yeah. kind of stuff, where it's like, okay, okay, I know what you're doing. I remember when that was a big mystery, but mm-hmm. you know, I, but Jin's like, just in the closet. He's just in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It'll be that's you know that's the that's the downside of mystery shows or whatever mystery plot lines. It's just like. Once you know the answer, and then you get to watch it and see them set it up, and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that stuff just doesn't survive very well. It it doesn't, you know, it's, I, but it is a kind of show. I mean, the show wouldn't be the same if it weren't a mystery show, and they didn't do that stuff. Yeah, it's just uh, that's on rewatching. That's always the stuff that sort of uh, doesn't come off as well or hold up as long. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, they have put in stuff in the Flash Sideways that sort of you can look at differently now that, you know, once you know what it is. Yeah. So I think I think that part of it, you know, like Desmond's episode being happily ever after, like that, that sounds a little different now that we know where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it, I, I don't think we fully sort of, Got it at the time. I mean, I, I had a half-assed explanation, but I think now that we know that, in a way, this this purgatory ends up leading to something like a happily ever after, 
Mm-hmm. You know, sort of that's where Desmond goes. Like it, it, that, that sort of fits more than wh- what it originally seemed like. Yeah. So uh, I, I, uh, I wasn't surprised that it was, uh, it was the toe wiggling that jogged uh, Locke's mm-hmm. memory. That's, that's to me. That's pretty much you know, perfect. That was definitely. Probably the the most pivotal moment for Locke in the uh, in the series. Yeah, totally. Sort of Locke became the guy that he was on the island because of that. Really, mm-hmm. you know, we, were, we never would have had season one Locke or the later crappier Locks if it, if it weren't for that. So, so I, I that that's sort of what I thought they'd do. Um, and even though it was kind of predictable, it uh, it played pretty well. I I liked it, and I I really thought Jack would wake up here, but I I guess they're kind of saving Jack for last. Mhm. It's like okay, now Jack's gonna be awake, but I yeah. It's... He gets the flash, so they 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 did something with it. You're right. You're right. You're right. There's stages. Yeah. Of it, but uh, uh, I thought it would be more. But you're right. He gets something that counts. So, so I uh, I uh, I enjoy this little scene. I, I thought it was good. I I like the uh, you know I, I I like the whole Jack Lock thing, and I like Lock sort of realizing it's it's an interesting point in the episode where characters are understanding what's going on and the audience isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and they kind of hold that off. For a long time. Yeah, there seems to be this this unspoken rule with the awakened that that they can't just forcibly wake someone else up. Yeah. Uh, they have to help them wake up, and they can maybe induce them waking up, but they can't just tell them straight out. Right. Hey, you're dead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some line Hurley has about that's that's against the rules or something like they, they have to have their own personal experience instead of just being told what's going on. Mm-hmm. Some kind of enlightenment or something. Yeah. Um, but like, as soon as they do, it's like, okay, I'm on board. It's, it, it all washes over them. It's not just like, I remember it's, and I'm ready to go move on. Yeah. It's, that makes it weird, I think. You know, it makes it that that lack of conflict between realizing this life isn't real and their past life is sort of just negated by their just like, yeah, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I don't have any problems with what happened on the island. I don't have any problems with the fact that whatever version of life I was living here isn't real. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that part of it is it. I don't know. It undercuts. It undercuts both things. I mean, the bigger thing mm-hmm. for me is the island, but, you know, mm-hmm. even the sideways stuff, uh, you know, it has allegorical value, but it definitely loses a loses a few points when yeah. when they don't care about it anymore. Like, Ben Ben is the only one who actually says something, I think. You know, Hurley says a little bit, but Ben is the only one who actually sort of shows he cares about what happened on the island and actually has sort of concrete thoughts about his actions and yeah. realizes they were wrong and stuff like that, and... I would have loved to see that with some other characters just sort of saying, like, you know, uh, 
you know, like, you know, Sawyer telling Jack something. Yes. You know, uh, you know, thanks for everything. I mean, he just thanks for everything before he, he leaves on the island, but, but, but something in the afterlife of, you know, them, them, them sort of acknowledging mistakes or acknowledging their, their history or, uh, you know, just, just commenting about what happened. I, you know, I would have liked a little bit of that. Me too. Me too. I, 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 it was, yeah, it was like all was forgiven and mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, it, it, they just, we're just all, we're all done with all that, you know? Yeah. It was like, you didn't like me and I didn't like you, but that's okay. We're all dead now. And right. you, know, you never helped me do anything. And I needed, I needed some help one time and you wouldn't give it to me and it really mattered. And, but that's okay. We're all dead. So right. I'm gonna hug you and sit in the church. And, right. Yeah. One yeah. time. One time I tortured you because you wouldn't give up an inhaler that you didn't even have. <laughs> Isn't that and... funny? Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Can't believe it. We were so we were so young back then. <laughs> we were so dead. We were so alive back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, the good days. Yeah. Living, living is wasted on the alive. That's right. <laughs> living is wasted on the living. Um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It was like, you didn't even know that other character. Why are you hugging them? Yeah. You know, like, really, totally. really, Libby? You're really close to these guys? Yeah, really? yeah, that's bull. I call bullshit on that. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, and to me also, like, Shannon and Boone, I mean, it's still nice, skipping ahead, but yeah. It's nice to bring them back, but it's just I, to me they're just they're just not they're just not part of the core group. Like they're yeah. they're early, you know. To me, they're they belong there as much as Libby, who also doesn't belong, or like Anna Lucia, or you know, even even uh, Penny. I feel like it's kind of out weird there. You know, Desmond sort of gets tied in. He did he had enough, I think. Well, yeah, Desmond's huge in terms of what he did, what he, you know, he has a huge contribution to the group Yeah. overall, you know, but it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the characters that they showed. I think it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm happier that they, they, I guess I'd rather have more characters included at the end than less, but I, I would also say that um, I wish there was some sort of, like, milestone in terms of their times in the island that you had to reach to get to this point, like, you know, if you weren't around after the hatch blew up, like you don't count or right. if you weren't around when Jack and Jack and those guys got captured by the others, like you don't count. Like some yeah. sort of like milestone where you, you help the group out enough and you live through enough to where, you know, you, you sort of did enough to, uh, to, to warrant it. And it's like, you know, Shannon Boone got out of the game pretty early. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. And it, it's almost like Desmond is so important. He can just bring in Penny as a plus one. Or yeah, something. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think he can't. You can't have Desmond without having Penny, and so it's like, yeah, yeah. he just he just gets to come too. It would feel like, wrong to do that. What about? Well, I forgot about their kid, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, he's not even. <laughs> he gets his own. He gets his own. Um, I guess so. But yeah, like Penny, I guess Penny technically met some of them for like a week or something. But it just—it mm-hmm. seems like she never was on the island. It she did help them, yeah. She helped them get rescued after the helicopter crash. Yeah, and yeah. That's that big, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. I just I feel like she she didn't really earn her place there. It's just that she she gets to kind of ride Desmond's coattails. Yeah, and, and just in terms of being with the girl, I agree. I think it's a problem, like. 
there's not a clear criteria for what for what they have to do to be there. And like, I guess the point is like they didn't want everybody in there. And it, like, if they start adding characters, like there's always going to be why not this person? Why not that person? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like at a certain point it's like you need every character in there or you just need to, you know, keep some core group. And it seems like like it it's almost like they just went with the original season 1 cast, but that's not quite right. Like there's exceptions to that. Mhm. You know. Well, I think the exception is if if, you know, the season 1 cast plus anyone they fell in love with. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty much everybody, you know, and yeah. then, then you have Desmond and Penny. Yeah. Attached to that. But it's like, yeah. if you were somebody they loved, then you got to come to. Right. Right. That's how Libby got in there. Yeah. She's you a know. plus one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's a plus one. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, uh, uh, Anna Lucia couldn't make it, and, and you know, some mm-hmm. the, the freighter characters aren't there. You know, we never even saw Frank in the Flash Sideways. I almost want to say the criteria should be if you saved, you have to have saved somebody's life, you know, or significantly helped in some situation. So, like, you either save one or multiple people's lives in that group mm-hmm. or you, or some other sort of big situation like that. You know, and I think for most of them, most of them can probably get in with that criteria yeah. at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the big thing, and that's why I would say you know Penny gets in because she did she did save their lives. You know right. they 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 would have just drowned out there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you know de- got dehydrated or whatever. Yeah. Died like that. So you know she gets in for that. That's a pretty big thing. So it's not necessarily even like the amount of time she was. You know you have to be with them so much as like maybe just the big contributions. And so you know I can't explain Shannon. She she's a she's a plus one because of Saeed, but I think she gets in yeah uh, for for being the OG crew right uh, Boone I think gets in because of his impact on Jack and Locke yeah like he's important to them in terms of their feud and stuff like that yeah uh, you know I don't think he ever like saved anyone's life but he also gets the OG crew credit so yeah yeah no I don't I don't think he. I don't think he ever saved anyone's life either. He tried to yeah. help out a couple times, but yeah. Uh, I mean, he he was barely he was barely alive. I mean, in the run of the show, it was so little, and it's like he gets a place in the final moments, and like characters who are around for like multiple seasons, though. Like, it's just I don't know. Well, I, we can talk about it more when we get to that scene and figure out who who could who should have been in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I it, it would have to come to where where does it end at a certain point if you yeah. if you want to throw everybody in there, you know. Definitely feels weird not to have some of the family members there to me, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I understand that, that that's not about the island, and you know that's probably part of it. But you know, like Jack's dad's there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, well. I don't know. Jack's dad was dead, like, before any of the island stuff happened. So it mm-hmm. seems a bit odd that he's there. I mean, it, it works because of the role they have him play, but uh, I don't know. I know what to make of that. Well, guess... he's Claire's dad, too, and, yeah. uh, you know, that he's he's important to Jack in a way, and so I, it seems like that's how he gets in. And, and I think he has some role as the shepherd. Um, yeah. you know, in all of this. So I think I think he's 
he's almost like Desmond in a way where he's got some, uh, or Miss Widmore or something. It seems like he's got some weird special role and, and, and to play in all of this in terms of like being, being the, you know, the, the uh, sort of guide for Jack or something who is the leader for the rest of them. So. Right. Right. There's something there, but yeah, I know what there you're saying. Is. It's not like he's really connected to the to the group, right? Because like, he was in terms of being on the island. The only, I mean, him on the island was the smoke monster. You know what it is? I really think it's it's that it's almost like Christian, you know, was 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 dead in his own afterlife, and then came to this place to to help Jack and the rest move on. Like I think he, you know, I don't think he was necessarily waiting in purgatory or anything like that. Um, because, you know, he he tells Jack, this is a place you guys made so you could find each other. You know, right. it's not like he was including himself in that. So yes. I think it was almost like he had already moved on and he came back to, to show Jack the, the final rest of the way. Right. Yeah. To shepherd them all. Shepherd them all in a Christian way. <laughs> in a non-denominational Christian way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh yeah, I think that's right. It's just it's it's. I know we're not even on that scene, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I. It's the time. May, okay, maybe I'll just save it for when we get to that scene. Yeah, just save it. Just perk, let it percolate. Okay, I got I got more to say about that, but of course I do. It's the last big like seed of the show. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right, Jack and Locke. I think we've I think we've covered. All right. Um, yeah, I just have to say Swan Hatch Hatch, since it was oh. a hatch to the Swan Hatch. <laughs> Very good. It was a hatch. That's right. Um, all right. So next scene, we're back on the island. Kate helps Jack sit down. She sees his wound and asks if he's okay. He jokingly tells her to find her some thread, find him some thread, and then he can count to five. Sawyer and Hurley arrive. Sawyer asks what happened. Kate tells him Locke is dead. It's over. Suddenly, another island quake. Sawyer says it doesn't feel like it's over. Anything here? It's not over. Eh, it's not over yet. Next scene, we flash sideways. Sawyer enters son's room. She and Jen uh, smile, recognizing their old salty friend. Sawyer asks if they've seen Saeed. Sawyer wants to put them under security, but Sun declines. Sawyer says he wants to keep Sun safe, but Sun tells him she is safe. Touche. As yeah. they leave, Jen tells Sawyer they will leave him there. That's not what I meant to say. As they leave, Jen tells Sawyer they will see him there. See me where, Sawyer questions. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. we find out. Yeah. Uh, so at the concert, of course. I know. Yeah. So I know it doesn't matter in the end, but so you're not gonna bring it up. No, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. <laughs> the way you prefaced it, I thought you weren't gonna bring it up. You're like, this, not, this doesn't matter. Like, no, that's not gonna stop me from bringing it up. Oh, okay. It never has. I I'm all about that shit. So yeah. Uh. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, of course she's safe. She's safe for multiple reasons. I mean, first of all, Saeed is not even going to be that Saeed anymore. But second of all, you know, it wasn't even Saeed. Like, Sawyer is still cop Sawyer here. And it's, you know, he was, Saeed wasn't even responsible for, you know, shooting her. Mm-hmm. She isn't, in, she wasn't in danger even from 
sideways, Saeed. Yeah. You know, like he was just wrong about that completely. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, it bothers me. That whole plot was just, you know, catching Saeed and I, it just, it's all sort of pointless. He was wrong, but it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, it's like he didn't know he was wrong, so he was doing what he thought was the right thing, but he didn't know it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it basically gets into the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's that's how they get him to run into Juliet. Yeah. So that makes sense. But yeah, here we get here we get Sun and Jin. They've you know they've. They've taken a drink of the Kool-Aid, and they're just going off to their happy little uh, next life and uh, assuming Sawyer will see them there and, yeah, you know, all that's over. I remember a time when I was like, okay, now they're going to go live live happily ever after, and I met, and then I remembered that her dad wanted to kill her. But now I'm like, I don't even know if that's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that might have just been part of their – you know, part of their purgatorial, like, you know, stuff going on mm-hmm. there. You know, like maybe her her dad, you know, I don't even know if her dad is, is in this world. Yeah. You know, he might not be. Like, it might just be, you know, part of their problems. Like, some, you know, she had problems with her father and, you know, what he was, you know, him, him sort of standing in the way of her and Jen's relationship being good. And it seems like it's sort of that going on there. So it wouldn't yeah, it matter. Yeah, like, it seems like she in this in this place she didn't she didn't you know press her dad to accept Jen's lower you know lower um, ranking in society or something. Like, right. She just hid it from him instead of saying no, I love this guy even if he's if you know the poor fisherman's son or something. Right. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, but it's like he's still you know working for her father, but. Yeah, just a little different take on that whole thing, but it's like, yeah, we can't really, you know, now we can't really extrapolate that um, in the real world, uh, you know, Pike wanted Jen dead or something like that. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I I want to uh, I want to think that's true, but yeah, it looks like we'll just kind of never know what he wanted because they both died. And I yes. guess, you know, Sun eventually goes home, and she thinks Jen's dead, so at that point, it probably doesn't even matter to them, no. or to him, I should say. Yeah. Well, he's got a granddaughter to take care of now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, he'll do a better job. <laughs> Any job? <laughs> sure. All right. You want to go to the next scene? Yes. Uh, we fly sideways. Oh, sorry. No. Now we're back on Hydra Island. Frank laments the patchwork job of the plane repair, but thinks it will work. Frank tries to reset the electronics and sees an error with the hydraulic uh, on the nose wheel. Frank gives Miles some schematics, a flashlight, and some duct tape, and tells him to make sure everything is hooked up right. Ben radios in and asks Frank what his timetable is. Frank yells, don't bother me, and tosses the walkie. Uh, at the cliffs, Ben tells the group, uh, it seems like Frank and the gang are making progress. Another island quake shakes everyone. Kate wonders why this is still happening if Locke is dead. Jack says, whatever Desmond turned off, he needs to, uh, needs to be turned on. 
And if it doesn't work, they all need to be on the plane. Jack, I'm sorry, Kate tells him uh, he doesn't need to do this, but Jack tells her he has to. He can't just let the island sink. Jack asks Sawyer if he, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, Jack asks Sawyer if he can get the boat to the Hydra Island in time. Sawyer says yes. He and Sawyer shake hands. Jack wishes Sawyer good luck. Sawyer thanks Jack for everything. Ben tosses the walkie to Sawyer and says if the island's going down, he's going down with it. Jack tells Hurley he needs to go, but Hurley doesn't want to go down the cliffs. He wants to stay with Jack. Jack tells Kate she needs to leave and get Claire on the plane. She tells Jack um, to tell her that she will see him again, but Jack can't. They kiss a kiss of eternal love that shall only be fully realized in the afterlife. They tell each other they love each other. Ben and Hurley and Jack leave. That's wow. the scene. Wow. So, it's Kate and Jack, but not much. Mm-hmm. Not till the afterlife. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they... So, I, I, I like Sawyer's little thing, but again, I do... Um, I do feel like I do feel like Sawyer is kind of underwritten in these in these last few episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like it feels like his character deserves more more to more to do and say, and I, and even in the flash sideways, it seems like you know he connects with Juliet, which is good, but it it does seem like there's enough his character's been through that he it seems like he deserves more than he gets. As just the final word on Sawyer kind of a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like Sawyer just kind of sits in the background for the rest of the show. Yeah. Well, some characters have to. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I, I mean, he doesn't really have anything to do. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know... In terms of his reticence, though, like, you know, I, I, I give him a pass because he is sort of a, you know, he's not a guy who's always going to say what's on his mind, you know. So, and I always feel like Josh Holloway gets, gets across the impression, like, there's more he wants to say, but he just won't say it. You know, like that scene uh, after, uh, after the sub when Jack and uh, Sawyer are walking through the jungle and Sawyer says, you know, oh, it's my fault. And Jack says, no, it's Locke's fault. And it's like, it's a very short scene when I want, you know, Sawyer to profess how wrong he was not to trust Jack. But, but he, he comes across like it's, on, it's right under the surface. And he just, you know, he's just the kind of person who's just not going to spill his, spill, you know, wear his heart on his sleeve, you know. You know, and if they had time and they had and could talk, you know, it might come out at some point. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I was, I was, I was, I was. It was good to hear, you know, him thank Jack for everything. But it's like I wanted to say, you know, thanks, Doc. Thanks for everything. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. <laughs> thanks really for this. And you know, that one time I didn't think I would ever thank you for, but thank you for that. <laughs> You know, it's like you want, I know what you're saying. It's like I feel like, you you know, you feel like you want more to happen in these final moments, but, but they just, it's, you know, it's all about brevity because the island is about to be destroyed. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, so it gives them, it gives them the cause to not have, you know, not sit around and, and say a lot. Because if, if the, you know, if the island wasn't being destroyed 
and Glock is dead, you know, they can they can really take their time yeah. all the way around. You know, Frank would, could hang out and check the plane some more. And, yeah. You know, like, they could really take their time, but it's like, no, got to go, got to uh, go, got to go. Yeah, that's what I want. I want everybody to just hang out for the mm-hmm. last, like, hour or something. <laughs> just get have it all out. Have a, little, have a little barbecue at the beach. Totally, yeah. yeah. Just hang, yeah. you know, tell each other stories. Just, uh, you know. They, have, uh, have they'll a, do that in the afterlife. Yeah, sort of have a good, like, final farewell party. Yeah, they'll do it in the afterlife. That's that's why they get to all yeah. hang out for eternity. Yeah, uh, afterlife is not what I want, but yeah, <laughs> I I get it, I get it. That's sort of where it happens. But even in the afterlife, like you said, it feels like it feels like they don't do as much as I want. Like it's still there's still a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Like they have to go do this thing right now, and they're yeah. not gonna just hang out for a while. Like, hey, let's, you know. No, I mean in the in the real afterlife, the final. Oh, the place, final the afterlife. So okay. They'll, they'll, that's where they get to hang out. Damn it! So we never get to see it. No, no, that's the problem. We don't ever get to see it. <sighs> I just, yeah, I want a little epilogue where they're just hanging out, and I just, I don't know. I'd like to hear that stuff. But yeah, I, I, I get why they did it. I, it's just that I thought Sawyer was such a strong character, you know, particularly with the fourth and especially the fifth seasons and he took a nosedive early this season because of Juliet and I just feel like at the end of the series, you know, I just, I feel like I want more from him. And I, I, I you know, I feel like Jack and uh, and Hurley and, and Cave and a lot of the other characters got, got their due and it just seems like Sawyer is a little bit underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. This season, he but he's had good previous seasons, so I mean, you know, like Jack, yeah, Jack was sort of under good. underrepresented in season five in a way. Yeah, totally. Jack Jack was totally sitting in the back seat when Sawyer was running the show. So yeah, yeah, Sawyer got to have his moments, you know. Yeah, yeah, he had a good he had a good early part of the season. Yeah, oh, I'll I'll definitely take that. Those are very good scenes. But, uh, you know, this is the last goodbye, and it's, well, okay, it's not, because they're going to meet in the afterlife, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's the real, it's supposed to be the last goodbye, yeah. as far as they know, you know, and uh, thanks for everything, okay, good enough, I mean, I guess it's as good as I wish you believed me. Yeah, and I think, like I said, you know, you, you, you have to imagine that there's a lot that's left unspoken by those words, you know, which is, yeah. like you, you know, he, he, he's saying more than just those words. Yeah. You know, for Sawyer to tell Jack thanks for everything, like, that's a big deal. It is. It is. And, and I'll take it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. better than nothing. It's better than, you know, I don't know, see you later, sucker, or something. Mm-hmm. Bye, Doc. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big sort of the the last time the group is splitting up. Yeah, yeah, you know. it's for real this time. Yeah, people going their separate ways. You know, Jack and Kate. You know, it's um, that was a good little moment they got they got to share. Uh, yeah, it's the final leaving the island thing. Yeah, see, Jack and Kate get an appropriate sort of farewell scene. Yeah, you know, like that, it's big enough to to you know justify you know how much time they've given it it is interesting to me that 
you know, even though they end it with Kate and Jack, you know, they they were they were barely together on the show ever. Yeah. They you know, they had like some flirtations and stuff and little tiny things and then they almost got married and they were together for a little bit but mostly not and mm-hmm. and then this and that's it until the yeah. afterlife it's such a almost nothing relationship for how powerful it is yeah well three years is a long time to be with someone and i think i think it always seemed to me that like kate and jack on the island you know partly things were muddled because of sawyer and then things got muddled because of juliet yeah, you know, became this quadrangle thing, right? Uh, and uh, but like, I think I think it, it just seemed like Kate and Jack never got to just have a sort of straightforward romance because of all the crap on the island, you know, all the stuff they had to deal with. There wasn't time to be like, hey, you want to go steady, you know? Like, they didn't they didn't really get to do that, you know? You you, so you see Hurley and um, Hurley and Libby trying to have a picnic. You see what happens there, so right. you know, just. There's no, there's no time. So, so much of their relationship was formed by, you know, by the adventures and by like the sort of emotions of them saving each other and losing each other and trying to help other people and, you know, the sort of common causes and stuff. But I think the three years they spent, even though it was rocky, I think that was pretty, pretty big. You know, uh, you know, I think they were like, uh, did, did he move in at some point? Yeah. They were living I, together or something. I didn't get the impression they were together the whole three years. It came across to me like they were together for, I don't know, maybe maybe one year, something like that. Because there was a mm-hmm. period, like, when they first went back, Kate had to have her trial. And, yeah. And they had that scene where Jack doesn't want to – Jack doesn't want to see Aaron. And, yeah. And so, there, so, so Kate's like, you can't see me until you're ready to see Aaron. So there's some, like, period where Jack doesn't see her because he doesn't want to see Aaron. Eventually he gives in on that, but then then he goes crazy because she's doing this thing for Sawyer, and, mm-hmm. and 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 then it's over, and then he sort of goes into the, his little downward spiral. Yeah, you know. So it's, it seems to me like there's some like middle period where where they're together. That it, you know, it's not the whole three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's significant, whatever amount of time it was. It is. It you know, it's more than a lot of people got who got to be with their eternal loved one, you know. It counts. But, like, the Sawyer-Juliet thing was just a lot, you know, a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know. Because it just, it started off bad. It, with Jack and Case, it started off bad. It sort of ended bad. And, you know, with Sawyer and Juliet, it just, it wasn't like that. It just. Uh, I mean, it, it ended bad in terms of tragedy with her dying, but, you know, they didn't have a giant, like, you know, breakup thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she just died. She just died. <laughs> I think that might be a giant breakup. But... Right, but that's different from them both being alive and just going their separate ways. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and then I, I guess Kate sort of after she gives up air and she turns up in Jack's apartment and there's that whole thing, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, there, there is something, there is something there. That's true. But it definitely feels like very little show time has been spent on it for how much they get out of it at this point. Yeah. Well, and I think that, yeah, again, it's like the fact that it works, I think shows that, you know, it was, it was a lot of subtext and a lot of, you know, how much they care about each other, even though they're not saying it. Right. As often as, you know, they probably would if they weren't 
dodging bullets. Right. And time traveling. Right. <laughs> but it's yeah. nice to it's nice to just sort of end on, you know, knowing, okay, is it Jack is it is it Kate and Sawyer or Kate and Jack, you know? Mhm. And it's nice to know how the pairings sort of work work out. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. They they stuck with they stuck with what they what they really showed. They didn't have too much uh you know, in the early days there were sort of you know, back and forth stuff, but once both of them kind of had really serious commitments going, they didn't nullify those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, her stuff with Sawyer was always sort of just flirty anyway. Yeah. But it was like they they yeah. He yeah. forgot what she looked like, so he fell in love with another another woman. Right. <laughs> exactly. And she still, she you know, she still cared about Sawyer. You know, she followed him and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's it only goes so far. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like Hurley. Uh, Hurley just. I guess Hurley just doesn't want to do that jump. I mean, it does look a little scary. I don't know that I would want to do it. Well, uh, I think at this point they're not going to jump. Uh, I think I think first they're planning just to climb down. Oh, okay. Uh, the thing, and I think he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, they jump when they realize the plane's about to take off. Oh, so okay. I think that's later. Okay, okay. He just doesn't want to climb then. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, same same problem really. To just the heights and the cliff. And, yeah, yeah. I would. And the attempt, you know, the impending doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben seems to just want to stay behind. That's another mm-hmm. thing I was going to say. Uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised that maybe I'll save that. Yeah, I'll save that. But Hurley's Hurley's decision not to go ends up uh at least in part leading to him becoming the next island protector. Yeah. Which is gotta know what Jack would have done if Hurley didn't come with him. Yeah. Yeah. Banner Desmond, I guess. Mhm. I don't think he would have chose Desmond. He wants Desmond to go home with Penny. Yeah, Desmond wouldn't want to do it. It'd probably yeah. be Ben. I ooh, I don't know. That that's a tough call. But maybe I don't know if I, I mean that's a, that's the call you'd have to make. Does does Jack trust Ben enough to put him in charge of the island? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting that Hurley trusts Ben enough to have Ben as a number two. Me too. You know, and I think something has to do with the fact that he saved him from that tree branch, yeah. that tree falling, but. But, you know, he's still a dubious guy. This is the same guy Hurley, you know, got arrested for to stay away from. That's a good point. You know, so it's like, how how they come that far where he just, you know, implicitly trusts him? Yeah. And I think the answer is yes. The <laughs> okay. answer is yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, is it is it reasonable or is Hurley just desperate? You know, you could, you could ask that question, too. Yeah. Um, but I, But I think it works out, you know. Yeah, ben, ben Ben comes off way less evil by the end of the show. Oh, definitely. Even though he was just willing to kill all of them for Locke, you know, a couple hours ago. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Hey, that was that was two hours ago. Yeah. Now he's he's helping him out. I th- I think that's totally why they put in that scene where he saves Hurley. Yeah, I think so too. It gives Hurley a little a little boost in terms of trusting Ben. Mm-hmm. So that 
That makes sense. And it's like, you know, he's got he's got Hurley's back. That's what a number two does. Yes. You know. Yes. That too. Exactly. And I, I yeah, I think I also think, you know, for Ben's for Ben's arc, it's better I mean he you know, he definitely wants to have some kind of power on the island, but having him be the number two is sort of better, I think. Oh yeah, it's 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 him having to relinquish power and and accepting it, accepting not being in charge. Yes, yes, he still gets to be on the island and have something of what he wants, but not mm-hmm. not he doesn't get to have it all. Yeah, you know, so it's it's a good compromise thing, I think. But we're not even there yet. I just I I see that happening here. It's like Hurley's making this decision, seemingly just based on the simple desire not to crawl down those rocks, and like it leads to this whole, whole different kind of life for him. Yeah, it's like I think he wants to. I think he does want to help Jack and stay with Jack and do all that stuff. But it's like he's really he's really not going to go down there. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like yeah, Jack, I want to help you, but. I'm not going to go down there, so I'll, I'll come with you. Yeah. I, I want to help you anyway, so it's one of those things, I think. But Yeah. You know, he might be worried about trying to climb down those, like, bamboo ladders or whatever, whatever they're made of, those wooden ladders probably aren't the, the, the sturdiest thing. No, no. We've already seen them snap. Yeah. Multiple snappings, I think. Um, all right, anything in this scene else? Uh let's see. Was there was there stuff from the plane as well? Uh there the was scene? no stuff from the plane. This is just this is just Jack and Kate and Sawyer on the uh Let me see. On the cliff saying goodbye. Yeah. Okay. No, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean uh the only stuff were in the from the plane was in the beginning when uh when uh, Frank and Frank tells Miles to go fix the hydraulics. Oh, okay. And uh, and then Ben radios to Frank, and Frank says, "Don't bother me," and tosses the walkie-talkie. Oh yeah. I really I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed him. He, he does that twice of just send something on the walk-in and throwing it as far far away as you can. Get this thing out of my face. Yeah. That's acting. That's acting, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It is. Jeff Fahey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He's not just a lawnmower man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Frank was great. Uh, such such good casting and uh, just, just, you know, for for a character who really didn't do a lot, you know, nothing like spectacular. Right. Um, he He was good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing how good he is for how nothing he's done. Yeah, he's just sort of been around. <laughs> yeah, he's been around for a lot of stuff. And he was useful for being a pilot. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really do a lot of things in particular. No. <laughs> it was just kind of, well, and there's Frank, too. And there's Frank. He's there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. It's very odd. Well, let's try to make something of the next scene. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. On the next scene, uh, it's pretty short. On the Hydra Island, Miles and Richard attempt to repair, repair the hydraulic on the nose wheel. 
Richard asks Miles if he thinks this will work. Miles says he doesn't believe in a lot of things, but he believes in duct tape. Then the island starts to shake again. Uh, I'll go to the next scene where Sawyer radios to Frank on the walkie. Richard answers. Sawyer tells him they're on their way. Don't leave without them. Frank gets on the walkie and tells Sawyer to hurry up if they want to leave the phone, then tosses the walkie again. <laughs> Sawyer realizes they don't have much time and tells Kate they must jump down to the ocean. Kate looks over the cliff for a second. She tells Sawyer she'll meet him at the boat and jumps into the water. Sawyer follows. They both swim for the boat. All right. That's that little part. Jumping boat swim. Yeah, I love Kate jumping. She's like, that's a, oh, okay, I'm done. Go, let's go. She just looks for a second, make sure, you know, get, mm-hmm. get an open space to jump. There's no obvious rocks in the way, and, uh, boom, yeah. you know, she's she's ready to do it. Yeah, yeah. Just diving in first. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, that was, it was nice to, it was nice to have Kate doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, she had a good finale. I, I have to give it to her. Mhm. I, I, I there's been a fair amount of I, I've seen some anti-Kate sentiment out there, and I, at times she hasn't been great. I never really hated her. I never thought she was awful. Yeah, I never. You know, <clears throat> she she was always. You know, she was good a lot of times, and then and then the times she wasn't good. It was because she was screwing up or something, or she was doing yeah. something that that I'm like, you know, the same way when Locke was sort of bad, when he was like doing stuff you know you didn't want him to do. Yeah. Or the same way, it's like when anyone when a character frustrates you because of their actions. Like she was never like doing stuff that was bad, you know, that like was crappy in terms of character. It was just like she was just frustrating sometimes. And then sometimes she was like, it was just like, well, you know, what is she doing? Why is she around? Like, what's what purpose is she serving? But overall, I never, <clears throat> she never really got that 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 far down the totem pole to me, you know. Yeah. And she always she 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 managed to 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 have a, a couple of high notes, and you know, I think she was really good in season four, and uh, you know, the, I will forever love that scene when she's in Jack's apartment and she's just like. It's so it just turns into a film noir all of a sudden, and, and it's just like dark, and she's just like, "Don't ever ask me about Aaron," and, you know, like she's yeah. just crying, and just I just I just love that. There's just a lot of scenes like that, you know, but um, but she wasn't like Juliet or something who just was like to me almost always just great. Yeah, like no matter what she's doing, I'm loving it, you know. Except, you know, getting a tattoo on her lower back. Okay, well. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's probably the worst for Juliet, but that's that was over and done with, and they never came back to it. So. Yeah, that wasn't really her fault. Yeah, it wasn't her fault. So, so I don't really blame her that much. But, but yeah, I, I know there's a lot of people who didn't like Kate, but I, I always, you know, she was always good to me uh, overall. She never she never really went too, too, too low, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I uh it, I liked her in season one. I, it, you know, she definitely pulled me in with that whole uh, "What did you do, Kate?" thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I started watching season two, and I saw the episode "What Kate Does." Of course, I instantly knew what it was about, and uh, at the time, I was actually excited for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, all right, finally, I get to find out what Kate does. Of course, it was a bitter disappointment, but yeah, yeah, you know, it was cool. All it lasted. It added some intrigue to her character because you just did not know 
why she was being escorted by a marshal for you and know. she didn't yeah she didn't seem like a criminal exactly yeah and it just it added a something to her because you didn't quite know you couldn't you didn't know what to fill in there and so you didn't know how to make that fit with who you were seeing mm-hmm. you know and i just sort of imagine like crazy shit but then you know what it is like well of course that sounds like something she would do yeah like total case yeah like of course if kate's gonna commit a crime that's the kind of thing she would do so no wonder they wrote that uh and when she got caught in the hunting party that that definitely disappointed me was yeah like, that, was, oh. that was the first big oh my god kate what is your problem yeah jack told they you said, not to come behind. don't follow yeah yeah. And then she comes, and that's how they lose their advantage. And it's just, oh, God. Mm-hmm. That was a bitter disappointment. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but she had some some, some okay other uh, other moments that season. Uh, uh, and uh, and, and later, uh, you know, she was good. Uh, like you said, the season five, that scene was good in season five, even though it's like, is Aaron with your <laughs> with his grandmother? Don't say mm-hmm. it. It's too terrible. Okay, whatever. And uh, you know, she had uh she had her moments in season six as well. Uh so uh I'm happy with that. I think I think you're right. I mean Juliet is is just you know, it's just a more interesting, consistently good character overall. Mhm. So there there's not really a competition there. But I think Kate, you know, earns her place on the show. I mean I think she she does enough. To, to have as much screen time as she gets. Yeah, totally. You know, so I'll, I'll take it. I think, uh, uh, and, and you know, she's got a lot of good moments in the in the finale, in a way, uh, more, more than Sawyer did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think it goes like Jack and then Kate and then, you know, Sawyer or Hurley. Yeah. In terms of the, the big the big characters. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Locke is in there. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. When Locke he's alive. Is, yeah, when he's alive, yeah. <laughs> this season it was pretty much the smoke monster. Yeah. And the rankings change. The rankings change over over time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. You know, because, like, Hurley, you know, Hurley had a long period of me really just not liking him. Yeah. You know, I was really annoyed with him for a while. It's like, well, you know, after numbers and, you know, in the early days he was cool. And then, like, after a while it's just like, yeah, you're not really contributing anything here. You're just a whiny guy or yeah. you're just a whatever guy. And Yeah. Um, but then he, then, he, then he came back up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was totally superfluous to the plot for a while. It's just like, it, it seemed like he was just there to, you know, do the comic relief thing. Mm-hmm. So he definitely got better. Uh, he never he never fully annoyed me, but I always thought he was kind of pointless. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about Charlie for a while until it got to the point where he was going to die. And then it was like, well, now I like Charlie. But it was sort of like they could make him good because he was going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to be cool because he didn't—he wasn't afraid of dying. Like yeah. that, that gave his character a confidence boost, and it—it just—it just made him more interesting to watch because he got to do good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just hanging around, 
doing nothing like he normally did. So yeah, anyway, um I will probably we'll probably have to talk about the characters more later, but I uh felt the need to address Kate a little bit cuz uh, you know, cuz I thought she had a good finale. Mhm. All right, next scene. Yes. Flash sideways. Sawyer passes Jack in the hallway at the hospital. He asks Jack where he can get some food. Uh, Jack tells Sawyer there's a vending machine down the hallway. Sawyer says, thanks, Doc. As Jack leaves, uh, Sawyer seems to have a moment of recognition. Uh, The next scene, Sawyer puts a dollar into the vending machine and attempts to buy an oh-so-tasty Apollo bar, but it gets stuck. He reaches his hand into the machine to get it, then a heavenly blonde doctor enters. It's Juliet Carlson. Sawyer tells her he is a cop, and Juliet jokes he should read the machine its rights. She offers to tell Sawyer a secret. If you unplug the machine and plug it back in, the candy comes right out. Sawyer gives it um, Sawyer gives it a try and uh, pulls the plug, causing the power in the whole room to go out. Oops. The candy drops down, and Juliet hands it to Sawyer, saying it worked. He grabs the candy, their hands touch, and they both get flashes. Juliet says they should get some coffee sometime. But Sawyer says the machine ate his last dollar. Juliet suggests they, suggests they go Dutch. She touches his hand again, and they share more memory flashes from their honeymoon phase during Dharma times until Juliet's death in the Swan Station site. They realize it all. Sawyer says, it's me. They hug and Juliet cries. Uh, I'm sorry, they hug and cry. Juliet tells him to kiss her. You got it, Blondie. <laughs> Coming up, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One quick peck coming right up. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so this is the big Juliet. Uh, you know, we just had the big Kate Jack scene. Now we get the big Juliet. Sawyer scene, afterlife. Yes. yes, I guess so. That's the best they could do with them since, since mm-hmm. Juliet's dead. Yeah. On the island. Uh, so, yeah, I really, uh, I like this one. I liked how they, I liked how they replayed the stuff from LAX. Um, and, uh, and how we hear the extra line Sawyer throws in that fills in what Juliet said. Mhm. That was that was good. That was a nice little uh little touch and it 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 did for me what I what I wanted out of all the flashes, which was really address the way she died. Mhm. You know, like they they sort of replay her death scene in a way. Yeah. So I I I like that. That that made it have more impact to me. Because it was it was really acknowledging that you know terrible moment when she's dying you know in his arms. So mm-hmm. I think uh, to me that's that's the kind of thing I I wanted more of. I guess I mean I I know they can't do too much of that, but I just that that sort of feeling of like yeah that was really you know that was really crappy. Yeah, I know, I know the focus is that they're reuniting now, but yeah, and it's like for them that's specifically important is that is that moment, you know, of of him losing her and all that stuff, and it, yeah, it, it works really well, and I I think this is part of why you know, 
part of Sawyer's contribution to the finale is, you know, this is part of his big part of his story here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the idea that uh, he didn't have any more money is just like, come on, Sawyer, really? That's your last dollar. You don't have a credit card. Take off the ATM. All right. You had one. You had one dollar, and if you if the machine didn't need it, you would have bought her dinner with that dollar. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um. And technically, the machine didn't eat his dollar. The candy uh, just got stuck. Good. Well, yeah. And then he got it out. But you know, I'm I'm splitting hairs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, so it does kind of look like when Juliet said it worked, she was talking about her trick for getting the candy bar out of the vending machine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to make of it. I mean, that's what that's why she says it. Uh, I don't know yeah. why, why that was so important, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe what happened to Juliet, maybe Juliet, Maybe Juliet sort of had a Desmond kind of thing where she... Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely true. I mean, that's that's at least what I believe is... I don't think she's just saying it because she says it in this scene. I think she's saying it... You know, I think she's she's conscious of what happened when she says it uh, to him at the Swan site. You know, I think she has, you know, she has that flash, you know, the the, the bomb going off or something sends her to the other side uh, where she, you know remembers this scene or experiences this scene or something, you know, and so when she comes back, she's sort of reiterating it. But, but I think like, to me, the difference is like when she, when she tells Sawyer to kiss her, like she, you can see her like wake up out of like a trance, you know, like a daze, I should say. And then she's like, she sort of focuses and then says, Sawyer, kiss me. And then he kisses her. And then, then she says it works. So I think like, you know, like I said before, my theory, I think it's like that's her realizing she just experienced the other side. Now she wants confirmation. So if she wants, an, you know, a more powerful touch of Sawyer and and uh, and then that convinces her, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But I guess I was going to say maybe she, like Desmond, sort of doesn't really understand what she's seeing and maybe mm-hmm. she's the way she's interpreting it is that Jughead worked. Yeah, of course. I think that's totally it. Like she's she's saying she thinks, oh, I'm seeing another reality where we haven't met yet. Yeah. Or, or we're just meeting, uh, not on the island, and it worked. Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing is they don't know it's you know they don't know what they're seeing. Yeah. Again, the show's about people interpreting things <laughs> and getting wrong, getting it wrong a lot of the time. Yes. Yes. So that that explains it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, what did you think about the like power going out when he unplugs the machine? Atmosphere. Okay, I thought the same thing. I was gonna call it atmosphere, but then I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is something that's sort of recent. Like I, I was trying to understand like why so, that would even happen. It seems so like, crazy when it, it happens. It, it puts it puts them back sort of closer to where they, you know, you know, being at the bottom of that swan site in the ca- yeah in the, in the dark and and I think it I think it's just atmosphere because it makes okay. no sense to me why he would pull a plug on a vending machine and all the power would go out. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know, that's not the power switch for the room. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I think it's the atmosphere. It makes the sideways world seem crazy, like, up for mm-hmm. a second. Like, what? <laughs> like, 
uh, you pull this and then the lights go out and it's just like what's going on yeah i didn't understand that but i yeah it definitely adds to the atmosphere that's what i was thinking but then i was like okay maybe there's you know the yeah unless they're trying to make us believe he pulled he pulled the wrong plug and he pulled a plug that somehow was you know, it just doesn't make any sense why the overhead lights would have a plug in the outlet like that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's the best they're trying to do with that. It's the, oops, he pulled the wrong plug. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I think it's really for atmosphere. Yeah, really he doesn't atmosphere. really seem to react to the fact that that happens. Yeah. But he does, you know? though. He does sort of react. They, they don't say a word about it. Like, they just go into their scene. I thought he said, I thought he said something. I really? Actually, yeah, when he pulls the plug, I thought he says, like, oops or something, or he, yeah, I thought he responded, like, oops, I did the wrong thing. Oh. <laughs> well, if he says that, then I'm wrong. I really thought I he didn't even any, say anything. I don't have I'm, a transcript, but. I'm checking it out. Cue the tape. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Did he say oops? He said oops. Yeah. All right. I thought he didn't even acknowledge it. I I I I don't know. I was hypnotized by something else. Mhm. In this scene, but yeah, okay, okay. But uh, I I guess uh, you know the the reunion becomes the more pressing concern than the fact that the lights are out. Yeah, I think so. Just by a little bit. <laughs> but I think you're right. Uh, it, it really helps. It really helps uh, have the symmetry with the previous scene. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like that they did that because Lost isn't usually that stylized. Yeah. In terms of like some mysterious power outage just to make the lighting cooler in a scene. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's why I think like he says "oops" and we're supposed to just kind of think he just pulled the wrong plug. Yeah. Or you know, at least he wasn't planning to make the, all the lights go out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. And I think there's something to, something there about pulling a plug and a light going out. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Maybe you should say it. <laughs> I said it. You know, I also have to say there there does seem to be I mean maybe it's just kind of story stuff, but there does seem to be some similarity between what happens in this episode with Desmond going down there, pulling the plug, then the island starts falling apart, and then Jack has to go down and put it back in to sort of restore things. That mm-hmm. seems sort of similar to, you know, rough outline to Ben going down, turning the donkey wheel, then the island starts, you know, flashing around, or the people start flashing around in time, and then Locke has to go down there, you know, to sort of fix what Ben did. Mm-hmm. And stop that stuff from happening. Like, it's sort of the same kind of plot. Yeah. You know, someone like going down there and messing about with the power of the island and causing it to go awry. And then someone else has to go down there and fix it. Mm-hmm. Basically. I mean, very simple plot, but, you know, it seems like the same kind of outline. Yeah. Yeah, this is a cool scene. I enjoyed it. And it was nice to have Sawyer and Juliet have their moment. And, it, and you're right. I think it's like it's more powerful because they're realizing the tragedy of her death and their separation, and they're finally coming back to each other. And, you know, it's sort of different than um, you know, it's different than Son and Jen. Sort of both 
you know, well, Jin choosing for them to die together, you know, Sun not really having a choice, but, like, you know, yeah. but them sort of dying together is a little bit different, you know. And so when they realize what's going on, like, it's emotional, but they don't. They didn't have that sort of, like, separation of one dying and the other not. Yeah. And, and then Dying's, finally them. Yeah. Yeah, Dying's, finally them coming back. Yeah. Right. Third time, go. <laughs> like, di- dying together is sort of romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. If you're going to end a love relationship. Like, <laughs> Don't put that in a Valentine's Day card. It's hard to be dying together in terms of, like, you know, ending ending a, a great romance. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's about as, as dramatic well, as it gets. If it was really dramatic, Shakespeare would have wrote it. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he did. Yeah, even once, yeah, perhaps. So, yeah, uh uh, I think, you know, Sun and Jin, like, even if there was no afterlife, I think they got, you know, they got their, they got their ending. Yeah. You know, it's sort of good enough. I mean, it sucks, but it's it's good enough that they got to die together. But, you know, as we find out, Sawyer I presumably goes on to live a life, you know, without Juliet. So, so it really, it really was a case of him losing Juliet for some probably significant period of time. Yeah. So there was real tragedy there instead of just dying together kind of romantically. Mm-hmm. Romantic tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Romantic tragedy that sort of preserves their, you know, love or whatever forever, you know, in this mm-hmm. kind of, you know, joint death. It's like a, you know, uh, uh, Death, love, bond, or something. On that note, um... <laughs> so yeah, I, I, it. We don't really know that at this point, but it's for Sawyer. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a big reunion. I think. We don't know what at this point. We don't know what this is. We don't know. We don't know that we're watching the afterlife. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But once you know, you realize this is, you know, this is a big reunion for them. It seems like really for Sun and Jin, in a way, it's like, it's almost like they just, they just woke up, you know, from both mm-hmm. dying together. So it's like, it's almost like they were never apart. Yeah. You know, except for the three years where they were apart. Yeah. Yeah, because even when they weren't awake, they were still together in this in this world. So yeah. All righty. Anything else for this scene? Um, probably the last Apollo bar. Let's hope so. We'll ever see. It's a. It's not even some kind of weird afterlife Apollo bar. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Probably yeah, no I think calories. that's it. What? Probably no calories. Probably. I hope so. Calorie free in the afterlife. <laughs> Should be. Yeah. I, it was a good scene. I, I like this. As far as reunions go, uh, this was probably my favorite. Oh, totally. It was It was well done. I, I'm surprised because I when they originally introduced the Sawyer-Juliet relationship, I was a bit skeptical about it. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was willing to buy it. Mm-hmm. it. It seemed... It was so abrupt. I mean, they tell us about it, and it's already been going on for three years. Yeah. 
You know, it's like we have to we have to buy that really, really quickly. And uh, I think they they actually managed to make it work. Yeah, I think once you see Lafleur in action and you see the sort of world he kind of set up for them, it, it it seems to work. And I think like you see the qualities in him that Juliet would be attracted to. You know, because yeah. you think, well, she likes Jack, and Jack doesn't have the qualities that Sawyer has. You know, they're sort of different people, and it's like, well. You know, Sawyer doesn't seem like the obvious choice, but then you get to see why she sort of fell in love with him, you know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's unlikely. It seems like the kind of thing that, you know, because of the circumstances, like in different circumstances, it probably wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they were in this really particular situation that allowed that to happen. So it's it does seem that way. But it, but in the end, it was, a, you know, one of the stronger probably relationships on the show. Oh, totally. You know, I they, mean, that's one couple who actually got to spend significant time together. Yeah. You know, about after being on the island. Yeah, on the island, too. Exactly. Yeah, it was sort of one of the more successful uh and uh, yeah, if Juliet hadn't died, it just yeah, it seems like it would have been better. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just as late as that is in the show, I'm surprised that it carries that much weight. Mhm. So I uh, I think they did a good job with that, and it's probably partially you know the actors themselves selling it. Yeah, they help a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're there. They show up. Yeah. Well, because they're no, both they're good dead. characters, you know. So yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, put two of my favorite characters in a room together and, you know, throw a big reuniting on top of that. It's... Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, totally. All right. So, we flash sideways. Jack arrives at the concert. Kate enters and tells Jack that it's over. The concert, that is. Jack tells Kate he's looking for his son. He notices Kate is staring at him and asks what, uh, where he remembers her from. Kate tells Jack she stole his pin on Oceanic 815, but that's not how he knows her. Mm-hmm. Kate gets close to Jack and touches his face, giving him flashes of memories before his eyes. Jack doesn't understand what's happening. Kate tells him he will understand if he comes with her. Uh-oh. So I wonder what he's going to do. Go I, go with the woman who just touched his face and made him see stuff from a previous life, or go home. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. So this scene, can I? I want to I want to tie this into another show that we've both seen. Um, let me think if I can do it without spoiling it. Oh, dear. Maybe I can't. Maybe So maybe I'll just give a spoiler alert. Uh, I, I want to tie something into Battlestar Galactica here. And uh, and it's not the biggest spoiler ever for that show, but it, it's a medium, minor spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it, uh, skip, skip for a second. Uh, I, I just want to say, you know, when Kate says... Um, um, I've missed you so much, you know, she like touches his Jack face and says that. Yeah. And, you know, this idea that this is, you know, their second life or something like that, that they have this previous life, it just reminded me so much of the, the Cylons 
you know, the ones who, who woke up and, and had these previous relationships with some of the other Cylons who woke up, you know, like, like, like Ellen, you know, Ellen talking to Ty or something. I could see her saying, telling this to Ty, like, I've missed you so much, you know, uh, this idea that they, because, you know, with Ellen and Ty and the Cylons, you know, they sort of lived this long life and yeah, they were still together, but not having their full memories, you know, and so after waking up and having their full memories, it's like they've sort of been away but haven't really. So it just reminded me of that, this idea of these people sort of, you know, having this, this, this long love and, and, and it being sort of, um, you know, separated across, across um, you know, lifetimes or something. Yes. Yes. I can see that. I, you know, yeah. in a way, the, the Cylon reincarnation is, you know, some real-world kind of version of this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It definitely, it, it definitely made me think of that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's, uh, I really had no idea who you meant when you first said it, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, even like you know, um, Ty and not Ty, uh, Tyrell and um, and his girl. Uh, oh yeah, um, forgot uh, her name, but um, uh, Callie. Cat, no, I, I didn't mean Callie. I meant um, the 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 sideline he was with in the previous life. Uh, oh, you know, oh, number number eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharon? Like, Sharon? No, no, no. No. Why does he have so many women? <laughs> Damn, how many Tori. women did he have? I, I'm talking about Tori. But, you Tori know, he didn't have anything to do with Tori. Yeah, yeah, he he and Tori were together in their previous life. Oh, in their know? previous life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's what Sorry. I'm saying. Like, like having Forgot. having yeah. waking up and remembering that you were with someone in a previous life. Yes, that's what I remember. Yes, I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that was uh, that brief little flashback of of uh, fake Earth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, we'll end that spoiler segment. Uh, and if you are uh, didn't want to be spoiled, hopefully you're back now. Yeah, yeah, we'll just continue with spoilers. Really should check out Battlestar Galactica, though. It's worth watching. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Don't, uh, don't, don't expect too much from the ending, but, uh, but the, the journey's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't downplay the ending. I don't want to downplay it too much. I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah. I feel the need to warn a little bit about it. Yeah. It's not horrible. I personally really like it, but there's certain things in it that, let's just say, well, okay, I can't even say that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're out of the spoiler segment. So. I know. I know. I know. I know. Maybe, maybe we'll talk a little more about it later. But I'll just yeah. drop it. I'll drop it for now. Uh, all right. So you ready for the next scene? Yes. So we're back on the island. Hurley helps an injured Jack uh, to the light cave with Ben in tow. Jack tells them he's going alone. Hurley's worried how Jack will survive and then realizes it's a suicide mission. Jack thinks he's already dead, so it doesn't matter. Hurley says Jack isn't supposed to die. The island needs him. Jack tells Hurley the island needs him. It wasn't, uh, it was only supposed to be Jack so he could finish what Desmond started. But Hurley is the protector of the island for the long haul, and Jack believes in him. Hurley vows to give the job back to Jack as soon as Jack comes out of the cave. 
Jack asks for something for Hurley to drink out of, and Ben produces an old water bottle. Jack fills it with water from the stream and tells Hurley to drink it. Hurley drinks the water, and Jack places his hand on Hurley and tells him, now you're like me. Wow. So uh, I'll just note again, I think I said this in this reaction, but oh well. Um, it looks like the incantation doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can just, it does look like there's something about drinking something. It looks like there's some part of it that sort of matters, but uh, not the particular incantation. Yeah, like I said on in the initial reaction, I think it's, I think it, it goes back to the, the choice to take on this position and you sort of have to actively choose to do it. And, and, and you know, drinking something that per, the old protector is giving you, I think is like a good, a good thing to do that. I think if, if Jack said like, you know, go chop down this tree or something like, and Hurley chopped it down. I don't know. Something tells me that might be enough. Just some sort of I like, think- some sort of choice, you know, given given the choice to do something and then actually doing it, you know, analogous to Jack having to be the one to give uh, Saeed the pill. Like, they couldn't just give it to Saeed and let it kill him. Saeed had to choose to take it. Right. It's sort of symbolic of accepting the responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Of the job. Some kind of... But yeah, the incantation didn't matter. And like I said the whole time, I didn't think it mattered because it made no sense that it would matter because it's just one person saying something and why does that mean anything? And then the next person only says something because the first person said something. And so it was nice to have Jack not try to come up with Latin phrases to to say here or whatever he thought would have been appropriate. Like he, he sort of knew like that that's not how it worked. Yeah, I guess so. Although if he did what Jacob did, he would just try to copy him, which I guess he knows he doesn't have to do. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think he really even knew what Jacob was saying, so yeah. I could really even hear him. So it's like he, he he just wouldn't be able to repeat what Jacob did. And if it mattered, Jacob would have made oh, it obvious. Right. Like, this is how you transfer power. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. What I, I mean, I thought it mattered because, I mean, basically if they had Jack do it in this scene, I would think it mattered, you know. Uh, I, I thought it mattered because that's the only way we've ever seen it done, but they did the thing I wanted to see to prove that it doesn't matter, which is not doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That goes to my point, though, of, like, sometimes things are just what people do because someone else did it, and we don't always get this third example of them proving it wrong, even though it might be wrong, you know. So this is, like, an example of where, like, if we didn't get that scene, we wouldn't have gotten proof that it didn't matter even though it didn't matter. Yes, that's yeah. true. But I will point out the writers did include a scene to illustrate that it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. you know, so the global view of what they want to show us does still apply, you know. Yeah. In the end, I mean, if they hadn't included the scene, it wouldn't, but they did, you know. So mm-hmm. So I think uh, uh, I think that's right. I mean, you know, it before this scene, it also didn't matter. Yeah. So... You know that was the correct conclusion. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't always work. But in the end, they included the information. Yeah. So that's that's sort of what I'm looking for. Something like this. This is where I you know where I de- can definitively say that's what's going on. Well, yeah. I mean, it's nice when you get proof of something, but 
you know, you, they don't always have time to, to, to do that. Right. And I think there's probably plenty of little mysteries and little little confusing bits that, like, they just didn't get time to explain or, or, or show a contrasting example to. You're right. You're right. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, – uh, until this, I would have said that it mattered, yeah. and I would have, and I would have been wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why I like to try to figure out why characters know things or do things because I think that 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 does mean something. Yeah, I don't think it doesn't mean anything. I just I I think it's not necessarily the the way to lead to correct answers. Yeah. You know, I I think I think it can help, and. Trying to think those things through is definitely good. I think writers do that, you know. It's just, I think there's also other things they do, you know, in particular just communicating the story. And so, I, you know, I try to just look at why did they write this, you know. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, part of it is because the character would do that and here's why they would do that. Here's their motivation or where they knew that from. But there's also, you know, we just need to convey the story to the audience. You know, this is stuff for an audience to watch, not, yeah. not real people doing stuff. So, so I think there's some of that too. And that, that's sort of, I, you know, I try to take my cue from that basically, but, but uh, you know, the, the character thing, it, it has its merits. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, it's appropriate when, again, like, you don't really know you don't really know what the answer is. It's not clear what they're what the writers are trying to say. Right. You know, so I think it's a nice tool to use to say, well why why like you said, why would they do this? Well, you know, when they're writing the scene of mother transferring power, they're gonna have to come up with something. Yeah. You know. And it's like, okay, well she says a little thing and she gives them some, you know, some some of the wine or whatever and you know. But anyway, um what else in this scene? So I guess yeah, Jack really chooses Hurley. I suppose uh, of the people who are standing around, he thinks he's sort of the best candidate to do it. They've kind of been hinting at this. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier, you know, all that stuff with Hurley being the leader. Uh, I think that was all kind of subtle hints in this direction that uh, mm-hmm. he could actually end up being the one in the end. I couldn't envision it until they actually did it. It didn't mm-hmm. seem it didn't seem like there was any way that would be the outcome. And then they were doing it and I thought, you know, okay, I guess I buy it. <laughs> yeah, things are very unimaginable until you see them. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just looked weird in my head, but when they played it it didn't it didn't seem strange. Yeah. I guess part of it is that my, you know, my view of Jacob came down several notches. You know, Jacob seemed like such a, such a, I don't know what the word is, very elusive, uh, uh, enigmatic kind of figure. And I just couldn't imagine Hurley being that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he has to be. He's just going to be Hurley. Oh doing yep. the job. Yeah, that's the thing. Jacob was just a man. He just was an enigmatic man. That didn't yeah. really have to do with his protecting uh, protecting duties, but it was just like that's the kind of person he, he was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's That was just Jacob's personality. And I, I mean, I didn't think you had to sort of be exactly like Jacob to do the job. I just sort of thought, you know, I, I guess I thought there was more to the job or it sort of required certain kinds of knowledge or something I, I guess I thought like the 
the attitude would sort of come with the job. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a, it would just kind of naturally be an outgrowth of doing this, doing this job that I didn't understand at all. You know, when I was thinking that. So I think I think once once we learn what it entails, which is in a way simple, um, I think then you can see that basically anybody can do it. Yeah. They get you know they get invested with the with the power the the responsibility and they just have to do it and they do it as themselves. Mm-hmm. You know it could have just been Man in Black doing it. You know if if that if that kid had just you know made different decisions. Yeah, totally. And he wouldn't have been like Jacob. Yeah, he probably would have been more hands on or something. Yeah. Or yeah. doing what he wants. Yeah, I would imagine he would definitely be much more, much more straightforward, mm-hmm. much more um, willing to come out and say what he wants and what he means by things. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that the the job, you know, the job can be done by anybody, and whoever does the job, that's what their, you know, whatever their personality is, that's what their personality will be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you want to go to the next scene? Yeah, okay. Uh, unless there's anything else in this scene. That's the big stuff. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if um, if Jack is putting Hurley in charge because Hurley's there or if he's being honest and saying, like, he really feels like it was always supposed to be Hurley. Yeah, how much is he just, is he just saying that for Hurley, you know? Right. But we will never know. No, it's sort of like what happened with Jacob. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it was always supposed to be you, Jacob, but I did want it to be him. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, I don't know. It reminds, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. All right, we go to the next scene. You know. Uh, you ready? Yes. We're on the Hydra Island. Frank tries to get the plane started, and the engines fire up. Quick scene. Uh, the next scene, uh, we're at the light cave. Hurley and Ben lower Jack down to the bottom. An island quake shakes everything, causing Jack to fall the rest of the way. Jack enters the cave and finds Desmond. Desmond says he put out the light, but it didn't work. He thought he'd leave the island. Jack helps Desmond up and walks him away from the plug hole. Desmond tells Jack he was right. Desmond tells Jack he has to put the plug back, and it can only be him. Jack tells Desmond he's done enough and should go be with Penny and baby Charlie. Jack tells Desmond he'll see him in another life, brother. Uh, wait, so Desmond tells Jack it has to be you? It has to be Desmond. Do you get you seem to get confused by my pronoun usage. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jack tells Desmond it has to be you? Desmond tells Jack it has to be it has to be Desmond. Oh, to put the plug back in. Yeah. But Jack Jack says no, it has to be me. Jack says Jack tells Desmond he's done enough and should go go be with Penny and, and his baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't remember that part, so that's probably because that wasn't what they said. 
Um, okay, I see. Uh, uh, all right, so Desmond. Okay, so basically Desmond didn't get what he wanted, as in flashing back to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I understand. So I uh, enjoyed the uh, seeing another life, brother. Yeah, that was good. That's what you do with Jack and Desmond. Yeah, it's a perfect last thing for Jack to say to to Desmond. Yeah, you know, I I, I couldn't I couldn't think of a better thing, and that's like that's the kind of thing I wish I wish they he I mean he didn't really have that kind of go-to phrase with Sawyer or something, but I, that's, that's, that's what I wanted with the Sawyer. Yeah. The best thing with Sawyer probably could have been something like, you know, you, you've been a great friend, Doc. Thanks for everything. Yeah. You know, tying back, back into that, his line about you're the only friend I have or whatever. Oh yeah. So that, that's the only thing I think they could have connected to some, some line or moment like that, that would have been big. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that whole scene, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's weird to hear that, and of course, when I watch this, I don't really know what's coming, so I don't really realize what's going to happen later. But uh, it was nice they did that, and of course, it's got the added significance that not only did they meet off the island, then later on the island, then later back on the island, but then later also in the afterlife. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like four lives they've seen each other in. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a really, really lot. And I guess presumably in the after afterlife as well. Mm-hmm. Since they all go there together. Something tells me these two are connected. Yeah. Even though slight hint. Slight little sliver of a hint. Yes. Yes. I agree. I think you're on to something. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand why Desmond was just kind of sitting there unconscious or whatever was going on. I just, I, I don't understand what happened. I mean, I guess the idea is he got just really drained from this encounter or something like that. Yeah, it sort of knocked him uh, out. It just, he was just like, oh, I can't do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> he couldn't do anything. Um And I don't know why Jack knows he has a kid, but maybe, maybe that's, obvious or something at some point. Um, oh. I don't I don't remember why he would know that. It's <laughs> a good question. Does anyone know that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Ben, it, ben, ben knows that because he saw the kid when he went to school. Ben knows that. Penny, That's true. But he, you know, he shot Desmond. Maybe Ben told I, Jack in some off-screen conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like when they're when they're at the beach, waiting mm-hmm. around. Desmond's yeah. a kid. That's that's the like that. best I can do because yeah, I don't, there's no other reason he would really know that. <laughs> but it's true. It is true. Um, I did I did also wonder like, since Jack was Jacob, I I did wonder if. I mean, they never really tell us, like, if, besides the whole immortal thing, if there's any other abilities you get. Like, that's the thing I was trying to get out with, with the Hurley, uh, with the Hurley transfer of power. Like, I, I always imagine when you became Jacob, you just, 
you're just filled with like not just powers but like knowledge and it was just this whole transformation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of why I thought it would it would change the character. Yeah. You know? But it seems like it's not really like that. It's almost like maybe you do get certain abilities but you don't necessarily know anything more. Yeah, and I think you don't even know what abilities you have. And you don't even know what abilities you have. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's I imagine it working out to like you know, if Hurley or Jack or, you know, if the protector tries to do something, you know, they might figure out how to do it or a power might come into play or something like that. But I don't think it's like you know you can time travel or you know you can just vanish to a new place if you want to teleport. Like, I think it's more like, you know, harnessing or being in touch with the island or harnessing the light in some sort of way where you can sort of manifest powers. But it's not like there's just, a subset of powers you're given that every protector is given. I think it's more just like um, more in, in what you're trying to do, and then the sort of there. I you know I assume there are limits to the island's power, but it's like it's more I think about what you're trying to do, and then you'll be like, oh, well here's a power, you right, know? right. You know, because I think it's like you know uh, when Jacob gives uh, Richard immortality, you know, like. Richard's, like, saying things, and Jacob's, like, sort of, you know, knowing he can't do certain things, but it's, like, he knows he can give him immortality, you know. Um, and maybe he knows that because he's immortal, you know. He knows that his, his mom and his, you know, his mom made him and his brother like that or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, like, he, he sort of knows that's in the range of possibilities, so therefore he can do it, you know. But uh, I would assume there's some sort of limits. But, you know, like Jack said, when he was the protector, he didn't feel any different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't think we ever really see Jack do anything that regular Jack couldn't do, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, you know, if Jack Jack thought he could manifest powers that would be helpful, you know, he could have kept the, you know, first of all, it's like, you know, he's, uh, you know, heal, heal himself or something, number one. Yeah. And number two is like, you know, go down there with powers and help Desmond out, you know. Yeah. You know, not that Desmond is dying or anything, but just in case he was dying down there. Yes. You know, something like that. So it just seems like it didn't even cross his mind that he could manifest powers that would be helpful in this situation. Yeah. You know, he just going to give it to Hurley and go move this plug and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. It does seem like he should just be able to heal himself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot Jacob could sort of do that, uh, but Jack, I guess Jack doesn't really know he can do that, even if he can. Yeah, and it might be a technicality that this 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 wound happened when he was mortal, and therefore you know mm. something like that, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. I think when the plug was off, that like you know that affected Jack too. It's a good point, and I mean Jacob was stabbed himself, so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not you know, so it's not like they're impervious to being harmed. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't able to just heal himself. Maybe there's some kind of limit on that. Yeah. He can heal certain kinds of injuries, but he can't necessarily... I mean, he, you know, he says he can't bring dead people back, but, uh, you know, maybe that, that sort of extends to certain kinds of wounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... it was they used to, Again, I mean, uh, not to harp on Star Trek... But 
So it reminds me of the little thing that the doctor would, like, hold over a wound. Like, it was good for, like, small wounds, but if it was, like, really deep, you know, they'd have to do more, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a fix-all kind of thing. Yeah, totally. You know, there was some kind of limit to the little, the little like, bruise cut zapper that they use. I don't know what it's called. I'm not an expert. Star Trek. They probably had a name for it. I think it was Bruce Cut Zapper. Bruce Cut Zapper. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, usually they have better names for things. Yeah. They were they weren't working too hard that day. They came up with that name. Yeah. I guess not. I guess not. So, uh, Jack's tenure as Jacob very short lived. Mhm. Mhm. He really. Uh, <laughs> It almost it's almost like he didn't even need to do it. Yeah. You know? Like it you know it just could have been Hurley from the beginning and Jack could have still done the same stuff that he did. Mhm. You know? So that's kinda of weird. Yeah, you know, I think it, it gave him motivation and it gave him some clarity in terms of what was going on. But besides that, in terms of just pure plot, um I think you're right. I think he could have just kill Locke anyway and that would have been fine and you know I, I, I think there there was something to the fact he withstood the, the plug moving the plug I think I think that was a little bit miraculous than just anyone else could have done that yeah I don't know if that had anything to do with being protector or formal, former protector or anything like that but it did seem like you know Desmond was the only one who could do it and then luckily Jack could do it but that was like a special case right right Although it did seem like it did seem like Jack could do it because it wasn't, you know, they didn't have the water and the light wasn't on anymore, so mm-hmm. it seemed like the stuff that was happening with Desmond wasn't happening when Jack, you know, when Jack goes to put the plug back in. Yeah, but I mean, even I mean the after part of like uh, when when the plug goes back in and the water comes back in and it's yeah. like all lit up, like when Desmond first goes in, like it's hurting him. Yeah, you know, just being in that water, and like yeah. when Jack is in the water, he's happy and fine. So I right. think there's something there to like. For some reason, he wasn't adversely affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's some kind of some kind of thing where the Jacob stuff comes in. Yeah, and he and he gets out of the cave, not dead. Yes, you know somehow. Yes. Yeah, he goes through, there's some kind of transport thing from there to this other place. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the exit point. Yeah. That's maybe. what they would tell us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's what it plays like. Yeah, and you I, stay in that water long enough, it'll zap you to that exit point. Yeah, know. yeah. And I guess that's sort of the kind of thing that happened with the swan when, mm-hmm. when it imploded, the you know, I mean, maybe it had multiple exit points or something since they were all scattered, but it just threw out threw them out at different places, random places. Yeah. No like direct exit no no like consistent exit points since it was just like a one time explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just more random in the effects or something. But it it seems like the same kind of thing. Like there's some kind of weird transporter ability that this thing has. Mhm. It can just move you from one place to another. Yeah. Like a transporter. Like a transporter. 
like Jason Statham. That's a that's a transporter movie joke. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, you probably haven't seen it. No, I don't even know there's a movie called Transporter. That's your trilogy. It's a trilogy. Holy shit. Yeah. I have no trilogy. idea. Wow. You wow. Check out check out the cinema sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Is he? Uh, he's in something else, right? Isn't he in some? He's in a lot of stuff. Other what movie? movie. What kind of thing you're talking about? I'm trying to think. Like, is he in? Is he in any Guy Ritchie movies? I'm sure he is. Okay. He's British. Okay. I mean, I thought he was British, but I was thinking maybe he was in some Guy Ritchie movie. But uh, let me think. Let me think. Probably Snatch. Snatch? If you count that as a Guy Ritchie movie. I do. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure he's done more. I'm not a big... Uh... Oh, he was in Rock, or Ro- Rock and Roller, too. I didn't see that one. Um, I think he was in... Was he in... Wait, maybe he wasn't in Rock and Roller. But anyway, um, enough of Jason Statham. Who, by the way, side note, I know I've said enough of them. Uh, I saw him at the airport one time at, at LAX. Oh. Hanging out. Yeah, he sat down. It was so weird. It was like I was waiting, you know, just sort of waiting, you know, in the seat area around the gate and uh, with everyone else. And I saw this couple staring at this guy because Jason Statham had his back to me. And he was, like, talking on the phone. And I saw this from a different vantage point. I saw this other couple kind of staring at him. And I saw them kind of, like, trying to somewhat slyly take pictures of him. And I'm thinking, what is, why are they, you know, what what is their interest in this guy? You know, so for, like, 20 minutes, I'm like, why is this, you know, what's going on? So, mm-hmm. and then I saw him get up and, and walk around. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're famous. <laughs> I guess that that's what happens at LAX. Yeah, yeah. I saw the rock at LAX too one time. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, and uh, it, it's interesting because they have to fly in airplanes too. They do, and they can't. They don't get their own airports. They don't. They don't. They, they just have to go to airports with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then people see them there. Yep. And try to take their pictures. And then they get to talk about it on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, that's a good one. I've never seen anyone famous in an airport, but yeah, I don't usually go to airports where a lot of famous people are. So what? Yeah. So that's probably why. But mm-hmm. uh, that's that's good. That's a good uh, good uh, sighting. Um. All right. So next thing. Yes. All right, lost my place. Let's find it. Uh, so we're on the Hydra Island. Kate and Sawyer finish their swim from the boat to shore, and Kate sees Claire sitting on the beach. Uh, an island quake shakes everything, and then Sawyer sees the cliffs on the main island falling into the sea. Frank orders Miles to be the lookout as he tries to turn the plane around and sends Richard to relay messages. Sawyer watches as the plane starts to reverse. Kate begs Claire to come with them. Claire doesn't want Aaron to see her crazy. She doesn't think she can be a mother. Kate convinces her to join them. Miles relays to Richard that the plane is clear to turn around. 
Sawyer tries to radio to Frank, but he can't hear it. Frank, Miles, and Richard strap in and prepare for takeoff. Suddenly, Frank sees Sawyer, Kate, and Claire flagging them down on the runway. Frank tells Miles and Richard to open the door for the late arrivals. There we go. All right. Wow. We're going to leave the island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For real this time. For real this time. <laughs> yeah, there's actually an, a real escape mass exodus from the island. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, kind of amazing. And they're actually going to take off from the runway. Yeah, the runway. This is why they built it. Yeah. The runway really came in hand. You know, that's one of those things that was a long-standing mystery that, you know, never made any sense until they got a lot of use out of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it really seemed like a pointless diversion in season three mm-hmm. when they had Sawyer and Kate out there breaking rocks and Ticket yelling at Sawyer all the time. And it was just like, why are we watching this? I don't care. I don't want to watch people building things. I don't want to watch a road construction crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, turning into Cool Hand Luke, you know, just like yeah. having the the warden guy, we have a failure to communicate, you know, like keep digging on that chain gang. Like, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it was turning into that. That's exactly what it was. Uh, <laughs> that's And Sawyer was basically Paul Newman, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, uh, and then, you know, we didn't even, we didn't even find out what it was until the season three finale. <laughs> like they didn't even talk about it again. Yeah. So a while later. So, and, and it actually, I think was in, was a deleted scene. There was a deleted scene where they said what it was earlier, but then they put it in later so they could tell us. But even then when it was like, it was a runway, then it's like, so I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Like, this didn't seem like much of an answer, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they not all, I mean, the, to me, landing 316 was enough, but damn, yeah, they took off from it. That was a, you know, having that there really helped. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. Whether by design or luck, it was a good idea. Uh, what else is going on here? Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. They're going to try to convince Claire to come with them. Or she does convince them in this scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's not that hard. I, I think Claire just wants to be wanted. You know, like, I agree. She just wanted someone to say, I, I need you and I care about you. And, you know, yep. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she just, uh, you know. She was a confused girl under the influence of an angry man. Oh, really? I never heard that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, you know, that was her behavior earlier in the season, the crazy Claire stuff. And uh, once she reunited with her people, you know, it was really just abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, Locke abandons her, basically, so... So I think at this point, you know, she has no allegiance to him anymore. And so it's like, if someone else wants me, you know, I'm on board. Yeah. 
you know, and they're they're leaving, and so yeah, and she, of course Kate came back to get her, so mm-hmm. it's good that she's there. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, of Ben agreeing to be Hurley's number two. It's like you know, not only the being on the island, but just like someone wanting him. Yes. You know. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it made me. This made me think that you know all these guys get on the plane. Uh, Rose and Bernard could have got rescued. Yeah. If they had uh, involved themselves and uh, you know and sort of you know did something with the with the gang, they could have uh, you know they missed their opportunity for to get on the plane. Now maybe something else might happen down the road if Hurley helps them off if they ever want to get off. But you know, I mean, I think it works that they that they that they just stay on the island. Yeah. You yeah, know, they're not they're not looking to get rescued like the other people. No, I think they might have uh wanted to stay. Yeah. Even if they had the choice. I mean yeah. not necessarily if the island's gonna be destroyed, but Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the island is shaking and it's yeah. being destroyed. And that's the thing about Claire too, it's like, I don't wanna come with you guys. Well, you wanna drown then? Right. <laughs> it's either drowning or coming with us. Which which do you prefer? Exactly. Yeah, I guess I'm just imagining like if the if the island were stabilized, mm-hmm. I could I could still see Rose and Bernard deciding to stay. But yeah. you know, under under threat, I don't know. They might still want to just die together or something. But mm-hmm. um, that's sort of the attitude they've taken in in a lot of ways. But uh, uh, it, it is interesting. Like this is really a lot of people could have escaped here. I mean, any basically anyone who's on the island if they could have made it to this plane. Yeah. You know, Cindy and the kids. <laughs> Well, considering considering Jack stops the island from shaking, like next scene or something, uh, you know, if they would have waited just a little bit, mm-hmm. they, they, the ground would have stopped shaking. And they could have, uh, you know, taken their time, I guess. Yes. Yeah, you know, they're gonna forever think they narrowly escaped, which they did, but like, you know, it it wasn't they weren't gonna die imminently, and um, you know, I, yeah. I wonder if they if they. If they leave thinking that Jack Jack fixed fixed the problem and the island was saved, or if they leave thinking like you know, or just not knowing for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. The clock stops ticking shortly after they take off. Mhm. So then it's like, well, we didn't really need to rush that much. Yeah. I know they didn't know that, but uh, still, it's uh, it's a weird little. Well, that's why they say haste makes waste. Yeah. Is that why they say that? That's why they say that, because you might be on a plane trying to leave an island that's about to crumble, and uh, by the time you take off, you know, you didn't really have to leave that soon. It's not even crumbling anymore. Yeah. It makes waste. Yeah. Yeah. But they got the they got the urgency out of it. But, yeah, I think uh, – I'm surprised, actually. I really didn't think Claire was going to make it, but – I. Maybe I should have guessed that Kate would rescue her. I think you brought up the idea of Kate and Claire getting off, getting on a plane, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think my last thought was Kate and Claire and Frank. Yeah. I I didn't know who else would make it. Yeah. I I think it's a little, I mean, I don't want to say unfair, but I'll use that word, uh, that, you know, Claire gets to go home and be with her kid. You know, and Son and Jen don't. Mm-hmm. You know, not that the island is fair or anything, but it's just, um, you know, they made it clear that they didn't really care about parents being with their kids. 
Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's fitting that she does get rescued by Kate and all that stuff, and they get off. I'm fine with that. But at the same time, it's, I don't know, it seems unfair in a way, <laughs> you know, that she gets to have a happier ending. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is unfair. Considering Sun was already, you know, Sun was with her kid and decided to leave her to come back to the island for Jen. And, right. You know. Right. They really, they really, they really, you know, they really got got their whole thing mucked up. You know, being in two different time periods really sucked for them. Yes. You know, um, son trying to come back and rescue Jen, and they just aren't in the same time period yet. Right. You know, and then even when they are, they don't know it yet, and so. Yeah. Yeah. And then Whitmore had to take Jen. And then Whitmore yeah. takes Jen, and then like, yeah. Delaying it even more, and. By the time they get over to Winmore's, Locke's plan is about to be in action, so mm-hmm. it's like there was no time there. Yeah, also, you know, Claire got to uh, give birth to her baby, take care of her baby for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up through season four, basically. Uh, so she spent, you know, a good deal of time with Aaron. I mean, she definitely got to do do those early uh, early months. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, for a baby, uh, so that that counts for something, you know. Jen's never never seen uh, his kid at all, so yeah. so I think she sort of it's sort of like double unfair. Like she gets the thing Jen didn't get, and she gets to leave. Yeah, which you know, which ne- neither son nor Jen got to do. Yeah. What do you know? So, it I I yeah I mean I I you know I like a story that has some tragedy in it 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 works but somehow I the Claire storyline feels uh, uh, a bit unsatisfying to me mm-hmm. you know the the build up was so different and I never felt like they sufficiently addressed what actually happened because they never addressed it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they had vague stuff like allusions to her father. You know, like mm-hmm. they sort of said again, it's the kind of thing like it's almost like if you you watch the show and you kind of remember what happened. Oh, her father came, and then we saw her in the cabin, and you kind of remember a little bit of it, but not like all the details. Yeah. You know, like they addressed it in on that level, but but the specifics they really didn't go into at all. Yeah, you know, so it's it's you just left to wonder like what was going on. But I mean, from what we know now, like was she just living in Jacob's cabin for a while? Like did she just did she just? I don't know. Someone else Alana was talking about. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Now, basically, now that I know that, you know, that Christian in there and probably even before, like, the disembodied voice or whatever, I, I mean, that part's weird, but at least Christian is just, Man in Black is just the smoke monster hanging out in there. Like, he had to just go into the house, you know, yeah. and Claire is just Claire. I You know, I sort of thought she was dead. It seemed like a weird thing, like some kind of apparition, but she just had to go in the house, too, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like they're just sitting in there you know, Locke leaves, like, they're going to have to leave that place at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not just going to 
They're not just going to disappear from there. It's just weird. I feel like Claire should have lived there. I would imagine she probably did for a little while. Um, but, I mean, at some point she makes a camp and starts doing stuff in the jungle. Yeah. 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 This seems like a good, you know, shelter. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say about Claire? Oh, jeez. Got my point. Hmm. Hmm. Something about... We were talking about Claire leaving Aaron. Ah, I forgot. Maybe we'll come back. You had a circumstances of her leaving. I was going to say something about... I don't know what, but it was something... Something that I thought of when we were, when you were talking about the, the them addressing them addressing Claire um, was it about Aaron or oh that's what it was um, I was gonna say well now that the show is over whose eye was that uh, in the cabin with Christian. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no I idea. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at this point. Uh, it doesn't. It totally doesn't. Um, although, I'm just going to, since I don't, since they didn't, like, give any kind of answer on it, I'm just going to stick with my sort of ridiculous theory that uh, that was the uh, the man in black soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know why his soul was trapped in the cabin. That doesn't make any sense at all, but... Well, why is his soul separate from his appearance of Christian? Well, so his appearance of Christian, that's that's the smoke monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be his soul, right? Yeah. yeah that's, that part's weird. Uh... See, it can't be, though. He needs... Okay, soul isn't the right word. There's something of him that needs to be in the cabin. <laughs> You know, like, whatever that disembodied voice that says, help me, and then that quick, like, apparition, like, whatever that is, I feel like that's what's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I think that's supposed to have something to do with the man in black. I don't know what that's supposed to be exactly, but I, whatever that is, I think that's what the eye is. Because I, I remember when they originally showed it, I remember being told uh, that it was Jacob's eye. You know, and basically Jacob became the man in black later. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was supposed to be the eye of the same guy that we saw, you know, in the uh, in the cabin originally. Even Wait, so what, what, how do you, what do you, what do you say, uh, I mean, what happens afterwards then? So you've got this got man in black's sort of soul, which is that disembodied voice apparition eye thing. Yeah. And then you have... Smokey, which can, which looks like Jacob. I mean, I'm sorry, which looks like Christian. Right. Uh, you're saying like at some point those two things reunite. Like what happened yeah. to his soul? Yeah, yeah. I think they they had to fuse together. Like maybe that was one of the steps he had to take to get off the island. Okay. So when did his soul? When did his soul become separated from Smokey? Well. That's a good question. I guess I would say 
you know, sometime, probably sometime after the cabin was built. Okay. Since it ends up in the cabin. And since Horace built the cabin, that means that's probably, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, late 70s up to, up to the purge time. Sometime in there, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I would guess I would guess for Jacob it's kind of I mean this is ridiculous I'm totally going way out on a limb I understand <laughs> but I would say that it's it's I I don't normally do this but for some reason I I'm captivated by this I would say it's sort of Jacob uh, providing an extra barrier to Man in Black getting off the island mm-hmm. you know somehow he's able to disembody or t- remove some essential part of him and trap it in the cabin and that's something that he ends up having to go back to reunite with first this is a story mm-hmm. we never see of course yeah <laughs> it's all occurring off screen but yeah that's that's the kind of thing i would say okay yeah i don't believe that but that's that, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tell you woven that uh that could be there I, you really shouldn't believe that. I don't particularly believe that, but it's it's a story, and yeah. technically, I think it fits the what we've seen in the show. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It makes me bring in stuff that is beyond what anything we ever saw, but I, it just from what we saw, it just looks like something like that is what's going on. I I don't know how else to explain the you know the voice coming from nowhere and the like flash person appearing uh you know out of nowhere like it just that's nothing like the no, man the man in black before, that's all before the man in black i think was solidified yeah. you know like you said originally it was supposed to be jacob in there or something yeah. and so like I, I think a lot of it is just production re- results of the production and uh their ideas of man in black and what they want to have happen and uh that's what I that's what I would chalk it up to because I think it's just sort of inconsistent. You know, I, I think the I think the 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 original cabin scene with the apparition, you know, I think you know, I would imagine something like you know, sort of retconning they would say something like, you know, that's um you know, that's man in black but he, he's not fully able for whatever reason to appear to them. You know, or he you know, he did um you know, he did, he just didn't decide to take a form of a of a dead person that they could see or something like that. Um, but that seemed to be, you know, definitely before they had the the, the sort of concrete concepts of what was going on there. Um, you know, because the help me thing seems to be, you know, I'm trapped or something. Yeah. So that seems pretty consistent. The I thing in the cabin with with Christian, I would just say is supposed to be a hint that uh about Christian's identity um and it's more of just you know stylized than it's re- realistic yeah and see they told so they told us i mean i remember them actually saying that was Jacob's eye and and then later in the season Christian Shepherd says to Locke you know I'm not Jacob but I can speak on his behalf mhm you know so so that you know that scene when you think that's Jacob, it really sets you up to think he's telling the truth. Yeah. You know he's hanging out in the cabin with Jacob. 
And when you think that's Christian, you believe him. Right. But now we know that wasn't Christian saying that, and he right. was not authorized to speak on Jacob's behalf. So right. probably the person in there wasn't Jacob. Right. Exactly. But I do I do think your I mean I think your answer is the true answer, which is there's retcons going on and and there's there's sort of changing, shifting ideas of what these entities are as the writing progresses. I mean I think that's the real story. But what I'm trying to do is tell some you know, say something Say something like what I think they might say. I, that's not quite right, but just you know, try to try to make a consistent story that actually show you know uses what they showed us. Mm-hmm. That that it's it's because I think if if they were asked about it and they were actually willing to give an answer, they would tell some kind of consistent story about what we saw. Even though I think the reality is that you know there's just shifting ideas of what these things are. Yeah, the problem with that is you have to make up new stuff, and it's like they get to make up new stuff because it's their show. Right. With their explanations. But it's like when we make up new stuff, there's nothing that makes that right. Yes. You know, so yes. that's sort of the problem. Is you, you still don't get a right answer right. unless they tell you the the new made-up stuff. So. Right. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my best to, like, guess at the kind of thing. I'm not very good at it. I'm never good at guessing what they'll do, but that it's just – that's the kind of story I can make out of what they showed us. It definitely seems like something's trapped there. If that's supposed to be Man of Black, it's got to be, because we know the smoke monster's out. It's got to be some other part of him, you know? So mm-hmm. so that, that that seems like that's, you know, that's all I can do to really uh, make that fit. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that topic or this scene? What scene are we on? Oh, the plane, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does the plane take off yet or no? No. Not okay. yet. Okay. Okay. So no. Okay. So next scene, uh, Jack is in the, the light cave. He gets up off the ground around the plug. He picks up the plug and drags it to the center of the circle and then puts the plug in the hole. He falls to the ground and then awaits his fate. Uh, the next scene here is Miles and Richard. Uh, they help Kate, Claire, and Sawyer on board. Frank tells everyone to fasten their seatbelts and punches the gas, sending the plane speeding for takeoff. Uh, it's a tense moment as the plane approaches the end of the runway, but it lifts off just in time. Everyone has a sense of relief. Kate and Claire share the moment, and Sawyer looks out the window at the island below. Wow. Mhm. I hope they don't have a barrier they gotta cross. <laughs> yeah. How are they gonna get the right bearing? Mhm. Especially if Jack puts the thing back in. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. so crazy if they all just fly, if the you know, if Kate and Kate and Claire or Kate and uh, Sawyer, you know, some people on the plane like flash off. <laughs> Back to the island, you know. Right. When they try to leave, the island's like, I'm not done with you yet. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Not again. Not again. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, 
I really didn't quite expect a bunch of people to leave at the end of the show. I just mm-hmm. I didn't think that's where it was going. I'm kind of surprised how many people are leaving. Um, so Frank, you know, Frank didn't want to come to begin with. He just had the bad luck of being the pilot uh, of the 316 plane originally. Mm-hmm. So totally get him. Uh, Sawyer, you know, never even left the island. Uh, doesn't there's nothing on the island for him at this point. So he was ready to leave. I think when he told, you know, Man in Black that he he meant it, and he tried to strike a deal with Widmore to get off as well. So he's he's totally ready to go. I guess uh, same sort of the same story with Miles. Uh, I think he uh, he was afraid of Smokey. Didn't want maybe didn't didn't want to mess around with him, but uh, I don't think he had any. He got his diamonds, I guess, so he's ready to go back yeah, to the real world. Yeah, I guess world. he got his diamonds on him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming. So he can go back to the real world and just have uh, a bunch of uh, diamonds and uh, cash those in or something. Mm-hmm. So, so I get that. Um, then we have uh, Then we have Kate. And Claire, so Kate, you know, came back to get Claire, so she always intended to leave. So, uh, so that makes sense that she's there with Claire, of course. And uh, Claire uh, just kind of got stuck on the island, and I don't think she ever wanted to stay there either. So, no. So she just wanted some, you know, someone to want her, someone to care about her, and uh, since she had Kate there to do that, she's she's up and gone. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, the most surprising to me is Richard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of amazing that the guy who, you know, sort of devoted his life to to Jacob and 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 in a indirect way to the island for 130 years is just ready to leave it all behind and kind of go live some life, I guess, in the real world. Like that's kind of the craziest to me. I, I guess. I guess he really did come to the conclusion that you know that that the that the island wasn't that he he didn't you know his his original idea of it like his uh you know he thought his uh his life there had some, was a part of some kind of plan and and uh and I guess he's really he really realizes that's not true and and he's ready to just treat that period as you know kind of wasted years, uh, and, 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 you know, I guess he's basically the same age he was when he crashed there, so it's almost like he can just, now that he's aging, he can just live out the rest of his life with a little strange period where he didn't have to age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, uh, you know, I think once uh, Jacob died and he didn't know what was going on and Man in Black, you know, told him, you know, I wouldn't have treated you like this and all that stuff, like, Richard lost his mind for a second there. And I think that's when he turned the, the, the corner on his opinions about his life on the island and what it was all for. And so I, I think it's not, I don't think it's surprising that he wanted to leave, um, you know. And then, and I, you know, I think even though, some other things happened before he leaves the island. Uh, he never, I think, regains his faith in Jacob or anything like that, or, or like really feels like he needs to stay and protect the island. I think he was he was, he he was done. You know, I think I think he you know he realized Jacob brought you know brought him to this island and uh, made him work for him for 
a uh, long time, and um, nothing really came of that. You know, he didn't even tell him why. You know, yeah. that any of this stuff was important. So I think he felt betrayed by that, and you know, I think it's miraculous that he survived, considering you know Locke could have just killed him any number of times and yeah. um, stuff like that. But uh, you know, but but for someone who you know, he gets the prize for the person who's been on the island the longest who finally gets rescued. Yeah. You know, like Desmond gets rescued eventually, you know, probably. You know, yeah. he's on the island off and on a long time, but, you know, Richard's got everybody beat on the oh, island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only people who beat Richard are Jacob and the man in black. Yeah. And who don't get rescued. Who? Yeah, of course, who don't get rescued. But as far as, like, being on the island for a period of time, yeah. Yeah. You can't and then the idea that yeah, he crashed on the island and as a slave and, mm-hmm. and now he's leaving, just going back to the, the modern world, it's kind of crazy. Uh, uh I know he's been back to the world so he knows what it's like. It's not gonna be, you know, culture shock or anything, but still to sort of start a life now, a normal life, you know. Yeah. Not a living with the others on the island relaying messages from, you know, Jacob, the the local, like, island deity. Yeah, no, he's going to have to get a job. Yeah. He's going to have just... to first go get a social security card. Yeah. He's go get a driver's license. He yeah. He, he might have some fake version of that stuff somewhere in the real world. You know, he might have yeah. the credentials he had from Metalos. Right. Where he can maybe just go back to that life, you know, since he probably had fake stuff set up for that. But, uh yeah. But yeah, but in terms of just like, you know, sort of real life, he's got sort of some very mundane things to to, to start having to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I guess he's just going to have to get a job and pay taxes and pay taxes. Find a place to live and yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. But it it's interesting. I guess he he did get invested in the idea that Man of Black shouldn't be allowed to leave the island. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. Well, but, Isabella. Isabella convinced him of that. He didn't believe. He didn't care at first, and that, at a certain point, yeah. I don't think he cared that much. And then she convinced him that 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 was important. Yeah, yeah. And it was because we all go to hell. It wasn't necessarily because the island is threatened itself or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it it did come across like it was more about just you know, the the global consequences. But but that did not that did not make him still want to devote more years of his life to the island. No. He's he's done with that. I like that. It's an interesting Actually, arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, you know, he doesn't find out man black is dead, but he they leave without him, so they assume, you know, he's fulfilling that, that wish of hers that Man and Black not get off the island. Right. Although, you know, he didn't know that Man and Black had that boat, I guess. So, technically speaking, he, That's true. he can't be 100% sure that he's preventing him from leaving. That's true. But the only plan he had was blowing up the plane. Mm-hmm. So, he, I mean, so he's basically accomplished that by yeah. leaving in the plane. Yeah. So he's he's done the part of the plan he knew about. But mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, he hasn't fully stopped him from leaving the island without knowing that he's dead. But he can find out he's dead pretty easily. If yeah, he after, ask after he's left the island. Yeah, yeah. It's a little late if it was the opposite result, but... Yes. But it works out. It works out in the end, right? It works out it in the end. It all works out in the end. Exactly, 
Exactly. But I just, I like that there's actually an arc of someone losing their devotion to the island and deciding to leave it after 130 years. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting disillusioned at the whole thing. I was told there was a plan. It doesn't look like there was. I, I never knew what it was. Mm-hmm. This is, I've wasted my life here. I'm out. Yeah. See you later. It's, I never would have expected that would be Richard's end point. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I thought Richard was there to stay. Yeah, it seems like he, you know, they they set him up as this as a certain kind of character, and they, you know, they got he he was in a different place than everyone else. So, you know, I think it made sense they gave him a different arc. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the original other. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There were no others before him. No. Nope. He started the whole thing. That's another story that seems vaguely interesting, but we'll never see. No. Which is probably for the best. Um, all right. So are you ready for the next round? Yes. Uh let's see the next part is So we're back at the cave. Jack says that water begins to flow into the circle again. The light powers up. Uh, outside the cave, Finn remarks that Jack did it. Hurley begins to pull on the rope, uh, but sadly finds Desmond at the other end instead of Jack. Jack cries in joy and wonder as the water continues to fill the circle around the plug. So that's that scene. All right. So he powers up the island again. Yes. Yeah, I think I think uh, did I say this before with the with the uh, Sawyer and Juliet scene of Sawyer pulling the plug and the power going out. Oh, did you? I don't remember, but I don't know. It made, made, made me think of that too. Of just you know, Sawyer pulls the plug and the, the room powers down and. Desmond pulls a plug, and the light powers down in the cave, and something something similar there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, it's it's weird, like to get to this point in the show. This is sort of the last thing Jack's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Just, the last mission. Yeah. Yeah, put this put this rock in that hole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the mission. <laughs> and uh and he does it and, and you know, and the it's sort of like the button, um which always bothered me, but whatever, it's you know, it's kinda dramatically it probably works better, but I always got bothered by the fact that when you don't push the button, it just kind of starts ramping up, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like the 108 thing is like, nah, <laughs> give or take, you know, if you're yeah. late, it's not a big deal, really. You just shouldn't leave it for too long. Yeah. They can't make it where it's it's absolute because then the island would have been destroyed when Desmond didn't push it. Yeah. but it's But it makes the countdown so artificial. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like nothing really happens when that countdown ends. So it just yeah, it, it just feels it just feels weird to have this timer five four three two one, and then it's like okay, nothing really happens after that. So you know, you, you got you got time to type it in after that. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it sort of ruins that part of it. But yeah, but but you're right. I mean, they, they couldn't they couldn't really do it that way. And I mean, I think it makes sense just in terms of if you're going to set up a timer system, you want it to count down to when it's sort of, you know, at least the, the best period before it gets worse. You know, it, it could have made the counter longer, you know, five more minutes into when it would have started up. But then it's like, you know, shit's already hitting the fan at that point. So I, yeah. I think it makes sense to have the timer stop somewhere before it, it like gets bad. But, but, you know, that they, they gives you a grace period before it's total destruction. I, I think the timer should go negative. Just tell you how much time passed that you're, you've gone. You know, I feel like that mm-hmm. gives you that gives you worthwhile information. Yeah, but they don't want people to have to, like, <laughs> to think they have a grace period, I think. Like, if this is really uh, having to do with the end of the world, I don't think you want to give people the idea you got, you got some extra time. Yeah, you can over you can oversleep if you want, or you can go take a walk if you want. Yeah. You know, I think they want to scare you into doing it on on time every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those hieroglyphs really do that. <laughs> Black and red hieroglyphs. It's like I don't want to see that. Yikes. Yeah, totally. It seems like that's that's got to be bad. Mm-hmm. What what am I doing wrong? Stop showing yeah. me those things. So this is sort of like that, you know, they pull the thing, even the light goes out and it's sort of like, eh, stuff starts happening, but it's not instant. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's repairable. You know, the idea seems to be if Jack if Jack waited long enough, then the island would basically be destroyed and probably the light would be out permanently, but mm-hmm. he gets back there in time to put the thing back in, so it's just kind of like you know, pushing the button in time. Yeah, before it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's that's sort of what it reminds me of. So uh, there's there's hieroglyphs on the uh, on the the plug thing. Is that mm-hmm. right? Okay. And also, I think there's a skeleton in there mm-hmm. that they show at one point, which sort of suggests at some point somebody went down there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd like to believe it was, you know, by the Egyptians or somebody a long time ago sort of finding that thing and just really being out of their league and dying. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and I think the idea is, too, like, yeah, you go down there, but if you don't have a way back up, you know, if you don't have a rope to Mm -hmm. get back up, you're just sort of stuck down there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, I see. Yeah, so that that whole Egyptian period, it's, they they put a lot of stuff in the show in the background, you know, but mm-hmm. no one's ever really talked about it, you know. It's never been it's never actually been an explicit part of the show. It's just been these these little background set details. Yeah. For the most part, telling us that the Egyptians have anything to do with this show. <laughs> mhm. You know, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting that they did that. I uh I I never really thought they would show us Egyptians on the show, but uh, I don't know. I guess I never really thought they'd show us Romans either. So yeah, that's that's it's still surprising. But 
the deep island history uh, looks like uh, sort of, you know, maybe uh, possibly even predates the protector idea. I mean, maybe they came and sort of tamed the crazy energy or something, built this little contraption. And, you know, I think, I mean, you had a theory, something like that earlier, I think. Yeah, I think the Egyptians were, you know, came to the island, discovered it had strange properties, started digging in places, uh, found the source, had to, you know, uh, the messing with it, you know, gave them need to put this plug over it. And I think probably the protector idea starts there, this idea that, you know, well, if the plug is, un- if the thing is, un- if the plug is taken off, then that's bad. So we need someone to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think, the idea that this place needs to be protected probably starts there. Yeah. You know, and then of course, whatever importance the light of it, you know, the light has and stuff like that. So I think it probably just starts there of whatever Egyptian person knowing about this sort of being the one to protect it and, you know, and then sort of handing down this legend of it needs the protector. And then, you know, a couple centuries later or something like mother comes around and, she's told this oral history of the island and the the need to protect this place. And, you know, that's where the story starts. Right. Yeah. 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 I I like that. In a way, I like the kind of subtle, just look at the background and fill in your own little backstory, Mm -hmm. you know, about what happened there. I mean, you can, you can draw that conclusion, but it's, it's, you know, you have to pay attention. Yeah, you got to look at the themes of the show, and to I think you got to sort of assume that whatever happened with whoever built this has some some symmetry with the other sort of things that happen on the island, and the other you know, the people who come to the island sort of all do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. In various, in you know, similar in sometimes different ways, but. They all sort of cope the same way or discover certain things and, you know, there's just like variations on, on uh, you know, the whole, like, you know, the incident and the button and all that stuff. It's like variations on manipulating the light source or the repercussions from trying to manipulate it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the whole show they were doing trial runs for the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things that were similar to where the show is going to go eventually. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could look at it like that and say, you know, the universe is trying to find someone who who can who can uh, deal with this plug situation. You know, and so you have Jack and Locke trying to deal with the button, which is a smaller level of that. You know, and then mm-hmm. you Jack, Jack thinking you don't need to press it. And then, then you have the incident, which is another sort of Jack-led thing where he's actively trying to do something like the plug like a fail-safe, like a, you know, something along those lines in a general way. Uh, and then him coming to the full point of being the protector of the island and then sort of being ready to do this final version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 happy too that they didn't go back to the Egyptians. I think that's fine. I think they went back far enough, and we got we got the history of the characters they showed on the show. So right, that that's definitely good enough for me. And um, and leaving the Egyptian stuff to the Egyptian stuff keeps the mysteries there. And again, you know, my 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 philosophy is even the Egyptians didn't know what was going on. So showing them 
would only be showing another group of people finding something inexplicable and trying to deal with it, and and that's about it. You know, they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna have any answers either. Yes, yes. It does seem like the ultimate answer to Lost is there's a mysterious force there. Mm-hmm. And they and they're just and no one actually knows what it is. Yeah. No one's ever known what it is, but a lot of people have come to this place and, you know, either tried to harness it or or do something with it or protect it or whatever. Yeah. Take it over. I mean, that that's that's sort of the, you know, but but no one knows what the thing is. It's they're just you know, they they're they're able to possibly do things with it. It, it clearly has some kind of power. But yeah, it looks like it's something that no one knows, and that's just that's where the show wants to leave it. Yeah, I like the idea of people finding something powerful and mysterious and not knowing what to do with it. There's no instructions, you know. The, the no one left the instructions of what to do for the light. Right. So people are just trying to figure it out, and people have different ideas of what to do. Right. Right. And you know, I mean, we've seen it do pretty crazy stuff. I mean, it you know seems to seems to transport you to Tunisia. It seems to move the island. It seems mm-hmm. to possibly bring about time travel effects. Um, that's you know, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. That's so, enough. Yeah, I I I think I think in the end, I'm I'm happy with that. I I didn't I didn't really. If you sort of totally nail down the ultimate answer for Lost, I, I don't know how great it can be. I, it could be something, I guess, but I I can live without that. It's it was really the smaller answers that I wanted in the finale. Yeah, that's what I would have. I would have been happier if we had more of those. But this stuff, this stuff's totally fine with me. Mhm. I like it. It's interesting. I don't quite know what I'm watching. But but uh but it works. Yeah. Yeah, there's something here, you know. Uh, we get enough to piece something together that you know the light and the water are important. Yes. Yes. Exactly. There's there's uh there's there's some kind of power there. Also, you know, we know that there's some kind of electromagnetic effect as well. Um, did you just drop? Yes, you did. Okay, quick news uh, check here. He's going to be back soon. i got to hurry, 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 hurry. Uh, Bill Clinton has evolved into Obama's Mr. Fix-It. Really? Uh, after... Okay, I can read about that later. All right, so what did I say? Uh, let's see. Um, what well, was last that? I heard, I think you were talking about, you said you don't know what we're watching, what you're singing, and what else did you say? Um, and I said the light and the water are important, and then you were starting on something when I cut out. right. Um, oh, they have some kind of electromagnetic effect. Yeah. That's sort of the science part of what we know about it. You know, you can use equipment and harness it somehow. Mm-hmm. 
to bring it, you know, direct direct the energy in certain ways. It does it does seem like if, you know, if people were careful and knew what they were doing, they could really, you know, get some crazy stuff happening with this life. Mhm. You know, I mean, Dharma was really trying to do time travel experiments. Yeah. And it seems to me that they have the potential to work. Well, what's interesting is Dan did time travel that worked. You know, he didn't need the light. Oh, good point. But but he, you know, he was doing that. He was doing consciousness time travel, and I guess maybe they were doing something else, but uh, more like your body is moving, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but they were, you know, they were using rabbits and stuff, too, and so. That's right. Dan did a whole different thing. Yeah. His was, his was consciousness space because their bodies were definitely moving, because they would just disappear from the people in front of them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's different from the thing Dan was doing. But yeah, I guess Dan just did his own did his own time travel method. He doesn't need the light. He doesn't need the light at all. I'm not worried about the light. But he did eventually want to go to the island and try to I don't know, I guess he spent like three years in Michigan figuring out that people are the variables, but then he was wrong about that. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's really sad because man, he uh, he he had potential. Yeah, and he just made a massively wrong call. So I think I think I can say in the end that sort of Miles' theory, which is something we even talked about in season five, that basically they were going to be the ones that caused the incident. Mm-hmm. It was going to be whatever happened happened. Yeah, you know. Well, it seems like Dharma would have had some catastrophe anyway, but what became known as the incident was, was their involvement. Yes. You know, but it, they were definitely drilling too far <laughs> to the pocket, right. too close to the pocket and all that stuff. And um, But, again, you you know, you'd have to factor in the heightened, uh, Rosinski's heightened, um, in, uh, you know, his, his, his anxiety, his anxiousness to... Um, to get this thing done in light that the hostiles are around and stuff. So that, that did play an effect and maybe how, um, how, how, um, safe they were, you know, how safe they were doing this whole thing. Um, so if the hostiles went around, maybe they, you know, maybe, Chang, maybe Rosinski wouldn't have been so upset and Chang could have said, Oh, we're getting too close. Let's stop. And he would have listened. So right. it's not inevitable. They would have hit it, but I think it's likely they would have, so something would have happened, but it seems like, yeah, whatever happened, happened. And they're yeah. making, you know, they're living through their, their own presence so they can sort of do whatever they want. And But they've already done it because they're from the future, so they're not going to do anything that they sort of didn't do from the perspective of the future. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, to be totally accurate, there was more to the incident than just, what they did, but they they had a role in it. Part of part of the incident is what they did. Yeah. And they they weren't gonna erase the whole thing. Yeah. I you know they they seem to say Dan Dan was wrong, but I feel like I feel like he was right to the extent that it got them back to you know back to the present. And uh, or you know they went back to the future after that. So I don't know. I feel like maybe his calcula he interpreted his calculations wrong or something. You know, like you know his idea of creating. You know, he looked at his calculations and it said, okay, yeah, we can create a new universe. But really, it was just 
he could make them time travel or something. Okay. Something like that, where it was like he was just sort of wrong in 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 terms of the scope or something. Yeah. But that there was some credence to the fact that if they explode this hydrogen bomb on top of this magnetism, that something crazy would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He was wrong about something, but not necessarily wrong about everything. Yeah. Like John Locke. Just like John Locke. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. So we flash sideways. We're outside the church. A taxi pulls up, and John Locke gets out and into and into his wheelchair. He tips the cab driver, whatever is standard in purgatory. Uh, John rolls up the ch- rolls up to the church and finds Ben sitting outside in quiet contemplation. Ben tells Locke everyone else is inside. Ben apologizes to John for what he did to him, and he says that he was selfish, jealous and wanted everything John had. Ben tells John he was special, and Ben wasn't. John tells Ben he forgives him. Ben says it helps. It matters more than he can say. Ben says, a lot of Ben saying stuff. Ben says he has some things he needs to work out and will stay there a while. John wheels on, then Ben tells him he doesn't think John needs to be in that chair anymore. John stops and then stands up and tells Ben goodbye, then walks into the church. This is a big John Locke Ben scene. Yes. Scene. Yes. So what can I say? I I the afterlife thing is just is just killing it for me. I, I like the idea that See, I guess for me, then apologizing at Locke's eulogy was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. It was crazy. It was like, he's going to step up and give a eulogy, and then he actually apologized for doing it. So then it, it's this weird mixed thing, like, what the fuck are you doing? Really? You're doing that? Like, it was great. I love that scene. And uh, having him get a chance in the afterlife to apologize to his face, it almost to me seems like more than he deserves. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I feel like he shouldn't get the chance to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Michael didn't get to apologize to Libby's face. You know, he has to try to tell Hurley, Oh, tell her, I'm sorry. You know, cause he's mm-hmm. just stuck on the Island. I know I'm still pissed about that, but whatever. I'll leave that aside. I just, uh, I just, I don't know. It's it's too much. He just, he murdered him for, as he admits for crappy reasons. And I, Locke, I guess Locke is going to forgive him. It'd be weird if he was like, no, I don't forgive you, but... Yeah. Well, listen, after you're dead, bygones be bygones. Yeah, I guess so. I just... I I almost want... I almost want... I guess guess Ben says why he does it, so... You know, know, since Locke died saying, thinking I don't understand, like, I want him to understand. Yeah. (laughs) You know... I feel like that's that's the important thing I want to get out of the scene, and I guess Ben explaining, I you know I killed you because I wanted power and because you were special and I I wasn't. I, I guess that basically lets Locke understand. Yeah. 
So, so maybe they get that out of the scene. I do like it. I like Ben sitting there outside the church by himself. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. And I, I like how they have him looking like regular Ben and not like Dr. Linus anymore. All, All right. out, of, out of nowhere. <laughs> like He's sort of the only one that did that. But it was like, ah, Ben's really there. This is when I started getting freaked out. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, something really weird's going on. Like, Ben looks normal all of a sudden, and everybody knows who they are, and they're going in this church. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, did you did you call it? Did you have any idea what we were watching in this scene? No. Um, I didn't know what was going on until pretty much the end. Um, you know, I... I thought it was anybody's guess. Was you know even people were was remembering people were remembering uh, that they had died. You know, to me that didn't immediately say okay, well this is this is their afterlife or something, uh, because I thought it was you know sort of would be obvious that um, you know they would if, if this is some new world or flash sideways universe or something that it, to, to me the remembering the, the dead wasn't wasn't a deal breaker in terms of this still being some sort of real alternate reality that they made. So I was still waiting to see how it connected. And the answer is it doesn't connect. Um, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Wait, no, I'm confused again. Does, doesn't connect. What do you mean? Doesn't connect to what? It doesn't, it doesn't, the, the flash sideways doesn't, you know, connect back to the the real world. Oh, okay. You know, like, I thought that's where they were going. You know, like, oh, okay, we want to leave. You know, um, I, I was thinking, well, they want to go back to the real world or back to, you know, whatever we would consider the real world. Oh, okay. But okay. they want to leave to some new place. Right, right. Yeah, that would have been crazy if all these characters went back to the real world. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have Ben staying behind. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. But uh yeah, I uh uh I I did like this scene. I I st- I always want more with this. I I I particularly the Benlock relationship was, you know, had a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, back and forth there. Mostly mostly Locke going back and Ben going forth, I guess, but still uh very, very long, you know, Locke, I feel like Ben, you know, Ben was to Locke sort of the same, a smaller version of what Smokey did to Locke. Like, he, he just latched onto him as someone he could manipulate for a long period of time. And and Locke, uh, even when Locke knew he shouldn't trust Ben, he just, <laughs> I don't know, he, uh, he thought he knew stuff and he felt like he couldn't, he couldn't not have his help mm-hmm. in certain cases and and uh you know i i think i think he he uh you know he trusted ben too much despite the many reasons not to yeah totally you know and i think you know when ben said, tells john he was special and that that ben says he wasn't special i'm thinking Really? Is that the takeaway here? Because I thought the takeaway should be John wasn't special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he. I understand that Ben thought John was special, but 
seems like at the end of the day, the answer is he, he wasn't sort of special. Not, you know, he wasn't special like Desmond is special or anything like that. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I like this scene. It was, it was cool, you know, Ben helping John get out of the chair and all that. And, uh, John gets to walk in without the chair. Um, and the, the apology, the apologizing to his face, I liked, you know, getting, you know, getting the chance to, to do that and, uh, seeing, seeing what, uh, John's reaction was, but it, you know, it wasn't much more than you know what you get out of the his his eulogy scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. And to me, that's sort of the real thing he should get. You know, mm-hmm. this I just this just seems like too much. You know, you murdered the guy. I I believe that you're sorry, and that's good. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he gets he just gets way more than than he deserves to actually apologize to his face and get forgiveness from him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, just, I don't know. I think if you murder somebody, you just got to live with it. Not in the afterlife. Uh, yeah, apparently not. Yeah. Apparently not, because they're, they're dead too. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point is they're supposed to remember what they did and then forget about it. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, that just goes in the category of sort of wanting, uh, wanting the tragedy to hit harder, mm-hmm. you know, because I think Locke's story is really tragic, but this kind of softens it. Mm-hmm. You know, Locke finally understands why Ben did it, so even that part isn't as bad. And, and you know, Locke just gets to kind of make his peace with things and, and, and move on, and he well, doesn't. Well, the, the, the ending of the show is softening everything, right? Yeah. Everything gets softened with this finale, so. Yeah. It's in that, it's in that list. But he doesn't get to die like a, I mean, he does, but it's him dying as a broken man in, in a crappy motel room for reasons he doesn't understand is not the end of his character. Yeah, it's just an end for him in the real world. Yeah. But but he will forever live eternally, as we all will, once we find the group of people that are important to us. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. <sighs> that That's the basic conceit of all this that bothers me. I just, I, I, uh, I want, I want my drama back. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just it feels like it's blowing it. On the other hand, I did like the scene. It's not. It's certainly good. I, I and I I like the image. I like Ben sitting out there and and him walking by and you know. Yeah, this is this is the part of the story that they call the resolution. Yeah. Where things get resolved, so it's sort of the lessening of conflict. <laughs> I understand. No, I mean, given the story they're doing, this is the scene they have to write. I get it. Yeah. I. It's just. I'm just trying to explain why why I find this this kind of ending dissatisfying mm-hmm. in certain ways, you know, and that's that's one of the big reasons for me. But I I could complain about that about every a lot of these stories, you know. But there there's good things about it too. I mean, it gives you chances for for stuff like this that wouldn't be possible without this afterlife idea. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, you know. It, it's there is a there is a kind of counterbalance there to the bad stuff. Yeah, totally. 
You want to go to the next scene? Yes. So we are, let's see, back on the island. Ben makes Desmond uh, still unconscious, comfortable, as Hurley stares into the light cave. Ben thinks Desmond will be okay. Hurley asks if Jack is gone. Ben tells him that Jack did his job. Hurley says he's the protector now and wonders what to do. Ben says Hurley should be uh, should should be what he to do to do what he does best, I guess, uh, which is to take care of people. Uh, and he should start by helping Desmond get home. Hurley says people can't leave the island, but Ben says that's how Jacob ran things. There may be a better way. Hurley asks Ben if he'll help him. Hurley says he needs someone with experience for a little while. Why? Ben, ben is honored. So we got the the Hurley Hurley getting Ben on board to help him run the island. Yeah. Yeah. Ben being chosen as a number two. Ben, you know, Ben is needy too. Yeah. He's almost like Claire that way. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like him, you know, him stabbing Jacob is sort of like Claire axing the other. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 partially a manifestation of just feeling like he's been neglected by this person who's supposed to be, you know, who's supposed to care about him. Yeah. Like his dad, maybe? Like his dad, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, uh, you do what you do best, Hugo. <laughs> yeah, I love not knowing what he's going to say after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be? I, you know, if I had to name the thing Hurley does best, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I would say. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars references. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I uh, serving food, seeing mm-hmm. ghosts. Yeah. I don't know. Games. Not being a leader. He's good at games. Yeah, not yeah. being a leader. <laughs> Sure. But yeah, I think this is uh this is good. This gives Ben, like we said earlier, what he wants in a way, but but he's 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 sort of relinquishing power. You know, Yeah, and Hurley is yeah. Good? No, go ahead. I was saying Hurley is needy too. Hurley doesn't want to be there alone. Oh totally. He doesn't he don't well, he doesn't want the sole responsibility of the island on his shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was the one who, when Jacob got them all around the fire, you know, and Jack stepped up, he was like, I, I'm glad it's not me. Yeah. You know, and even still here, you know, it's, or when, I think when Jack hands it over, I think he says something like, it's only temporary. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to give this right back to you yeah. as soon as you come out of this cave. Yeah. So he's still he's still not fully ready to commit to this kind of giant potentially giant undertaking and you know I, we don't get really get really to see where this plays out but i think for me you know this along with you know the whole john Locke eulogy thing and you know everything else ben has done this season for the most part except the last minute turned to evil <laughs> um you know uh him being you know serving as the, the number two on the island uh sort of uh, replacing richard i guess uh uh, you know, it seems to me like that's that's enough redemption for Ben. Oh yeah. You know, like I I don't I wouldn't feel cheated just getting that, and he doesn't get to 
you know, apologize to everyone in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's enough. But you know, whatever. Problems with the problems with the afterlife aside, I like this development. I'm very surprised. This is not how I saw things ending up. Yeah, I. And did, I'll say this. Oh, go ahead. Ahead. No, no. I was gonna say this about Ben though. Like he does get this sort of maybe too good redemption in the afterlife, but. In terms of his character on the island, he's still going to be living with that guilt for a very long time until he dies. So it, it seems yeah. like he's instantly forgiven because of how they cut it together. But in reality, it's sort of like he doesn't get that for, you know, presumably a long time. That's a good point. So he still has that. That does weigh on him for a long time. That's a good point. He gets to live with – he gets to live a long time with that Yeah. instead of just instantly being forgiven. You're right. It's just the way they play it. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing about the whole idea of – you know, not having yeah. not having time because, you know, potentially they could be doing this job for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. I don't know how long they're actually going to do it, or they actually did it, I guess, because they do end up dead at some point. But uh, it's uh, they it's, could probably tell you both answers, like how long they did it for, and when they died, and how they died, and probably tell you who they gave it to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could. That's probably one of the coolest things about the afterlife, the ability to put in a story like that. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of giant ellipsis like where we never see. I, I, I like that idea. Yeah. That part's cool. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, that that When you think about it that way, Ben does actually get, you know, he both gets his redemption and his punishment. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's not it's not too easy. By the by the time he's in the afterlife, maybe he's maybe he's earned the right to apologize to Locke's face. Mm-hmm. I guess and, for this show, he hasn't earned it. Yeah, and I would say even when he wakes up in the afterlife, that's another. He's got to relive that guilt again. Yeah. You know, so it's like, ooh, boom! I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know I did that until just now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like a, you know, comes back, comes back to haunt him again. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Also. So that's that's pretty good. It's just it's just because of the way the show is, you know. Like yeah. I want to see this scene in a thousand years. Mhm. And then I'll be happy. Yeah. But we get it, you know. We get it before. So anyway, yeah. But 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 I, I like this development. It's 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 kind of cool. I, I I thought the island survived, but and I thought Jack might die, but I didn't really think so far as so, well. If Jack dies and the island survives, probably someone else is going to be the protector. I never really got to that point. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely didn't get to the point. Well, if there's going to be a protector, there's going to be a Richard. Yeah, <laughs> never really occurred to me. So I didn't even think about trying to find even even a Jacob besides Jack, and so I definitely didn't get to the idea of a number two. Yeah. So I guess Hurley is going to use whatever island powers or something to get Desmond home. Yeah, I think they, they basically tell us, I guess Desmond was busy and they wanted to get the plane out of there so they couldn't get him on the plane. But I think, yeah. The, There's the, he's still got his boat he could leave on. There you go. Yeah. Or if if they could arrange for uh, people to pick him up, he could turn the donkey wheel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think you want to turn the donkey wheel, though. That's like a measure of last resort. It's You're right. It screws things up. You're right. You're right. That's probably not a good idea. But, yeah, I think I think based on the dialogue, we can assume that they eventually get Desmond off the island. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how Desmond, it's almost, that it seems to happen in, in a lot of finales. Like, there's some character who just kind of gets knocked out and sort of sleeps through the finale. Mm-hmm. Gets That's, lucky. What? Gets lucky. Yeah, gets lucky. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like basically, in a way, in last year's it was sort of Saeed, like getting shot made him just kind of lay around for most of the finale. Yeah, you know? it reminds me of a smaller example of that is like Sawyer getting knocked out on the sub. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Jack just has to rescue. Like he doesn't have to deal with being rescued, you know, with 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 rescuing himself because Jack just rescues him because Sawyer's unconscious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I guess especially because Desmond's was built up so much, you know, there's a whole episode about him, Widmore brings him there, like, Jacob, I guess, tries to get, you know, him there, and then, you know, then it's like, okay, and then he's crazy on the island, he's behaving, you don't know what he's doing, and then you finally see him, and he's just sort of a little bit wrong about what he thinks is going to happen, and then he just kind of goes to sleep for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, that was it. <laughs> He goes out just kind of laying there. Yeah. That's the end of Desmond on the island. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the best. It really isn't. But but I guess that means he didn't have to make a sacrifice. Guess not. Looks like he was able to survive. I mean, maybe if he had to go in again or something, that would have been bad. I don't know. If he did what Jack did, I don't know what would happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's gonna get off. Probably go back to Penny and uh, live happily ever after until they die, and then live happily ever after again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, well done, Desmond. I, I it look, things looked bad for you, but you seem to have made yeah. it. Yeah, he did manage to make it. It's kind of interesting to me that Hurley is. Hurley is like Ben definitely totally makes sense, but Hurley being the guy, I guess the way they wrote him when he was off the island, he was just he was just kind of isolated in a mental institution for most of the time. So, mm-hmm. like I, I kind of want to think, shouldn't he want to see his family more or something? But I guess they, the way they wrote it, he really was kind of miserable off the island. So yeah, they made it seem like he doesn't really care about his family that much. Yeah. That it was it wasn't that big a deal for him to leave or anything like that because he just didn't yeah he didn't really care. Yeah, but now that he's Jacob, he could probably visit if he wants. That's true. Good point. And yeah, like Jacob just gets in his cab and tells him to get on the plane. And he's ready to go. Like all right. Yeah. He's not like I got to say bye to my parents first. Or yeah. I gotta tell them I just got out of jail. Like. <laughs> right. None of that. No, none of that. I I do expect him to care more, but yeah, at the same time, it, it does seem like he. Yeah, he was he was living in the institution by himself and somewhat secluded from them anyway. Mm-hmm. So, still though, I yeah, I thought of him as having more attachments, but it looks like the way they wrote him, he really doesn't. Yeah. But I never saw him as being particularly invested in the island. You know, like maybe that's the surprising part about him mm-hmm. being the protector. 
I don't think he is. I think he's taking the job because Jack gave it to him, and he he trusts Jack and loves Jack or whatever, and that's that's the reason he's doing it. I, I think he never was that invested. Yeah, like the island did a lot for Jack, you know. So I sort of understand. Like it's it's sort of the catalyst for his whole journey on the show. So I understand him becoming the protector. That's so. That's why he was the obvious choice. But with Hurley, it definitely seems like. I guess the island did stuff for him, but it just it doesn't seem like it did as much. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm surprised that uh, he would end up. And it's sort of like, yeah, you have a protector who... It's just, it's just a job, you know, because, I mean, what did Jacob ever do to deserve it? You know, his mother gave it to him. You right. Know, like the island did stuff for him to, to, to make him be ready for it. So. Yeah. It, it's just a job, <laughs> you know, it can be handed down to... Right. Whoever the the person thinks is ready. I guess with Jacob, though, he did grow up on the island and considered that his home. So he did have some attachment to the island in some way. So it just, it it doesn't feel quite as weird Mm -hmm. as as having Hurley do it. But yeah, I I mean, there doesn't have to be some kind of weird supernatural thing going on. But just, I don't know, some kind of sense that they care about the island enough to take the job of protecting it. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm saying, I don't think Hurley fits into that category. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say he he cares enough about the island solely. I think he's taking it because Jack wants him to have it. Yeah, that's just kind of amazing because it's a. I mean, it's you know, it's a commitment. Mhm. Yeah, he realizes that. He's like, "What am I gonna do?" Yikes! That's why he asked for Ben's help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the other thing, the other thing, I like the idea that they're sort of immediately repudiating Jacob's ways. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. It's like the show is, you know, they're sort of saying like, well, you know, Jacob's way of doing things wasn't necessarily the best. Yeah. You know, he did, he did it his way, but he was just a guy. Yeah. He's just a man who was interpreting what he should do and did it the way he thought he should. And yeah, that that doesn't mean it was the right way. Yeah, and I like the show ending on a note of, okay, you know, the island's been like that since Jacob's been in charge, but now it's a new regime, and, you know. We'll the change. age of Aquarius. Yeah, it's like a dawn of, for the every hope for the island or something. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, the, uh, the thing that was surprising to me, though, is like, okay, I, did, I missed the part where it's a rule that you can't leave the island. Uh, that just seems to be common wisdom that it's super hard to leave the island. But I guess I guess I thought that wasn't necessarily Jacob's imposition, but it was just uh, a property, just a fact that because of what the island is, because mm-hmm. of the barrier, you know, because of other factors, it's difficult to leave the island, but not sort of, you know, this is a rule that Jacob has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it gets a little muddled the crossover there, the the from from sort of Hurley's reality of knowing how hard it is to leave, and then and then Ben sort of knowing that Jacob had rules. So there's there's some crossover there, I think, in in, in the concepts. Yeah, I don't think they're exactly the same, but I think they're they're sort of crossing over in, in the middle and. And Ben is assuming, you know, that's because of Jacob, and uh, I, I think that's pretty much right. You know, I, I think, I think, I think his point is, you know, whatever the realities of leaving the island, you know, who's ever in charge can can supersede those. 
Oh, and, ben okay. is, and Ben is crediting Jacob with the the barriers and stuff like that, the the, the you know the, the the hurdles that that exist to leave the island, and um, you know, and and Hurley's sort of referencing that too. But Ben is giving giving Jacob uh, credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess because you know we've seen people leave the island. Mm-hmm. I just I really didn't think that that was a rule that you couldn't do that. I mean, people are coming going from the island a lot. Yeah. You know, so over the course of the show, so it just it seems odd to me that 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 they throw in this little line about about that was Jacob's way. Like I don't know, maybe he basically tried to prevent it for the most part, but couldn't prevent it all. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think it was maybe something like he, you know, if he's responsible for the barrier and then there's a certain there's a certain safe zone of bearing, you know. And so, you know, he he doesn't want people not to ever be able to come and leave cuz I think at some points he wants people to, to be able to come and leave. So right. he's got this, you know, he just makes it really hard. It's not like impossible. You know, you can turn the donkey wheel, you can do certain yeah. things, but it's, uh, it's just not very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Hurley's sort of speaking in absolutes. People can't leave the Island. It's more like it's really hard to leave the Island. Right. Right. And then, but I, like, I almost want to take this as maybe, you know, that really was something Jacob was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really know that before yeah. this little bit here. I I didn't I, I sort of took it as a a natural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, not something that the protector is is responsible for. Yeah. You know? But uh this seems to say that's not the case. So uh I guess, you know, from now on maybe it'll be easier to leave the island or something. Mm-hmm. They'll just shut down the barrier. I don't know. I mean, yeah. they still, still got to protect it, so, you know, maybe they don't necessarily want everyone showing up, but... <laughs> but in general, I like the idea of, you know, there's a new protector. Let's, uh, you know, not necessarily copy Jacob. Mm-hmm. That's a cool note to end on, because I guess, yeah, I just, I never... I, I didn't expect that. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't expect there to be... Uh, you know, slightly, slightly negative Jacob comment. Yeah. You know, not that he was well, ever portrayed as all positive. Yeah, he got he's sort of not great in general. <laughs> um, but I, I I wanted to bring something up real quick in terms of Jacob's. Um, you know, he he was doing a lot, but one of his little one of his sort of main uh, goals was to bring people to the island to sort of prove that. Uh, you know, humans aren't fundamentally bad or corruptible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that that's part of why he's doing some of this stuff. And um, so I'm just, I was just thinking about why, like, what's what's sort of the point of that, other than just to make some philosophical point. And so I'm thinking, well, if he's if he wants to find someone who can kill the man in black, then then maybe what he's trying to do is find someone who find a human who is incorruptible who can stand against man in black and not be corrupted by him mm-hmm. and can and can like you know withstand him enough to kill him so it's like not only is he bringing people to the island to find a protector but to also find one who's sort of uncorruptible who can you know eventually kill man in black yeah maybe not come under his influence yeah i just think that gives an explanation for for you know a reason why he's trying to decide that he you know test humans morality other than just to prove to his brother that he's wrong about his opinion of human morality right 
Right. It seems like that's a part of it, but yeah. uh, there should be more to the story. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Otherwise, that's... it's just a game he's playing, you know? Yeah. And right. I feel like since we know Man in Black has this thing about talking to people and if you talk to him, you already are on his side or whatever mm-hmm. truth there is to that kind of thinking, uh, it makes sense that he would want, Jacob would want someone who couldn't be couldn't be turned. Yeah, it kind of looks like that's just an exaggeration mm-hmm. of the truth, you know. He is he is to a certain extent persuasive and you know, he is able to influence people, you know, pretty effectively. Um so especially when he threatens to thrash them. Yeah, sure. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's effective. Uh but there there does seem to be a there does seem to be a sense in which he, uh, in which it makes sense to say that. Like if you, if you really listen to him, he he'll he might try to talk you into doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so maybe yeah, Jacob needs the, the good person to show up both to prove him wrong and to you know kill him, get rid of him eventually. Yeah. It's uh, he's sort of a blight on the island. That's the thing I didn't really understand. Like he's this uh this monster that Jacob created and it just haunts the island for, you know, thousands of years. Yeah, he's not this intrinsic island force that is just sort of there with the island and, and it will always be and you just gotta keep him there. It's he's specifically created and not intended to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a surprise. That is not that is not the point of view I had when we originally saw that thing. Mm-hmm. Still don't know why it was called a security system. <laughs> but because if you went to the temple, it attacked you. Yeah, maybe it's as simple as that. It's all interpretation. Seriously, I mean, if you if you have a question about why somebody said it did something, just ask yourself: Is it just based on their simple interpretation of what they saw? I think a lot of times it is like, you know, she saw it, she thought it was a security system. That's what uh, Robert told her or something. Right. So the question you could say now is, okay, why did he say that? Right. You know, and then then you got to get into the whole claimed smoky stuff. Well, but, yeah, exactly. You know, open, yeah. open that door if you want to. But, That's why that part's confusing, but yeah. yeah, but I could see, you know, they're, they're at, you know, well, I, I don't quite know how they know what's in there. It's sort of like the temple wall, but but besides that, putting that aside, I I you know they see they see this entity and it kind of attacks them and and it seems to go into under underneath this structure and you know so I I, I guess I can see somehow conclude. I mean that, that wouldn't necessarily be my first thought, but mm-hmm. you know because it's it's this crazy entity. I don't know if I would assume that's a security system, but. But it's not, you know, it, there's that's not that's far as far as a list of things you might say about that phenomenon. That's that's not too far down in terms of craziness. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to explain its function, now if you're trying to explain what it is, I don't know if you'd come up with security system. But if you're trying to explain its function, I think security systems on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still wouldn't guess that. It would seem like some kind of creature that's, you know, living in holes and stuff and attacking people. And I, I just, it wouldn't quite occur to me that it's actually protecting this area just because it goes in there. But, you mm-hmm. know, 
Uh, well, you wouldn't you assume that a creature would be territorial or something? I mean, I think that that comes along with it. Sure. You know, most animals are. If you get close to their home, right? You know, something like that, it'll attack you. Right. Yeah. So I yeah I could assume it lives there and that's what it's protecting, but I wouldn't assume security system. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a step beyond. You know, but uh, but it's but it's there. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing outrageous about it. But it definitely led me down the wrong path. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, just because people say stuff is not the truth. That's yeah. It's, it's most shows aren't like that. I think. You know, I think most shows of characters sort of say something about the plot or about an element. It's yeah, okay. That's that's the truth. Now, I'm you not know? 100% convinced that they didn't actually have in mind the smoke monster being something like that at one point, mm-hmm. and then kind of retcon it away with, you know, cleverly using the fact that, as you say correctly on the show, they always they always have characters say things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to wreck on things in a situation like that. But I, I suspect they might have actually had a, a different idea for Smokey at one point. It, 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 there's some other signals that point in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I, I feel like that originally that might not, you know, that might have been, I mean, the, the reason she said it might still have been she heard someone say it or something, but I think that might have yeah. been a correct answer at yeah. one point. And and they just decided to go a different way with the story, and and then it fits in into their someone repeating what they heard. Mm-hmm. Thing. Well, it's someone repeating what they heard anyway, regardless if she's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. So. Someone repeating what they heard and being wrong. <laughs> what did you say? Someone repeating what they heard and being wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, so anything else with this stuff? Uh, let's see. What scene are we on? Harley and Ben? Is that the scene we're on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, so let's see. So we go back to the church. Ben still sits outside. Hurley comes out to check on Ben, who says he's not coming in. Hurley uh, turns to leave, then Ben tells him he was good number two. Ben tells Hurley he was a great number one. Hurley says goodbye. Jack and Kate pull up in Jack's truck. Jack tells Kate this is where he was going to have his father's funeral. He asks why she brought him here. He says, I'm sorry, she says because it's where Jack was going to have his father's funeral. She tells him to go around back and that she's going inside and that they'll be waiting for him when he's ready. He asks, ready for what? Ready to leave, she responds. Then Kate gets out of the car and walks into the church. Oh, man. So it's almost time for the big reveal. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's a church. It's a church. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, I like the little thing with Harley and Ben where they, they give you, they basically give you the ending of their story. Mm-hmm. You know, they both they both think each other did a good job. Yeah. You at least know that. 
So Ben didn't, like, try to kill Hurley or something at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing I would worry about if they didn't tell us. Yeah. That it didn't happen. Um, So, uh uh, so it's, it's nice to have like the ending of the story and having no idea how long it went. And I, that's, that's, that's the thing I like about this little bit. And, uh, I guess, I guess I'll say, I think we leave Ben here. Um, so I guess I'll say that, uh, uh, I definitely, as far as, you know, given that we're stuck with this afterlife thing, I, I like the idea of Ben not going in, staying, staying in this world for a while and, you know, working through stuff or whatever. Uh, I think that's an appropriate way to leave his character. It, mm-hmm. it, it seems right. You know, it's a little weirder, I guess, after the tenure on the island. But you know, we didn't really see that on the show, so it feels appropriate, I think, to to have him do that. I mean, his character was just so horrendous for so much of the show. It's really, it would be, it would be stretching my. <laughs> Ability to accept things to have him just kind of happily walk into the light at the end. Yeah, and I think more than that for me would be him leaving without Alex and Rousseau. Yeah. You know, to yeah. be like, well, I got a second chance with these guys, but oh, well, I'm going to leave for eternity. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, I think, and I think it says something important about, you know, first of all, the ability that, you know, the idea that they can choose to stay. And, uh, you know, they don't have to, this isn't the only time exit, you know, or something like that. And, uh, and the idea that, um, you know, you, you, you know, one person go, can help other, go help other people who aren't part of this main group wake up, you know, they, I think they give you that idea a little bit. Yes. Yes. Right. Exactly. But I like the idea that, you know, Ben wants to do more Mm -hmm. and, and, isn't ready to do that, and I, I just, yeah, I think for a character who really, I think for me, stands out in the in the series. It was something that I, I never really fully appreciated him until I did the the rewatch. Uh, I think I think that was when I was like, man, wow, his character's crazy, like really, just really amazing in a lot of scenes. And he, I just, I knew he was a big deal, but somehow he just jumped out at me when I was rewatching a lot of the episodes. So I. I I came to appreciate him fully this season, I think, and uh, this is a pretty good ending for him. I'll, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I think it's pretty fitting. Yeah, because this show, you can kill as many people as you want, so <laughs> get get to the afterlife. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Unless you're Michael and you kill the wrong two women. Oh God! Yeah, you have to bring up Michael. Mm-hmm. Doomed for eternity for the stupidest. Oh God! Damn you, writers! <laughs> Such bullshit. Yeah, and he even sort of laughed about it on the Jimmy Kimmel thing. It's like, ah, your character got so screwed. Yeah, yeah. He seen, I think he said like he, you know, he he sort of voiced his opinion. And he's done it before that he did not like how his character ended. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think he sort of did get screwed in sort of, you know, general sense, you know, like, yeah, like it just, you know, I think part of it was the Walt, you know, the Malcolm Kelly situation of him growing and that yeah. limited what they could show for Michael and, and then yeah. I think that and, and then the, the whole Michael killing Libby and Anna Lucia thing, like just, 
you know, I don't, and I don't know if they, if the writers were sort of trying to pick up on reactions the audience has had to that, and they sort of thought, well, the audience doesn't approve of that, and so we're going to sort of torture Michael a little bit because of that, or you know, the audience will feel happy about, you know, not happy in a conscious level, but will feel like he deserves it on some sort of subconscious level or something like right. that, because it, it does seem like he just didn't get the same sort of. Um, I don't know, attention or something other characters got. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of making it feel right in terms of what happens, you know. Christian shows up, you can go now, Michael. Boom. Right. And it's like, that. if that's not bad enough, you know, he we find out he's stuck on the island. It's like, okay, well. He really couldn't no. go. Yeah, even even like you can go now, boom, you know, you you might think, but I think we see, you know, a lot goes to see Walt later, but it's like you could sort of assume up until that point, oh, well, maybe he gets sent back to New York or something. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't happen, and so it's just like, well, sorry, Michael, you got this. You know, some people just got a crappy existence and sort of into the stick here, and I, I like that to a degree that that the island sort of seems unbiased, even though some people got better results, which might sort of imply a bias. But, uh, you know, it was just like some people just really got, you know, Arnst just blew up. Sorry. You know, uh, you know, (laughs) Alana just blew up. Sorry. You know, nothing grand about that. Nothing sort of unfair in a sort of specific sense. And uh, so it's just bad luck or something. You know, some people just get a crappy ending and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I like the unapologetic quality of that, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it as much if so many of the, like, lame-o characters didn't get a happy walk into the life. Mm-hmm. I just, that, it just, but, I mean, I guess that makes it unfair, but to me it just seems like, it seems like it's outrageously unfair in Michael's case. I guess, you know, <sighs> they couldn't show... They couldn't show Walt. Like, they could kind of show Walt as older in the afterlife, but if they showed him like that, it would kind of be a giveaway or a weird thing. Like, they couldn't show it until the last minute, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is weird that Michael dies. You know, Christian Shepherd says, you can go now, and he says, uh, who are you? And that's that's the end for Michael. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if he's in this church scene, he sees Christian, like, you! Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Like that should just be crazy. I feel like Locke should be thinking the same thing. Like he should be like, ah, you're the you're the guy. Yeah, you know, you get the sense that um, that Locke knows that's not the real. You know, that he wasn't dealing with the real Christian. Like I, I don't know. I think there, there's some sense that after their death, they're sort of fully aware of what was going on somehow. Yeah. You know, otherwise Locke is walking into eternity thinking, you know, Christian Shepherd, the real Christian Shepherd had him do some stuff that got him killed and right. you know, you know and it's just like that's weird. Yeah. You know, they're just they're either just so at peace with it it doesn't matter or they kind of understand what was going on on some level and uh, and and can accept it that way. Right. Right. You know, I mean, but but you know, I don't know. Does Locke's memories only go up until when he died, you know, like yeah. Does he know that somebody was walking around in its body for a while afterwards? You know, <laughs> in a lot particular, the smoke monster. With. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. They didn't make clear whether he knows that or not. That's that's one of the things about this afterlife thing. I I would have. I know they don't have time to just like run through an encyclopedia of everyone telling everyone everything, but I I would like him to know that. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely feel like he died thinking that that was Jack's dad. Yeah. You know, because he said, "Tell my son," I said, "Hello," and he does that, and you know, I don't. I don't think he ever. He ever really knows who he was talking to, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the regular life. You know, the other thing they get with Michael, and and this is probably again probably unfair for his character, is they make him the example of you know people trapped on the island and that being yeah. whispers. They get yeah. to use him as the example. That's true. And you know, he says he's trapped for what he did, and I and I want to believe it's for something else, <laughs> like. Like there's some, or like I said before, my theory that he's not sort of specifically just trapped on the island and can't, you know, but he's more like he can't go into the afterlife until he does something, you know. So I feel like there's, like I hope he's not just doomed to eternity as a ghost on the island and that's it. Like that to me, that is unfair. But if it's, he's got some work to do in, in ghost wise or afterlife wise before he moves on, then that that sort of makes sense to me. You know, because he did he did some do some bad. The same way Ben feels like he's got work to do, something like yeah. that, you know. Right. And so if maybe maybe the idea is, you know, Michael is you know, I feel like these ghosts have to be somewhere when they're not on the island, when they're not just visible. So maybe maybe there's some sort of after uh purgatory thing that, that he's that he's dealing with and he can come to the island to talk to Hurley or something, but you know, but it's uh you know, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. They 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 got the the whispers answer out of him, so I I think that that was part of it. I'd like to believe that uh, what you're saying is right. I mean, I want something like that. I think his character deserves it. I mean, his character, you know, was definitely present as much as any character in season one. He had a bit of an absence in season two, but he came back. You know, he had a lot of stuff early on, and he came back in a big way at the end. And, you know, got a whole episode to himself. And, of course, then he disappeared for a while. He he got, you know, a whole episode in season four and some more appearances. There was there was something there. I think he, he also got screwed by the writer's strike. I think we would have seen more of Michael if it hadn't been for the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. So, but they wanted to kill him at the end. So he ended up sort of dying sooner than he would have otherwise. So I think that also made it worse that he didn't get as much uh time uh in terms of being on the show but he he's definitely been to me a more significant character than a Shannon what oh okay i believe it <laughs> so I, I i it just it, it uh it it just bugs me uh, cuz you know and also just more interesting i i just feel like he deserves better and even, I mean, his murders were not, you know, he didn't just murder people because he, you know, wanted power or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he 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 was trying to save Walt. I mean, he was doing something you can understand. It doesn't necessarily excuse it, but it's not, it's not the kind of murders Ben did. Yeah. You know, I mean. It, well, uh, again, I'll go back to my criteria. Maybe some sort of version of a criteria for the afterlife with this group saying, you know, you have to save somebody's life. Yeah. Or get or or some some big contribution like that. Yeah. And he definitely didn't do that. And but you know, if you look at the other side of it, 
in terms of the negative stuff he did, he's he's definitely not worse than Saeed. You know, I mean, you know, he has, you know, uh, uh, Michael has, you know, he, he killed one person on purpose, one person on accident, and sort of the whole situation he had sort of justifiable reasons for, yeah. uh, you know, or at least you could explain why he did it and sort of, re, you know, understand on some sort of sympathy or empathy level. Uh, as opposed to Saeed, who, yeah, he, you know, he killed a lot of people on and off the island. The, the, the sort of Widmore people he was trying to kill, you know, um, largely was predicated on vengeance um, yeah. from Nadia. So it's not exactly as sort of pure as trying to, you know, save a son. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but again, you know, his being manipulated by Ben... Uh, so yeah, it's like you can't say he's wor- any worse than than some of the people who end up there. Uh, but I think in terms of maybe the positive stuff he con- con- contributed, uh, which I think there were some. You know, the Braff was a big deal and stuff like sure. that. Uh, you I, know, his his helping. You know, the Kevin Johnson stuff. He tried to help and yeah, you and know, I he did think him spraying the 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 battery. You know, mm-hmm. definitely bought them time, and I think you know may have saved some lives. Yeah, yeah, I you definitely that definitely goes on the list. Um uh one of the things I want to mention about that though is what sense does it make that Christian even shows up there? Zero. <laughs> Given that that's smoky, right? I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean maybe that's supposed to be Christian coming back from the whatever the afterlife and and telling Michael he can die now and and somehow, you know, like it's not supposed to be ominous so much as shepherd shepherding or something and yeah. but it but it doesn't really work out or I don't know. I don't want to get too too far down that path cuz of just conjecture, but yeah. but in terms of just Smokey showing up, if that's Smokey uh, showing up and telling him you can go now seems to mean that Smokey wanted him to, uh, you know, uh, keep the keep the bomb from going off, you know, for some reason. And I, yeah. I can't imagine what reason that would be. You know, so it just seems weird to me that he would even come and appear to uh, Michael as if he was somehow involved in Michael being there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um yeah, it, the whole thing is confusing. At that point, he's sort of a Jacob representative, and he, it seemed like he was a totally different character back then. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the thing in the cabin sort of works. Uh, you know, that's moving the island to get away from the freighter. It is weird that he does this thing. I think we get whispers too, which is which is sort of wrong, I think. But I, it's uh, which might which might mean it's maybe it's real Christian or something. Yeah, you know they're tying it to dead people. Yeah, it could be, but I I feel like Christian isn't supposed to be trapped on the island. <laughs> well, that's you the know? thing. I don't think he is trapped on the island, but I think maybe he can visit the island. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I, it's, it's, look at look at look at Charlie visiting Hurley. You know, Charlie's not trapped on the island. He ends up in the afterlife, yet he comes to visit. Good point. You know, so I I feel like the times that we saw Christian Shepherd, some of those times were probably really Christian. And it will be probably, you know, some sometimes are obvious when it's smoky, but I feel like something like that, you know, is probably really Christian because I don't, I don't know why Smokey would do that, and and even, you know, uh, Christian telling Vincent to go wake his son up, like as interesting as it is that that's Smokey, <laughs> it's a little hard for me to believe that that's not really Christian, you know, in in some sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. 
It might be that they had a different plan for Christian. Uh, he definitely came across differently at a certain point. I, I, uh, since he has that interaction with Vincent, I, I want to say that's sort of real, that's smoky there. But And, you know, it's on the island. Like, I don't know why he does that exactly, but it's not as quite as weird as him appearing on the freighter before it blows up telling Michael to go now. Yeah, well, him, him, him telling uh, Vincent to go wake him up, I think, is a pretty good bookend in terms of getting Jack to start his path that Christian ends up waiting for him at the end of. Yes. That's you know, true. so I, I think it makes sense in that respect. That's true. But of course, Smokey was there doing stuff and manipulating. So it, it's yeah. a model, but I would have to say if, if, if those yeah. are the two instances, I would say were probably really Christian, if if any. Yeah. I, well, I think the other one that definitely should be Christian is the off island one. Yeah. When he comes to visit Jack at the hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that one. That one really shouldn't be smoky. No, who I can't mean, leave the island? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess I just you know the Christian who appears to Jack that he chases after. It just seems like that should be that's the same. Smoky. I think that's smoky though. Yeah, I mean he said yeah. it was, but it seems like that should be the same Christian as the one that gets uh, Vincent to wake him up. I I I feel like they're doing the same kind of thing. And, and so I think that one is smoky. The freighter one I'll take being the real Christian and the off Island one, definitely the real Christian. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think there's room for a real Christian there. Yeah. It's just, it's fairly restricted though. I think most of the time it's, it's a smoky thing. Yeah. The conference is scheduled to be broken down automatically in five minutes to extend the time by 60 minutes. Press star eight. I think we're the only podcast on TalkShoe that has to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one goes this long. Um. All right. So, so, so what scene are we on? The Hurley and Ben thing. Hurley and Ben, and then Kate and Jack. Kate and Jack. Oh, Kate tells them to go inside because mm-hmm. they're waiting for him, and he's got to. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna leave. All right. Well. I can't wait to see where that's going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the next scene we have, uh, we're outside the light cave. Jack awakens uh, on some rocks, and he manages to get up and makes his way into the jungle. All right. Go, Jack. Go, Jack. All right, so the next scene here... Um, we're back at the island outside the light cave. Jack awakens on top of some rocks. Uh, he manages to get up and makes his way into the jungle. Uh, so the next scene, uh, we're flash, uh, flash sideways world at the church. Jack walks up the back stairs and enters a room filled with items from various religions. He goes to the back room and notices a coffin. He touches the coffin and gets flashes from the island. He touches it again and sees important moments uh, on the island. Then he opens the coffin and finds that it's empty. I guess we'll just go into the next part. Um, you ready? Yes. All right. I'm not. <clears throat> You're not. No. I'll just make a quick comment that uh, I think 
I think Jack wakes up uh, where the man in black did. So. Say that again? I think Jack wakes up where the man in black did. Jack wakes up where the man in black did? Yeah. Oh, in the on the island. Okay. On the island, really? Yeah. I thought you meant Jack touching the coffin. You know, his waking up oh. was where the man in black did. So that was really confusing. Whoa. For various reasons. That would be really confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. Jack came out of the the area, whatever the exit to that place is. You know, wherever the water leads out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has some kind of exit point thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Man in Black appears to have been dead. It's possible he was killed before he even got thrown in there, at least on the verge of death. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you could probably even say, uh, you know, Jacob killed him when he when he hit his head on the rock. And yeah, he that's just what went, I was he thinking. He just went down there dead. Yeah. Yeah. We can go so many ways. Yeah, we didn't really see it. Um. All right. So. <clears throat> so this next scene, yeah, Justin and I will be reading it. Uh, this this pivotal moment here. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so Jack. Opens the coffin, sees his cushion is not in there, and then closes it. And from behind him, he hears, hey, kiddo. Dad? Hello, Jack. I, I don't understand. You died. Yeah. Yes, I did. Then... How are you here right now? How are you here? I died too. They embrace each other. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, son. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Are you real? I sure hope so. Yeah, I'm real. You're real. Everything that's ever happened to you is real. All those people in the church, they're all real too. They're all... They're all dead? Everyone dies sometime, kiddo. Some of them before you... Some long after you. But why are they all here now? Well, there is no now here. Where are we, Dad? This is a place that you that you all made together so that you could find one another. The most important part of your life was the time you spent with these people. That's why all of you are here. Nobody does it alone, Jack. You needed all of them, 
and they needed you. For what? To remember and to let go. Kate, she said we were leaving. Not leaving, no. Moving on. Where are we going? Let's go find out. Okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. Next scene. Um, Jack and Christian enter the main part of the church to see Rose, Bernard, Charlie, Claire, baby Aaron, Saeed, Shannon, Hurley, Libby, Sun, Jen, Boone, Sawyer, Kate, Desmond, Penny, and last but not least, John Locke, gathering and reuniting. John shakes Jack's hand and says they've been waiting for him. Simultaneously, Jack on the island approaches his final resting place. Back at the church, Jack hugs Desmond, then Boone. We see Jack on the island passing through a bamboo field where a single shoe still hangs from a tree. Jack uh, hugs Hurley, who picks him up. Um, Saeed, Shannon, and son admire baby Aaron along with Charlie and Claire. Jack and James hug. Then Kate grabs Jack's hand, and they all take a seat in the pews. On the island, Jack finds the spot where he first woke up on the island and lays down. We see the final images of our losties and Christian as Christian walks down the aisle. Vincent on the island finds Jack and lays next to him in his final moments. At the church, Christian walks back to the back of the church and opens the double doors and lets a beautiful bright white light into the church that fills the entire room. Jack watches as Frank, Miles, Charlie, I'm sorry, this is on the island. Jack watches as Frank, Miles, Richard, Claire, Sawyer, and Kate fly to safety on the Ajira plane. Back of the church, light fills the entire room. And on the island, we see Jack's single eye closed, ending like the show began. Lost. Oh. Yet somehow found. <laughs> I really think that's the, the the big irony of the show. Yeah, yeah, they're not they. Yeah, they're not lost anymore. No, everyone's found. Found. They found each other. Uh, exactly. Mhm. Exactly. Well, you know. You know that that this last scene is so you know obviously emotional and uh, it's like the fifth time I've been through this thing and mm-hmm. then having then having to sort of uh, read it out was uh, another level of like okay now we're the characters doing it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I really couldn't I, I it was Jack's going through a lot I I don't think I really yeah. did full justice to his emotions in that scene but yeah. I don't have what it takes to be an actor like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on there, but um so anyway, uh you know, it's this is this is the end of Lost here. Yeah, final this images. Is, this is where it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this. I guess we have to. Yeah, we should uh, we could just not talk about this one part of Lost. We'll leave this you know, this will be like uh, Desmond's book, you know. Yes, yes. 
Right so, before we die, we'll podcast about this scene. <laughs> this will be our final podcast. <laughs> Thoughts on this? Yeah. Oh, man. So, all right. So, I guess we'll start at the beginning here. Um, yeah. So, Jack goes into the room, and there's obviously a multi-face, you know, items and paraphernalia and imagery and stuff. Yeah. Pretty, fairly deliberate. Even though it's actually in a church, you know, they did try to make it um, eclectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I don't think any actual Christian church would really have that much stuff from other religions, but <laughs> you know, it's uh it's a sideways church, I guess. Mhm. So uh so it can have whatever it wants. Yeah. Um I'd like to imagine that uh that there was also atheist and agnostic items in there, but <laughs> But that would be, of course, invisible. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, the the weird thing about it, I when people do that, it's always weird because I, I really don't think, I mean, I'm no expert, but I would guess that there, there's no uh, religion whose uh, doctrine would actually support what they show us in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in you know in any kind of detail, so yeah. I really think they're repudiating them all, even at the same time while saying somehow, you know, they're all good and they're all the same and they're all saying something like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I think it, you know, showing Christian in the in the church going to the door and then the light coming in and the angels on the two sides, it's. It's it's conforming to sort of pop culture Christian imagery, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. It's you know, it's an American show. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think, you know, officially speaking, I I don't think I don't think a hardcore Christian would really agree with what they've portrayed here. I mean, I don't think most of these characters really did what they're supposed to do to even get a nice place in the afterlife like this. Yeah, they're not trying to validate any one religion. You know, that'd be, I think, weird for pretty much any show to do to yeah. say at the end of it. You know what? By the way, <laughs> these guys are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't expect the show to do this, but it's clear. I mean, some of the characters were religious, but many of them were never shown having religious beliefs at all, and it, mm-hmm. it definitely seems like this this afterlife accepted just about everybody. Except for Michael, because mm-hmm. he did something unforgivable. But uh, you know, it didn't seem to mind. You know, whether they were religious or not, how observant they were, stuff like that. It was just kind of a blanket thing that they all got to do. Yeah. Um. So I so I appreciated that. I I'm not. Uh, it seems like Christian's coffin being empty is sort of a callback to. Well, it seems like, of course it is, to, to him finding the coffin empty originally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it leaves me wondering, like, what was, in, what was in that coffin? Was nothing in that coffin? Like, he, he, he should have had the memory, at least, of, you know, having his father's body put in a coffin and, and then, you know, put, you know, taken to the airport, you know, to get mm-hmm. on the plane. So it made me wonder, like, all that 
all those shots of the coffin. Like, was it empty, or did he actually get up and walk out of it? Like, I don't quite know how to how to take this. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I think I think the coffin. Um, I mean, I, I you know, I guess it depends on your your view of the uh, flash sideways world. You know, like if if things can just sort of happen. You know, I mean, obviously there's you know limited reality here. But uh, you know, if if Christian can get up and walk out, and or or for instance, like you know, just have never been there, then I guess that's fine. You know, um, you know, like I, you know, like I, I think he's got some sort of, he seems to have some sort of, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say otherworldly presence that doesn't have much context here because everything does. But uh, you know what I mean? Like he seems to be sort of like above sort of what's going on. So yeah. it seems to me like like maybe he was just sort of not really ever in the coffin and it was just the concept of Christian being dead is what Jack remembers. But it was like, you know, sort of in this world, Christian never like died like that. Yeah. If, if the world really just starts with them being on A15. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But – you know, so it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I guess, you know, to me, I think it, it still makes you wonder where's his where's his body in the real world. Yeah. You know, I guess it just fell out somewhere. Yeah, we never found um, it. Yeah, but it's the same kind of thing of not seeing a coffin and then seeing Christian Shepherd walk around. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. It, it is odd to me. I mean, it makes sense since they're closing it out and it's coming – full circle but you know christian shepherd was in in flashbacks he was uh you know for the most part a kind of negative presence in jack's life um you know uh an alcoholic he he didn't uh have a you know he told jack he didn't have what it takes uh uh you know he had this uh daughter that he barely ever saw and you know he was just not not exactly the best guy in the world and and that's that's sort of the real christian and then um on the island it was mostly uh mostly the smoke monster <laughs> appearing mm-hmm. as him uh and you know delivering uh kind of frightening messages at times uh so he's been i mean he's been mostly a negative presence uh it's weird to have him be sort of the 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 good guy who comes in and you know mm-hmm. races Jack and leads them all into the light you know it just seems like such a such a giant U turn from where his character started you know well I think I think it depends on how you look at his character in terms in terms of the relationship with Jack and I think the whole point of his relationship with Jack was a lot of it was was he was trying to get Jack to sort of you know get over his issues. And so basically, you know, and and obviously Jack rebelled against that and and, and gets and against uh, Christian's approach. Uh, and I think the idea is, you know, well, by the end of it, Jack sort of sort of you know realizes what his father was trying to do to a certain degree. You know, uh, this whole idea of you know believing that he has what it takes, or you know, or you know whatever whatever. It seems like he Christian was trying to prod Jack into being a certain kind of person. And so at the end of, end of it, you know, in this scene here, you know, Christian's there to welcome him and sort of saying, like, you've, you've made it into that kind of person. Yeah. You know, so I think it's like, you know, it, seems, it starts out as a negative for Jag, but he's, I think he sort of realizes to some degree what his father was trying to do, you know, or at least the sort of general meaning of, of sort of the concepts they kept saying and the idea of letting go and stuff like that, you know. 
So I think he, he, he's a positive in, in, at the end of the road. He, it's a sort of positive thing that he's the one who, you know, he's the catalyst for Jack, you know. Right. You know, yeah. if Jack didn't have those issues when he came to the island, you know, things might have been a lot different. Yes. You know? Yes. So, so I think in that sense he's not just completely negative, and, it, and I think it sort of fits with him being there to sort of guide him to the next part since he sort of, you know, guided him, you know, in the, sort of in the beginning. Yeah. 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 And that was, I mean, this is the, you know, this is the scene that um, seemed inevitable. I mean, it seemed inevitable they'd have to bring him and Christian back together at some point. And, I, you know, what else would they do but some kind of reconciliation? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's just curious. Uh, but I, I understand what you're saying. That that makes sense. Um, the other thing that jumps out at me a little bit in this scene is that, you know, Christian Shepard says, uh, the most uh, the most important time uh, of your life um, was the time that you spent with these people, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, at least uh, you know the living Christian never you know never knew uh, about that. You know, he died before Jack even mm-hmm. you know met the people mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part. So. So he didn't really know that. So I, it does come across like Christian maybe knows a little more than living Christian did. Oh, I, I totally think so. I mean, he, he would have to, to to know what he says in that whole paragraph there, that whole right. line about, you know, he, he tells Jack what this place is, you know. Yes. There's no reason he should know anything more than Jack knows. Yeah, uh, about any of this stuff. So, so yeah, I think I think I think that they they just set him up as the, you know, as the as the shepherd, I hate to say that, but you know he's he's the guy who's who's leading Jack, and Jack is the guy who's leading everyone else. Right, right, yeah. I think I think you know yeah they get a lot of good emotion, but also I think this scene is helpful just to clarify what we're watching, you mm-hmm. know, for them to tell us okay here's you know here's the deal. Yeah, it's an architect scene. Like someone needs to say. Yeah straightforward like what's going on and yeah you know they answer the questions okay is this real right you know, what they're all dead now are we all dead yeah you know, why are they okay okay why are they here now so it's like they they get through some of the big just like straightforward stuff they, they need to tell the audience but it, yeah you know, the basic since christian is doing it it gives him this authority the basic things that you know, could could easily if they left it out, you could easily get all kinds of theories about what we're watching. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they didn't have him make clear, you know, stuff like that, like you know, some died before you, some long after you, like that, immediately eliminates they all died in the plane crash. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So not to mention other problems with that, you know, like Desmond not even being in the plane crash, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it, but that, you know, that line sweeps that away and everything happened to you is real. Like, so we're not seeing some kind of, you know, uh, dying thoughts of Jack or something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it's not a dream. It's not Vincent's dream, whatever, you know, it's, it's an actual thing. Yeah. You know, the events are real. Uh, the other the other thing that uh, jumped out at me was again about that line. The most important time of your life was the time you spent with these people. The the line I kind of expected to hear was was the time you spent on that island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's not about the island. 
Mm-mm. It's about the people. It's yeah. It's about spending time with the people, and and sort of the island is a moot point for everyone in this uh, in this uh, world. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it seems like they're overlooking the impact the island played, but it wasn't the important part, you know. Yeah. The important part was that he's with those people, you know. Right. Right. I just, I think that really hammers home, like, you know, what the, what the primary focus is supposed to be. Yeah. You know, it's the people. And again, that's sort of what makes me want to say, you know, they could have ended up on some, in some other place and still had, you know, still had this outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't have to well, be. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what makes me think they're, like, my whole, they're intrinsically connected idea that, you know, they would find each other pretty much anywhere. Because I thought you were saying earlier that, that's, that without the island, they wouldn't be connected. Well, I was saying that, but what I'm saying now is, is not, not in contrast to that, but just to say that, um, you know, if, if, they, if they were in a plane crash that crashed in, in in uh, a large mountain range in, in South America or something, and, mm-hmm. and they were stranded there for, you know, some significant period of time and, and you know, um, were, 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 you know, connected by that sort of series of events. Um, I feel like they could have had still had this outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, like it didn't require um, the mysterious island. Yeah. I think that's supposed to be true. Produce this. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean what I'm sort of saying is is if the plane hadn't crashed and they all went their separate ways, then I don't think this happens. But I think it isn't required that they crash on that island to make this work. You know? Mm-hmm. That's sort but of if, what... they're, if they're connected, why would they go their separate ways? Because wouldn't the connections keep them together? Yeah, yeah. It just seems to me like, you know, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's a fine line. I mean, I I I just I I land more on the side that the connection is 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 there, but it's sort of there because they all crashed on the island because they had. Those. You're just saying they're connected. After, like the point of connection starts when they're in some incident together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm saying. I that that's how I sort of see it. I mean, I know they're sort of more connected than that. That's not the whole story, but yeah, I, I sort of feel like you know, if they had all died before they got on the plane or something for some bizarre reason, you know, then then I don't see this scenario playing out. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't either because they hadn't, you know, they hadn't strengthened their connections. Yeah. You know, they 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 definitely need they definitely need something to you know to make them sort of be together and 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 sort of an isolated situation like that heightens that. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like I I I want the island to tie in more in a way, but I I feel like it really, you know, the island was the was was the 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 thing that allowed them all to to connect. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the losses weren't, uh, you know, in terms of the island, I think ultimately it's like, you know, just another group of people who came there. Yeah. You know, you could have another show called Lost that was about other people who came to that island. Yeah. And it might it might not end this way. You know, it might yeah. not end with these people going to this place and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I always knew from the beginning of the show, like, okay, most of these characters, they have no idea what this island is, all of them. They have no idea what this island is. They don't know what's going on. And they don't particularly want to know mm-hmm. a lot of those answers. But I guess I always imagined, you know, somehow they'll end up caring eventually. Yeah. You know, and, of course, they care about a few things. And so we do get, you know, certain certain issues addressed over the over the course of the show but uh but for the most part you know most of them never it doesn't seem like they ever really cared to know the answers to all these bizarre mysteries no they really didn't you know it wasn't about that at all that wasn't the most important part of their lives yeah unexplained stuff weird stuff that happened it was these it was these smaller things and i think with jack it's it's nice that it's a lot of his moments are, are, you know, him doing the big heroic deeds. Like it shows him, you know, saving people in the plane crash. It shows him saving Charlie. It shows him uh, uh, calling the freighter. You know, it has it has those those sort of big, uh, you know, Jack sort of being the leader moments. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, uh, that's appropriate. I mean, there, there were some there were some other things thrown in there, um, but I think Jack had less less of a kind of uh, uh, pointless bonding scenes than some of the other characters had, and I say pointless in in a nice way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they showed some shots of him and Kate and suggested yeah. some some of their moments. Um, yeah, but, and there's a little moment when Sawyer told him about meeting his dad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from uh, from Exodus or something. I think. Uh, so, so they, yeah, they had that, they had that stuff in there too. Yeah, he had he had a pretty good range of of, of stuff to show. Yeah, 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 and there was a couple of bits from season six. Kate uh, pointing the gun at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, fairly, fairly representative, but yeah, again, you know, not, not the crazier stuff. Yeah. You know, um, not the time they went to the lighthouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a very, and you know, Sawyer's not remembering the cave and, you know, the, the, or the time traveling, and you know, so it's yeah. It's, the, the, it's like the island didn't make a connection with them. It's it's the people who did. That's the that's the impact that they're remembering. Exactly, exactly. And the mysteries that they encountered, the strange stuff, was not, you know. And I can understand that. I mean, and you know, re, from a realistic point of view, you know, things happen that I don't understand, and I don't necessarily ever figure out or even care to figure out what the, what it was. Yeah. You know, it's easy to just kind of move on. There's some explanation there, you know, 
but not not every character is going to be like, damn it, you know, what was that? Mm-hmm. I never I never understood where the smoke monster came from. Like no one ever really knew that. Yeah. You know. And uh, I guess I imagine one day, you know, I figured some characters might never care, but yeah, I, when I envision ending the show, I definitely, I imagine something like what happened with Jack sort of going to the heart of the island and performing some task there. That that was basically what I had in mind, but I guess I thought by that point, you know, he would know so much about it, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of he would know what he was doing and it would be like, Oh yes, he has to do that because you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of what I imagined. And it, it never really was that. No. Although Jack did, you know, feel like he was destined or he had to, you know, save the, the island. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he did, he did consider that something important to do. And, you know, sort of dies after you know quickly after doing that. Yeah, well, you know, he tells Kate it's the only thing he hasn't ruined, and so I think he he feels you know I think it's you know he, Jack has a thing about people who have died under his watch, and I think he doesn't want the island to be another casualty, and he's like, okay, well, I want to save this thing because you know it's. You know, and I don't know to the extent that he wants to say that you know that he even believes that the light is important, you know. But it's I think, I think he does feel like it needs to be saved, and I don't think he understands why. But he feels like, you know, again, everything happens for what's happening for a reason, and right. and uh, all of you know, he doesn't want John Locke to have died for nothing, and you know, so it's like I think there's a ton of stuff that's in his mind, you know, sort of making him think he should go do this. Yeah, you know he doesn't he doesn't want the the years that he spent you know and the, and the countless people who died to be like well in the end the island just is destroyed and you know that sucks right right yeah yeah I see um the the other thing that stands out a bit is um uh you. This is a place that you all made together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did. I don't really believe that they consciously did that. I mean, a number of these characters died. You know. Oh yeah, I don't think he's saying it's conscious. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, it sort of can't be if they didn't know about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just saying they they sort of their their connections made that place. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I think if it was like something like, you know, if it was two of them that were greatly connected, that might not be enough. Right. You know, but somehow like it was it was enough of them that were so important to, uh, you know, the rest of them that um, that they that they could, could create this thing. Yeah. 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 I see. OK. Yeah, that's how I view it, at least. Yeah, I guess when when he says that, it makes me want to imagine them all getting together and, you know, let's make ourselves a place to meet up when yeah. they're all dead. And obviously that scene didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it's just something that, uh, it's just something that was like a, a byproduct of what happened. Yeah. So they, they made it, but not, not necessarily uh, knowingly. And I think that's really the single biggest reason that you can say the island mattered, sort of in the long run of their afterlife. 
Right. You know, because they got to have this place that 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 seemed to be important for them to to have and to use to to let go. Right. And move on. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that so the idea does seem to be that. And so when he's when he's talking about this place, I I guess he means the whole flash sideways world. Mhm. I I'm like a, a small part of me wants, wants to say he sort of means this this church. Yeah. You know, cuz it seems like it sort of applies to that too. Mhm. Like some of them you know, some of them just go to the church and we don't even see how they even know to go there. Yeah. You know, so it, it comes across like like they're programmed or something. Like once they get their full memories back and they understand that they're dead, they also know that they have to go to this church place. You know, it's like they're activated or something. Yeah, I think he's speaking more generally and globally because I think, you know, they sort of find each other before they get to the church, you know, some of them. Right. You know, so I think it's like, it's generally the whole flash sideways. They're, you know, trying to explain the flash sideways world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just uh, which would include which would include the church. Yes. Yes. So it sort of answers that too. Right. Right. Yeah. The church is is some kind of gateway or something to get out of there. But it's uh, but it's a part of the world as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that's what we get to explain this stuff that we've been watching this whole time. Yep. Um, well, you get. <laughs> um. So yeah, they uh, uh, they needed to remember and to let go. It's weird because it seems like there's a little more to it than that. Um. You know, it seems like there's it seems like there's other reasons you might be there. Um. You know, I mean, maybe that's the goal, but it seems like, you know, particularly with uh, with Miss Hawking and and with Ben, sort of remembering isn't. I guess I guess they have to get to the letting go part. Yeah, they just haven't gotten to the let go part. Yeah, yeah. So you have to both remember and get to a point where you're ready to let go. I guess let go of your past your your problems whatever you know whatever you're hung up on yeah um but it's it's just uh yeah okay okay well now that i talk through it it seems to make sense Mm -hmm. uh that'll be one (laughs) hundred dollars wow gonna charge for that i'm a psychiatrist okay uh, just when you said that, it makes me think, you know, someone in a in a uh, in a session like, well, thanks, Doc. Now that I talked about it, I understand that. Mhm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll pay you later. All right. Um, what else is going on here? So, so yeah, so Christian doesn't tell Jack where they're going because then we'd have to know. Uh, so he just said, "Let's go find <laughs> of out." Of course, of course. I that's that's the I understand what I mean. What are they? What is he going to say there? Mm-hmm. Like I I understand why they didn't want to. You know, let's leave that open. You know, the the way they present it definitely makes it look like some kind of some kind of heavenly place. Yeah. You know, 
where where they're past all of their problems and hang ups and they've just they've just let go of them and I just I don't know, imagine them sort of floating around as these, you know, free spirits or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Um so uh getting um getting into the uh getting into the church part, uh another thing that I mean just generally uh I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I just there's a lot of lingering issues that I think aren't addressed, and it would get tedious probably to sort of have a scene where you address all the lingering issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're going to do that later in a segment, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's a good point. But no, I mean, I mean like the lingering personal issues. You yeah, know, yeah. That the characters have, like stuff that would actually be relevant. Obviously they're not gonna sit around and talk about the blast door map or something. Mm-hmm. You know, but like like for example, you know, it feels like I, I wanted a Said and Ben, like some kind of some kind of conclusion to that. Um maybe you know, I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird to leave it with uh with uh you know, there's still time, not for me. And then what Saeed does later it just seems uh I don't know. Seems weird not to not to have more finality with their with their whole whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing was like there was a period of time, basically season three on, where Locke, you know, Locke was a kind of rogue character, you know, going around, he you know, he blows up the submarine, preventing Jack from leaving and then he shows up at the end and kills Naomi to try to stop her from calling the freighter, mm-hmm. you know. And then at the beginning of season four, Jack, that famous moment where Jack basically tries to shoot Locke in the face, <laughs> point blank, and you know doesn't just because the gun isn't loaded, you know. Um, and then Locke, you know, goes off, you know, breaks off with his own people. Most of those people, I mean, the red shirts all end up dead, and you know that that's just a complete failure. Uh, Alex gets killed as a part of that whole thing. Um, so, and then, you know, the time travel starts and then Locke comes back to the real world and everyone rejects him, (laughs) you know, you're crazy, you're a crazy old man. What are you talking about? You know, and, and it just, it feels like Locke, you know, Rose had that line in season four. I'm not going anywhere with that man, you know, and Locke's just in here, like no problem anymore. It just seems weird to me because he didn't really leave these people on a good note, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it well, that's the thing. I think I think you're you're illustrating the fact. Your whole point here, I think, is illustrating the fact that if they if they would stop to talk about these things, it would prove they're not ready to let go. So the, that's why they don't talk about these things because they already let that stuff go. That which is why they're here. I see. Yeah, I mean, I if, do. You know, I do sort of see all the Jack Locke stuff that they did as a. Uh, you know, as a way of, as a way of symbolically working through slash letting go of their conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's sort of what we were watching there. So Jack and Locke, I guess I can live with, but yeah, just I don't know. It feels like a lot of the other characters should be more, should have more issues with Locke than they do. But I, you're right. I mean, if they're there, they've let go. It just feels to me like they haven't earned letting go. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't I don't quite buy it. The lock and bend scene was was appropriate. Like that's you know that needed to happen definitely, but it just seems to me like there's 
um, you know, there's there's more more than that lingering in the air. I mean, I think that's the you know that's the thing. Like the only thing they could do is talk about it. You know, in that what is what does that get them? You know, I mean, you could trade apologies or explain your position or why you did that, and it's just like none of that matters. They're dead. That was right. their past. That was their past life. So, you know, it's you know you got the lock and bend scene, which seems to say you know there's sort of something they you know you can get out of it. You know, yeah. on, on a sort of personal level, but like you know. That, I think that's as far as it sort of goes. Like I don't, you know, I I think it makes sense that that they are just as soon as they wake up, they're ready to move on. Because that's the thing. Like Locke didn't come to Ben and say, "Why'd you kill me?" You know, Ben was yeah. the one who wasn't ready to let go and was still felt the need to talk about the past and explain his explain what happened. And so so he's the example of that. Like you know, and Locke was just like, "Okay, I'm fine." Like you know, I accept your apology, or whatever. Uh, so it's like once they wake up and, and once they're ready to just to go, you know, it's it's done with. They like they don't have any problems whatsoever, which is nice and you know nice and neat sort of. But uh, right, it's sort of you know they have to sort of be like that. Yeah, yeah, or it doesn't work. But yeah, so I guess Locke was okay with not understanding. Mm-hmm. He just got understanding as a bonus. Yeah, but he didn't even uh, he didn't even require that. No, I get it. I get it. It's just it's just a little dramatically unsatisfying. It's sort of like magic. They all all is forgiven. All is well. Let's move on. They're in purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is like magic. <laughs> Yeah, I just uh I I would have liked to have seen a more organic development of that. But I again, I with the conceit that they've gone with with this purgatory thing, it's clearly the right way to do it. I I, I guess yeah. I'm, I'm just saying something that I I guess I'm just saying another thing about this purgatory plotline that I find a bit unsatisfying. Mhm. Yeah, you know, I was going to say earlier that um you know, the writers are really lucky. I love these characters, and therefore, you know, I'm very satisfied with them having a happy ending. You know, I feel yeah. like, you know, so it's like, I feel like the this ending, you know, sort of could have not worked way, you know, uh, worked less for me, I guess. Uh, but uh, But it's hard not to enjoy seeing the characters be happy and, and sort of just get to get to sort of um, do something grand and, and, and that kind of thing, move on and that stuff. So it's like, you know, the more I watch the, the, the finale, the more I like it sort of. And um, even though there's still issues with it and even though it's not the ending I would, you know, want to see at least, uh, even if I saw it and didn't like it, I still want to see my version of the ending, you know, yeah, so just to see how it would play out, but um, right, you know. But like I said, it's hard to not just enjoy the characters having these little moments and uh, and then sort of going off. And and I agree with you, you know, with your point in general that I would definitely like more. And you know, like we said before, I just want them to hang out at a party and have a couple of drinks. Yeah, and just all chat all night long. Yeah, you know, just just hang out and talk about what you were doing. What when I was doing this? Yeah. And, 
You know, you saw the four toe statue win. Yes. You know, like what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's the kind of stuff they don't do on TV. But I would, you know, I would like to see that somehow. <laughs> Me too. That's sort of what I wanted the concert to be. But you know, yeah. like what I'm asking for is character stuff. You know, mm-hmm. particularly like I, I even feel somewhat unsatisfied on the character level, and I think that's that's a bigger problem for me than than mm-hmm. the than the mysteries that I might have wanted solved. Yeah. It it isn't it isn't the worst. I agree. It it does sort of grow on you a little bit and, and I, I do appreciate it in, in a way. I think I will like do you have your preferred ending in mind? You know, I I would have wanted something like one of my crackpot theories where where, you know, like I said, the, the the big things that I wanted that didn't sort of happen was a sort of very concrete uh, connection from the Flash Sideways world to the real world with, you know, sort of along under that, you know, the subheading of that idea would also be something like the incident created it and, you know, Juliet was right, it did work, you know, and and so so that's sort of the first big thing. And then the next thing would be something like, you know, it the the Flash Sideways world has some sort of, you know, like I said before, like, it sort of loops back into the real world somehow at the end of the of the show versus the flash side world flash sideways world, you know, sort of going to to a new direction. Uh and so I you know, I think I would have wanted something like that and sort of also tying in with the flash sideways world coming back into the real world, having something to do with defeating uh the man in black, you know, one of my crackpot ideas about, you know, he gets trapped in that world and the Flash Sideways world, and then they decide to, you know, leave it, therefore, you know, leaving him there to his own world with, like, you know, something tragic, like, he gets to, he gets to sort of leave the island, you know, he's, he's like, somehow brought to L.A., or somehow brought to the real, the sort of Flash Sideways world, but, like, not on the island, necessarily, yeah. you know, or he has, like, free reign, but, like, no one's there. Right. You know, so he's just, like, stuck in this world with no people or something like that. And that's yeah. like, well, how do you like that now? You know, like, you got to have the freedom you wanted, but now you get to see that, like, there's no one for you to interact with and you just are on your own. And, is, you know, is he really going to be happy with that? Right. Right. I see. Something like that, you know, where some of the big things that were going on just sort of converge and sort of have a have a meaning because they're interconnected and, and not sort of like this ending where there's this whole sort of separate thing. Yeah. That yeah. leads to a sort of new thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I think, um, well, I'm not a writer, so I don't really have a ending that I wanted specifically in mind. But what I will say is I think I – prefer this ending to an ending where, uh, you know, a theory I heard floating around was that the Flash Sideways was, an, well, it still is an epilogue, but an epilogue in the sense that it's just an alternate universe and that basically at the end of the show, all the characters would go over there. <laughs> you know, all the characters from the island, from the original uh, timeline, would have their consciousnesses or something transferred and just kind of live happily ever after in the uh, Flash Sideways universe, which would, which would, under this theory, be 
a normal universe, just, mm-hmm. you know, more or less a copy. Like a parallel. Yeah, of the one they came out of, not something you can just leave when you wake up or whatever. Just They would just go on with normal life um, mm-hmm. in the flash sideways, you know. That's yeah. a that's a version I heard. Don't like it. I prefer this to that a lot. Yeah. So, so because uh, even though they did an epilogue, they did it where all the characters are dead. And even though I don't like an afterlife, I do like the idea that it ends with them all dead. It's a very final ending. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't it doesn't leave you it doesn't leave you open. Uh, too much it doesn't just kind of leave the characters hanging too much yeah you know so so i like the finality of it um there's just i i think since they were going in the in a character direction i you know and i, I always said that i you know I, I found the flash sideways to be very interesting and intoxicating early in the season but i didn't really understand why it was echoing the you know, but now, I mean, that's, you know, that's just been completely destroyed. I mean, it's literally, <laughs> it's literally created by the, by the original characters. It's built so. to echo the world so that they are, you know, it's put in their face what, what the truth is. Yeah, exactly. So those, those connections, those like coincidences or something are actually design things, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, of course it's echoing, you know, the world they came from. I mean, they created this place. Yeah. You know, that's what their that's what their connections were, you know, those little those little things that they referenced, you know, lock suicide note and you know uh uh Ethan and Claire and, and Juliet and Son and Jin and you know, like all that stuff was you know comes from you know, comes from you know, what what their connections were. Mhm. So, so I, so that, you know, that kind of exciting, I guess, you know, they did a good job for me of building it up and I, I, you know, I, I really wanted some kind of crazy celebration, something like what you have in mind, but maybe a little more, a little more over the top, but some kind of, some kind of celebration of, of the characters and who they were. And they sort of did that, but it was, it was not exactly the tone I wanted, (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't exactly have an ending that I wanted, but I like I like I like a lot of parts of it. I like the build up, and I like it better than some things. But it's just I mean, for a show like this, you know, we've talked about it a lot, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, and I just, um, you know, I I had such high expectations for the ending. I just I wanted it to be I wanted it to f- fulfill all my wishes about lost, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, we're finally here and now this is the last thing we're going to get. So like everything I've, I've wanted to see has got to be here. So, so I, it's, it was probably inevitable to be let down by almost anything they did. Mm-hmm. You know, I think your version of the story could have been interesting. I think, I definitely think that one thing that was undersold was um, the, the man in black's ending. Yeah. And I think your ending is better for Man in Black than what they did. Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more of, of the defeat of him to be harder and more spectacular. And and again, uh, sort of his defeat should also be, in my opinion, tied into 
Jacob bringing the losses there sort of for that reason, which is uh, which is sort of true. We, we, we sort of glean that, yeah. of course, he sort of did want someone to take over and so who could, who could kill Man Black. But it was so, like, sort of, you know, very, very uh, down-to-earth, you know, the way to kill him at the end, you know, by virtue of the plug. Right. Versus, versus an idea of Jacob sort of trying to construct this grand plan and using the losties to create a parallel universe that will, you know, later be used to defeat the man in black. Yeah. Something like that. He thinks he gets off the island, but he really goes to the parallel universe and Right. And, you know, he's sort of tricked or something in this grand way. Yeah. Instead of just pummeled and shot and kicked off a cliff, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I had high hopes for this episode too. You know, I I was really, really confident that they would just blow us all away because every finale always did and every, you know, loss loss really sort of never, you know, took a step back. You know, it was always sort of about going forward and bigger and better and mm-hmm. and you had some new idea and then the next new idea was better than that and so it was it was always sort of this forward momentum with the show, and, and so I was expecting this finale to just be something no one could have ever guessed. Yeah. Um, you know, like like I said, I threw out crazy ideas like, you know, alien stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, alternate dimension stuff, and, you know, just like I thought, okay, they're, they're, they're happy with sci-fi, so maybe they can give us a sci-fi answer right. to these sort of fantasy mysteries. Uh, and... Um, you know, and they went, you know, they went with something that's closer along the lines that someone could guess, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, not to say if they went with something I thought of that I, no one would maybe be able to guess it because I guessed it. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, something that was just, you know, again, for a, a, a big idea from season one, you know, for, well, a big idea from the pilot, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's a little disappointing, I think, but, but I think they, they managed to save it because, they're not just sort of flatly saying, okay, here's purgatory. You know, obviously it's more complicated than that, but just they're not just even saying that. They're saying they're actually stating a sort of viewpoint about, about you know, life and the afterlife and a yeah. sort of a new concept of, of that, I think. You know, like, okay, well, yes, there's the afterlife and, yes, there's this sort of version of purgatory, but the, but the new idea they throw out there, their contribution, you know, to literature or something is this idea of you need these, these people. Right. You've know, got to find these people that are important to you and stuff like that. So. Right. So it's like I think they get, you know, I, I like the fact that they, they had something sort of new to say about a, a very old topic. Um, you know, I think that helps the ending be, be interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, you know, that the, that this this even you know this purgatory thing even happened. You know, it's interesting that they had whatever ability to create this world, and and you know the Flash Sideways world was definitely intriguing in the beginning. And you know, I remember Ellie Lax is just so so great, and and I just remember seeing Jack in the beginning, and he goes to the bathroom, and just it just looks weird. It just looks like a different world somehow, you know. Yeah, and uh, and it, it slowly becomes more normal, you know, as it goes on, and and I think like you know when Desmond's around doing stuff, it gets you know towards the end, it gets it gets less like fan fantasyful. What's the word? Fan- fanciful. Fanciful, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and fantastic. Um, fantastical. I want to make up words. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And, 
Yeah, and um, so, you know, it, it loses a little bit of luster, and then, of course, shines brightly at the end, pun intended. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, but overall, you know, overall I liked it. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's not the ending I would have sort of wanted in my ideal world, but but when you step back and look at it, I think, I think if you get to the you watch Lost from the beginning and you get to the end, now that it's over, I think I think it's satisfying. You know, I think I think it will be satisfying still to to get to this point after reliving everything that happened. Yeah, you know, and I think it'll be interesting just to sort of, you know, watch the show again and and when mysteries you know come up and crazy island stuff happens to to sort of know like. Well, that's not what's important here. What's important is how Jack is reacting. What's important yeah. is what Kate does here. What's important is how Hurley feels about this situation and yeah. what he does because of that. And so I think it'll be interesting to just, just see, just go back and sort of uh, watch the show knowing how how ultimately important the characters and the relationships are uh, to the show overall. Um, uh, and... Uh, and I, I'm confident it's that you know I'm confident like it's it, you know I think it's the kind of it, luckily the ending doesn't I think ruin the show of course like it's not like okay well now that I know this I get no, I would get nothing out of rewatching it you know right and it's like well the characters are good you know <laughs> I did you know I did like the characters before they told me it's about the characters yeah you know so that that's still that's still true and. Um, so I think that way, you know, they didn't, you know, obviously they, like I said, it's, it's not the thing I would have chosen or would have sort of wanted, I should say, but um, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't come close to like ruining the show or anything like that. You know, yeah. it's, it, like I said, it's, it's hard not to like an ending where the characters sort of ultimately get what they want and, and still, you know, they don't negate what actually happened on the island. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I, I, I know they have that purgatory theory out there, but I mean, for me, it still, it still was a pretty big surprise that that's what this was, you know, mm-hmm. some purgatory-esque thing. Um, you know, to me, it was, it was pretty much as shocking as the, flash forward reveal it was sort of like that i guess like a flash you know to the end of all of their lives mm-hmm. you know so it was a similar thing like that so i think they really got me on that and so in terms of like what Loth does with stuff like that it was it was pretty shocking i think um the final shot with jack's eye closing is fantastic uh mm-hmm. that's just you know it's predictable it's obvious but it's uh you know it's the it's it's the essential way to close it i mean i mm-hmm. i really can't i i i'm glad that they did it it, it came off really well and and the, the intercutting with the other thing was very with the scene in the church and stuff was was well done and so yeah. i liked i liked the ultimate closing of it um and i liked being surprised i think um one of the things i I think I said earlier about previous finales versus this one, one of the things that makes this one seem less, I don't know, uh, full or something is, is that, uh, you know, there was always setups for new mysteries Mm -hmm. and they really weren't doing that in in this, you know, we don't get 
a ton of new mystery. Like the cool thing about one of the brilliant things I'll even say about the flash forward reveal is it wasn't enough to just reveal, oh shit, it's a flash forward, they're off the island. Mm-hmm. They went farther than that. They said, okay, here, there's a guy in a coffin and Jack's upset and we're not going to tell you what that is for another season. Yeah. The other thing they did was Jack is like, we have to go back. So yeah. not only do they introduce this crazy idea that they get off the island, but it's like Jack's miserable. We've seen what he's going through after he gets off. And we see that that now he thinks he has to go back to the island. So it's it's a whole nother level of stuff they're throwing on top of the reveal which is big enough that they get off the island later yeah you know so that that's sort of going a step beyond giving us like extra stuff to talk about like it that that's the kind of thing that lost you know was really good at mm-hmm. you know yeah that whole that whole thing with jack telling kate we got to go back you know wherever they were you know they she had met him out there that you know all that stuff was great you you know you, you got jack saying we got to go back to the island yeah. you know like what totally what's going on here so yeah they they definitely yeah that's the kind of thing i'm talking about is is they would they would sort of whatever your expectation was they would meet and then exceed that yeah sort of consistently you know, yeah. you go, oh, okay, well, now we're dealing with Flash Sideways, and then season five, they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll do some time travel. And you're like, yeah. whoa, okay, now we have to deal with that? Yeah. You know, so it's um, it's interesting. Yes, it is. Um, and, like, that whole season three, Jack had been trying to leave, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then eventually trying to get everyone to, to be able to leave. And it's like, okay, he succeeds at some point, but he wants to come back. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's sort of crazy. You don't really understand what that's about. And it's just really interesting to think about. And so, yeah, exactly. They, they, uh, uh, they really, th- and I mean, it's amazing to me how much, you know, how much they got out of that arc. Like that, that whole thing doesn't really come to a close until season five. Mm-hmm. When they have when they get on 316 and they actually end up back on the island, it's it's you know at that point that story is sort of over. But it's that's a lot later. Yeah, <laughs> from when they originally started it. Um, so it's kind of amazing to me that they introduced all those elements, the guy in the coffin, and the and the having to go back and then pulled it together, and it you know plays in a big way into the end of the show. Well, yeah, I think that's why the beginning of season four is called the beginning of the end because yeah. it it sort of really is like that all that stuff that happens in season four is so just gearing up for the for the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could see a clear mm-hmm. a clear path from that point, and you know they they did a good job of setting it up in the season three finale. Um, you know, because at that point they did know that they were going to have three more seasons. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they were able to start off their final series of storylines to make it all come together. You know. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the the probably the biggest fortunate thing about Lost and 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 lucky for the fans is that this is one of the rare TV shows where the creators and the head writers, you know, got to really sort of do it their way for most of the part for the for the majority of it and you know it wasn't like 
you know, I read this, uh, you know, somebody wrote an article about this, I think, but, you know, the idea of that this, you know, this ending of the show wasn't something ABC had to tell them to do or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like fans pressured them into doing this or this was their last season and they didn't know it. Like, it was sort of just, you know, it was kind of what you get in, like, a film, you know, it's this sort of, like, auteur quality of yeah. of the sort of focused direction and, and limited uh, influence from outside forces and, and so you sort of get something that, that's sort of nice and, and more pure, and I think that really helped make the show really good. Um, and uh, and it's just it's just nice that they got to end it on their own terms, and not only more than that, but, like, you know, write the, the last several seasons on their own terms, you know, yeah. with, with, you know, not having the fear of cancellation over their heads. Yeah, exactly. And having, you know, and having to, like, keep up their ratings and, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Basically, knowing that, you know, knowing how fast they could develop the story, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's that's definitely not not normal to be able to plot that out. You know, there very few TV shows get to do that. Yeah. You know, so it's it was good. I mean, for Lost, you know, it, that that was definitely a huge asset, and it makes the whole thing hang together better. You know, that they that they were able to negotiate that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, are we going to RIP all these characters? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I mean, they all die eventually. Yeah, apparently they do. Apparently they do. Um. Yeah, it was crazy having to read that list of people who were here. Like, make sure I got everyone in there. Yeah, it was a lot. I was surprised. Yeah, it was. It was a very lot. So, um, yeah, I was gonna mention something about the Matrix earlier. Um. And I was just going to tie it into the idea that um, just the idea that uh, um, you know the light cave, you know, it's sort of called the source. Mm-hmm. And in and in the Matrix, there's a source that right. was sort of a door of light. Oh. And uh, and and the whole the sort of whole idea of the Matrix is that you know sort of Neo Neo gets his power from the source. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. You know, like that scene. I think it's in the second one where he um, he he's not in the Matrix. He's in the real world, but he stops the Sentinels anyway. And it's kind of like, how did he have the power to do that? Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think the only thing that explains that is the line the Oracle has at some point where she says, "the the power of the one extends back to the source." You know, and mm-hmm. so it's like it just reminds me of sort of like this this whole light cave and the source and Jacob and other people sort of getting their power from it and. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that the source was the source code, and since the the one is sort of a program, as the architect explain architect explains, uh, I assumed it was you know his power is in the source code. <laughs> You know, mm. that shouldn't give him a power outside the Matrix, of course, but uh, yeah. inside the Matrix, it makes sense. No, the source was the machine uh, at the Machine City. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, the source is basically like where all the programming code came from. And so, you know, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what was going on with Neo when he was in the Matrix is that he had the power to sort of bend the rules of the Matrix because he was sort of tied directly to where the code from the Matrix and all the other programs came from. Right. So he could sort of override things and, and sort of bend reality and all that kind of stuff sort of because of that. Yeah. You know, which is why, like, you know, when when he jumps into Smith, Smith becomes this, like, other entity uh, because he gets linked to Neo, who's linked to the source. Right. So it's like – and I kinda, and that's kind of like Lost, too, where, like, the hero sort of <laughs> – <laughs> you know, like Jacob creating the the main villain, like he he kind of accidentally when he's trying to destroy uh, Smith, he sort of makes him way more powerful than he ordinarily would have been. Yeah, you know where he can like multiply and take over other programs, and it's like Man in Black being smoky or something. Right. Like, oops, I created a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. If I keep thinking about it, I might come up with more similarities. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely so, seems like there's some parallels there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's classic mythology, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's what makes it good. Yeah, although I think an ending with all the Matrix characters sitting in a church and then walking into the light, I would not have liked. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Although the end of Matrix is, you know, it's different. But damn it, if they're not just hanging out, sort of peaceful, watching the sunrise. Yeah, which is you know a big ball of light and and, and, yeah. and you know symbolizing hope. You know that's just a, that's just a thing. You know, of course, it's just a thing. Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only a few ways to do things, really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, certain things represent certain other things, and everyone uses that code mm-hmm. to write. So, yeah, it makes sense. I, I was deeply dissatisfied with that ending, but I truly I would have been more if they had all been in a church walking through a door of light. <laughs> That would have been super lame to me. It would have made much less sense. Yeah. Like, for me, it's like you said about the lost characters. Like, part of the reason why it works is I care about the characters, and I care about their fates. And mm-hmm. so, in a way, I'm happy that they're happy. Yeah. So, so like, that's... It helps. That makes it work. I'm not even one tiny fraction as attached to the Matrix characters. Mm-hmm. So it just it would have been deeply unsatisfying, I think. Yeah. To end like that, you know, they do get three movies, but you just don't you don't know nearly as much about those characters as you do about the lost characters. Yeah. So, totally. and I think the Matrix was more weighted to being about the story, being actually about the Matrix, you know, yeah. than being about the characters. I mean, the characters are there, but in the end, they really closed on the matrix and the overall plot. Yeah. Rather than the characters. Yeah, totally. So I think, uh, I think that's, that's sort of a difference. You know, when I was, when I started watching lost, I thought it was more like the matrix. I thought that's more the kind of ending we would get, mm-hmm. you know, but something, um, something about the overall plot 
you know, even even a scene like the scene with Jacob and the man in black from the incident at the beginning when they're on the beach, mm-hmm. you know, that's that that scene is is I mean, not what they're saying, but in a way, it's kind of like the architect Oracle scene at the end of the Matrix. You know, mm-hmm. it's a couple of powerful characters in the world of the Matrix, but they're not main characters at all. Yeah. You know, they're sort of background players who have certain major roles to play, but, but they're sort of not the characters that we're really invested in. And I guess I imagined, you know, at least as a possibility, a scene along those lines to end Lost, mm-hmm. you know. But at a certain point I realized it was about them, and, and so I resigned myself, and I, I was happy with that because I, I think, uh, you know, I, I finally came to appreciate the, the characters more fully. And I, I think overdoing the podcast, like, it sort of helped with doing that, you know. I definitely feel like gradually over time the the podcast has talked more and more about the characters specifically mm-hmm. and, like, what their motivations are and stuff like that. And, and whereas I think, I think earlier on it was more just about the mysteries. Yeah. You know. Because that was that was the hook, you know. That's that's sort of what made me want to watch originally. Mm-hmm. But it's it's weird to get to a point in the show where it's like the reason I watched originally just doesn't apply anymore. It's a completely different reason I watch now. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see the shift. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, I don't know. I guess we can just go through the, the list of characters here. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's see. I kind of tried to write them in reverse important order. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I don't know if I, uh, you know, obviously, you know, depends, but who did it, where is the list here? Where is the list? Ah, okay, Rose and Bernard. Okay, that's a good place to start. It's <laughs> a good place to start. Uh, R.I.P. Rose and Bernard. You know, uh, Rose, I have to say, I first remembered liking her for her, um, you know, I, I, or I should say at least my, my, my early memory of her was when she told Jack she just knew Bernard was alive and, and she just had this blind faith, and I totally thought she was wrong. Me too. And uh, and it was a really great reveal when you get the other 48 days that Bernard is there, and you're like, Rose is right. And, yes. And uh, it, it really helped It really helped make that group, you know, a little bit more interesting that they have this direct connection back to the, the, the beach camp crew. Yeah. And right. her whole history with, you know, her cancer and, the, you know, their couple of backstory. You know, there were, they, I, I think there's the, was it the first flashback that was like the boring one? And then was it the second one where they talked about her trip to Australia? They only got one, really. Was it just one? Oh, okay. yeah. Then maybe I'm just thinking of the first part of that where, whichever one, you know, the parts where they like met, you know, and they're in the snow and all that. Yeah. And that was like, eh. That was all uh, one episode. It shows, oh, okay, yeah. it shows where they meet, and it shows them going to Australia. So, yeah, the, the, so. when they went to Australia, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was definitely more interesting than I expected. They they tied it in to the mythology a little bit, which is surprising. Yeah. By actually saying, there's these places around the world, this one isn't working for you, giving some kind of vague explanation for why Rose is healed. 
mm-hmm. when she crashes. You know, yeah, that was uh, not one of my favorite episodes of season two, but um, but it really wasn't that bad at all. I mean, it was it was not my least favorite either. Yeah, you know, it, it had its moments, and I think really for Rose and Bernard, like it's it's the it's the central episode. I mean, it really tells us the main points of their story. You know, and like most of what I know about Rose and Bernard's history comes from that episode. Mhm. And I, I think it, it, you know, in a way, it's because, uh, you know, during that time they really didn't know, as they've admitted, you know, they didn't know when the show was going to end, and they were kind of just drawing things out a little bit. And you know, I think I remember there being a bit of a clamoring for a Rose and Bernard episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I remember being. Um, you know, somewhat excited for it. It's it's a bit self-contained, but uh, but it's it's not bad. And uh, you know, after that, um, they sort of became you know fairly, they made fairly rare appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd sort of be around in finales, maybe a couple other times. Um, but uh, uh, that that early stuff with Rose is great. And yeah, Bernard totally gets credit for being part of the tail section and you know being mm-hmm. the guy that talked to Boone on the radio you yeah. know um and uh uh and then you know later uh you know being uh, uh being one of the people who who stay behind to try to you know shoot the the dynamite uh w- when the others came mhm you know um yeah he stepped up to uh, do that mission yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty hardcore for uh, for Bernard and uh, and as I recall, he it was uh, you know he succeeded. It was actually Jin who missed the mark and uh, mm-hmm. resulted in them being captured. So uh, and he was you know at the under gunpoint. Like it, their story is interesting. They sort of crashed on the island separately uh, and then had to had to find each other again and reunite and then. Um, you know, they got invested to a certain extent in, you know, t- trying to, um, you know, uh, deal with the problems on the island, like protecting f- themselves from the others and, you know, getting getting off the island, calling the freighter, um, all that stuff. But then I think, you know, once once all that played out, once there was the mass exodus slash series of deaths after the time travel started, um, I think they decided they were done. <laughs> I think that's when they decided, you know, this stuff is going to get us killed. Yes. We've, we've escaped death plenty of times, and it's like, you know, you keep flipping that coin, and it's going to land on the other side at some point. Yeah. You know, and uh, they kept getting lucky, and I think they were like, well, let's just make our own luck. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of like they just, like they said, I mean, they just decided they're going to retire themselves from participating in the insanity Mm-hmm. And uh, and I understand that, and it's cool to have characters who do that, um, who can just step to the back and say, "Okay, we're we're done with this. We're just yeah. live out our days, <laughs> and you know, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna, you know, we'll we'll help you to a certain extent, but we're just gonna mostly stay keep to ourselves, and you know, I I'm assuming that they basically live by themselves for the most part. I mean, they probably see, you know, see Hurley a couple times or something, but mm-hmm. I, I imagine they pretty much just 
live on the island, you know, until they die, basically. Yeah. Maybe they go and uh, move uh, Man in Black and his mother and bury them, and then they go lay where they were laying. Oh, they could do they oh, no. Adam and Eve Part 2. Oh, no, the second Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that looks like a good place to rest your bones for eternity. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy when characters sort of sort of almost become meta. They sort of just sort of realize what's going on and sort of choose not to be involved in sort of the main flow of the show. You yeah. Know, like there's a character, you know, in sort of a different way, but there's a character on Cougar Town that, that's kind of like that. Like his whole sort of comic persona is that, he just doesn't want to be involved with everybody else. Like, he really, the first couple episodes, he's really just, please leave me alone. I don't want to be involved in your antics. You know, mm-hmm. that's really what he's doing. And, and it's it's just interesting to, you know, it's almost like these people on this TV show just moved into his neighborhood, and, and now he has to deal with it. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to be involved in your drama. You know? And, of course, he gets sucked in, and he becomes part of the, the group. But, yeah. but I, I just, I like, you know, I like Rosa Bernard saying, you know what, <laughs> Let's do our own thing, and yeah. uh, and and you know it, it works for the characters. If if it was other characters who said let's just do our own thing, I don't know if it would work. But but Rosa Bernard, it makes sense, and um, and they have this quality about them. You know, I never loved them. You know, they're never my favorite, but um, but but something that, you know it made them definitely more interesting. Just the idea that they sort of chose to to <laughs> hide out. I I just really like that. It's not. It wasn't like oh, they're just not around. Like, well, they choose not to be around. Right. You know? So it's nice. It's just kind of nice to see that, you know, people not being swept up in the sort of, you know, big dramas that that's going on that is, the you know, reason we're watching the show. Right. Right. Yeah, normally with characters like that, I expect, like, okay, this one last thing, and then we'll retire. Yeah. You know? exactly. That's sort of the normal thing, but they really did just retire. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't bother, you know, sticking it out with the adventures until the end. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and they. I mean, it, they, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, there's probably not that many people out there whose favorite characters are Rose and Bernard, but mm-hmm. but I, you know, they were always convincing. They're they're always. I, I don't think they were ever. I mean, I, I did get a little irritated with them in the incident, but for the most part, they were never unpleasant to watch. Uh, they were convincing as a couple, and uh, I, I, I thought they had, you know, they had they had their own world that uh, I think, you know, it's unique. I mean, there's as far as loss goes, you know, they they occupy a space that no one else does. Mm-hmm. So they get they get points for that. They they have their own little place in the last universe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only other married losties besides Sun and Jin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they kinda have yeah, everyone has their kind of little spots and they have an interesting spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it and the and the uh the the actor and actress who played the parts I thought were really good and and uh, really you know really make the characters come to life. Yes. You know, Ro, uh, Bernard, stop fooling with that damn SR side. You know, you're just a dentist. The whole thing. Right. 
you know, she she always has yeah. quality, and he, you know, and I think it's it's when he doesn't she tell him, uh, you know, she her cancer's gone or something, and that's why he decides to give up the SOS sign. Like he yes. decides to stay because he realizes the place is good for her. Yes, I mean, that was pretty cool. That was a good moment. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean that's that's one of the big impetuses. Uh, that's one of the big, yeah. I don't know how to make that plural, but that's one of the big things that uh, you know leads to where they end up. Yeah. You know, I think uh, otherwise they might actually want to leave at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, they found a place, or so Rose doesn't have the cancer, and so yeah, I mean that part's good. They definitely had that uh, bickering. You know, bickering old couple slash, you know, they're they're kind of half serious mm-hmm. when they're bickering. It's they they had that yeah. that kind of vibe. It's you know it's it's pretty clear Rose wears the pants in that relationship. You yeah, know, and I you know and that's just the dynamic they have. And uh, you know in this episode when, when Rose says, you know, Bernard, are you gonna get the Manson breakfast or you're gonna talk her off? You know, it's like all right, Rose, fine, I'll go get the fish. Yeah, but he's happy to do it. He doesn't take it like she's being insulting or rude. That's just Rose, you know. Right. That's how she talks. Yeah. 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 If he if he was really bothered by that, he wouldn't have been with her all this time. Because mm-hmm. I think she's been like that most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, R.I.P. Rose and Bernard. Yes, R.I.P. Um... Good job, Sam Anderson and Hell Scott Caldwell. Yes. Uh, all right. Who do we got next? <laughs> I feel like this is like Price is Right. Come on down. <laughs> to the who's RIP. next up? Yeah, who's next up? To, let me see. I got... This is your life. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say let's go with uh, Charlie Claire, Baby Aaron. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so, or we could do Boone Shannon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Either one. Either Boone one. Shannon is smaller. Yeah, let's do Boone Shannon. Uh, okay. So, see you guys. Um, you know, um, season one was cool for Boone. <laughs> yes. And Shannon made it to season two. Yeah, barely. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, Anna Lucia shoots Shannon, and it looks like she makes it to the purgatory world. Mm-hmm. You know, she just accidentally shot her. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a good point. Um, but, you know, uh, Shannon and Boo were interesting, and I, and I think for the pilot, you know, in the early days, they definitely served a pretty interesting role just in terms of the, the young, you know, younger people – uh, who, who were, you know, at least for specifically for Shannon, sort of focused on other things that people weren't concerned about, you know. She, you know, in the, in the early day, you know, in the pilot, she's like, you know, she's just extremely hopeful that they'll be rescued, you know. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll eat something on the rescue boat, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, Shannon, you're going to be waiting a long time for that meal. <laughs> Yeah, you know? and so for 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 someone you know like for Shannon and Boone, these sort of sort of spoiled rich kids who get get sort of sent here, and uh, you know it, it's pretty interesting just to see it from their point of view. 
they were never that great, but um, uh, but apparently, you know, Shannon was great enough for Sadie to fall in love with her. I guess. <laughs> That's what they said. That's what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to believe them. Yeah. So, you know, their 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 first big backstory, you know, with, with Boone going to get Shannon in Australia and then their weird their weird crossing the line relationship. Yeah. Uh was was pretty you know, that that was somewhat interesting. It was like what? <laughs> yeah, it was. It what was is shocking. This going on? <laughs> yeah. And that, that flashback has that great shot where they turn the light on all uh-huh. of a sudden. Do do you know what shot I'm talking about? When they're we we, we which what do you mean? Turn the light on. In that in that flashback, they're they're sitting in the room after they've you know crossed the line and uh-huh. and like Boone sitting by himself and either they they turn the light on or they turn the light off. I don't know. It's really striking. It's a great one of my favorite uh, shots. It's not yeah, really about the characters, but I think it's like you turn the light on. I think they turn the light on and. Don't it's like somebody like Shannon's in there and you don't know it or something. Yeah. Wasn't it something like that? Like you didn't know somebody else was in there. Maybe. I'm I'm, I'm fuzzy on it, but I remember. I'm fuzzy on it too. I just remember there was a really good shot involving a light turning on or off. I think yeah, Boone's in the foreground, and I think you mm-hmm. see Shannon out of focus in the background. Yeah. And or maybe yeah, maybe they turn the light off. Because it's sort of a Boone flashback. You go through it from his point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Odd Island story is about him, you know, Locke giving him hallucinations to try to make him um, let go of Shannon, let go of needing to protect her from everything. Mm-hmm. All about letting go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even back then. Exactly. Uh, I will say, you know, Boone for me, Boone was really pivotal in Locke's story, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he gets bonus points for that. I think his pretty short-lived period of time where he was where he was hanging out with Locke was, you know, a significant period in the show. Um the the relationship he had the sort of mentor yeah, kind of even borderline father-son kind of thing that he had with Locke was uh, was good, really uh interesting stuff and uh uh you know, the the, the um the drama that happens when he uh, goes up in the plane and falls down and then Locke uh, carries him to Jack, but doesn't tell him exactly what happened. And that, you know, that leads to him going to the, uh, going to the hatch and banging on it and the, the light coming on. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then the subsequent drama, you know, they sort of shift over to Jack trying to save him and, you know, he's going to like cut off his leg or something with the door and he's going to donate his own blood. And, you know, that drama was just uh, top notch, I think. So, yeah, no, that was, that was pretty crazy. You know, I forgot about those early days when they were doing, you know, they were doing all these weird medical procedures and, and doing blood transfusions <laughs> with like, didn't son make needles out yep. of like uh, sea urchins or something and like something like that. Or, you know, she, she found some weird way to make needles. And, yeah. Uh, and it was like they got re- they were really industrious back in the day. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, all that stuff with Lock and Boone was really good. And um, you know, I remember Shannon's like, "You're gonna go hunt boar with him." Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go hunt boar." Uh, you know, and, and they, you know, they always had this weird. They always had this weird relationship that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think for me, like, in the early part of the show, you know, I was in awe of Locke, so I felt a little like Boone. I sort of identified with him in those episodes. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, I felt like his disciple. What are you trying to do? I want to, I want to follow you on whatever path you're going down. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think he, he was good. Uh, he was good for that. Especially when no one else wanted to. Yeah. Like, Michael wouldn't let Walt be involved with Locke. Right. You know, and it was like, it was interesting to see Boone be the person to be like, oh, okay, I'm, I want to know what this guy's up to. Yeah. You know, maybe he's on to something. Right. Hint Boone, he wasn't. <laughs> sort of. Ouch. You just became sort a sacrifice the island demanded, except it didn't. It didn't really demand it. You became a sacrifice the island didn't really care about. That was some bullshit. I really yeah. thought someday, I, I guess I gave up, but someday we'd learn why he stopped being able to walk during that episode. I guess that goes into unanswered questions. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just uh, brings up that whole thing. But uh, dramatically, you know, all that stuff with Boone's death was, was, uh, was really good. Well, can I can I interject the theory here? Um, you know, along the lines of the guy in Australia telling Rose, "This isn't a place that can heal you. There's, there's, you know, your place is somewhere else." Yeah. I, I, you know, and, and sort of connecting that to other people who've been healed, sort of selectively on the island. I, you know, I want to just sort of generally say something, something along the lines of, you know, if you're connected to the light on the island, it, you know, you'll get the healing properties or something, mm-hmm. and so. So for whatever reason, John was becoming disconnected from it or something like that. Okay. You know, or whatever his actions are or, you know. You know, maybe, you know, the light being, you know, sort of maybe something that connects, you know, specifically connects to the uh, afterlife that, uh, you know, him sort of being on this path of getting Boone killed, uh, you know, sort of, it's sort of, you know, bad in terms of their afterlife of needing to be together and helping each other. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I think that's why they did that, but <laughs> in hindsight, I, I would want to sort of make a theory like that. That sounds like the right kind of theory, yeah. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I'll say about Shannon is, uh, you know, I mean... She, you know, she got in a relationship with Saeed. I was a big Saeed fan, so I don't know. If you're a friend of Saeed, you're a friend of mine, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I, I liked, um, I liked the ending of it, uh, where she started seeing the wet Walt. Again, mm-hmm. unanswered questions, but it was really creepy. It was really well done, and uh, and and again, just great. It was just a great sequence of, of dramatic uh, events that, that came out of her, you know, following Walt and then getting shot by Anna Lucia and then, you know, what that resulted in in terms of the tail section joining and, and the, uh, the you know, Saeed's sort of drama and, uh, you know, all that was really good too. Yeah, Not- you know, she got really interesting right before she died. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she's seeing Walt and she's doing all that stuff. You know, and Saeed saw Walt, too, that one yeah. time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. You know, like, oh, what was up with that? Um, yeah. yeah. Remote viewing, right, guys? Remote viewing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I used now. to say. 
I, I mean, I do think there's something to the idea that Walt could project himself, but um, but I don't really know what he was trying to do. Yeah. But but that all that stuff was really as far as like creepy law stuff that was that was up there. Mhm. You know. So uh so I enjoyed all that um and uh yeah, and like you said it was sort of it was supposed to be about Shannon becoming self-sufficient or sort of learning to you know do something on her own and Said was supposed to help her do that by helping her, I guess, a little weird, but that was sort of the that was sort of the arc of her of her end, um, but uh, it never really got fulfilled because she got shot. But yeah, uh, but they're definitely you know they're nostalgic characters. You can't really when you watch the show, you know their memory lives on. You know they they make a few appearances, you know scattered throughout, and mm-hmm. so I think you know it's still they're still present in some way. Uh, in the story, you know, Boone pops up again in um, further instructions, and then uh, Boone and Shannon pop up again in Expose, uh, and uh, and then of course this season, you know, we got a little Boone on the plane and and their thing at the end. So I think yeah. uh, I think they you know they still had a uh, they still had a presence, and and the, some of the stuff that they that they did lingered on in the other characters. Or memories of them and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the I, characters. I think I think Boone was probably the the more pivotal character as far as Locke goes. I think I think the Boone incident was probably the one of the big ones that created the rift between Jack and Locke. Yeah. Totally. Is you know Jack really saw Locke as you know lo- lying about it. You know trying to go on this quest or something and then ended up getting people killed and thinking, you know, Locke's out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the big rift. Start of that rift. Yeah. Which is one of the central conflicts of the show. So, you know, that's 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 significant. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Shannon and Bone. Yes. God, it's a laundry list. It is. It is. Good job, Maggie Grace and uh, Ian Summerhalder. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Charlie and Claire. Yes. R.I.P. Charlie and Claire. Um. Where to begin <laughs> with Charlie and Claire? Yikes. Are you throwing, are you throwing an air in there too? Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing Aaron in there. I'll just I'll just say for Aaron, whatever, choo choo tunnel, I want a juice box. He's mm-hmm. a plot device. Mhm. It was it was never about I mean Aaron got to be about three years old or something. It was never about him as a character, it was about what he meant to the other characters. Yeah. You know. What he meant to Claire, what he meant to Charlie, what he meant to Kate. You know that that mm-hmm. sort of that was the significance of Aaron, I think. Yeah, he he. I really enjoyed him when he was a fetus. Mm-hmm. That was, was nice. that was definitely his best. Uh, he did period. Good work there. He did yeah. really interesting stuff when he would like kick Claire. Mm-hmm. You know, make her pregnant. Right. Um, you know, right. He, was, he was really interesting that way. Right. Right. And then he was born. 
and then he was born. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you know, Claire. Claire's had an interesting run. You know, she's... I don't know. I don't know what to say about Claire. Um, you know, in the beginning... She was she was always sort of just like there and you know I, I think you know her flashback stuff was sort of interesting in the beginning you know obviously the stuff with the uh, with the psychic was cool you know you're not supposed to raise this baby and all that stuff and you know the sort of circumstances that surrounded how she got on the on the uh, on a fifteen was pretty interesting at the time uh, and then um, you know seeing her sort of you know, she, 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 you know, she never went on a lot of missions, of course, because uh, she was busy with, uh, with Aaron. But, uh, but, but seeing her and Charlie's relationship develop was 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 interesting, and and uh, you know, especially with Charlie being the sort of selfish rock star, and then coming to you know, uh, be the one to sort of look after Aaron and and be be, be invested in Claire. You know, but at a certain point, you know, of course. She, you know, she was just always sort of in the in the sidecar, you know, a lot of the times. Yes. And, um, you know, and then, of course, her house getting blown up, and I don't know if she died or not, but she saw Charlie. And, uh, and then, yeah. of, course, of course, after that point, she just gets really weird, and I don't know what to do with her, and she's claimed or not claimed. And she's, you know, more lonely than she's ever been, of course. And, uh and just sort of reacts, and uh, so yeah, her season six Claire was weird, um, but um, she had her moments. She definitely had her moments. I, you know, I, it's like I enjoy Emily Duravin playing Claire than I enjoy Claire herself almost. Mm-hmm. You know, she she was a very good Claire, but Claire was you know an okay character. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think uh, for Charlie, I'll say I wasn't a fan of Charlie for a lot of the series. I did like um, I did like the little bit when Black helped him get off the heroin. Um, mm-hmm. That was a good little plot line. Um, oh yeah, I'll, I'll yeah I'll you you can ask me what three more times or something or you you, yeah. know, you can ask me again or something and I'll give it to you. Or... Yeah. Ask me two more times, and I'm going to give it to you. And it's such an interesting thread. Like it is. It's both positive and negative, and it's like what? Like okay, I do want it, but I don't want you to give it to me. Right. Like, hey. It makes him not want to ask him for it. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird saying he's going to give it to him. It's yeah. It's it's like the opposite of what you expect him to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that I mean that's partially Locke being being cool season one Locke, but uh. Uh, but it was to help Charlie out with his, you know, problem, his first big problem, which was the heroin addiction. Um, uh, he pretty much got over that, and uh, there was the whole thing with the statues, but I don't think he ever actually used the heroin again. It just became his own, like, personal problems with Locke and other stuff and having crazy visions and all that. That, that was probably the worst uh, Charlie period for me. Uh, and uh, but this part, the like fire plus water era. Oh, yeah, that that was definitely the low the low point for Charlie in the early days. It was like, what are you doing? Yeah, 
Yeah. Why are you in the water with Aaron and seeing vision, having visions? And you know, this is this is like, did they ever explain that? I mean, isn't that just like it was like, okay, we'll chalk it up to the island. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, what do we chalk it up to now? Charlie being crazy. Okay. I uh, yeah, I don't know what to chalk it up to anymore because it was all about getting Aaron baptized. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even see the island giving a shit about that. Yeah, and that was around the days of, you know, Echo, uh, you know, yeah. they seem to tie it later into Echo building his church and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it was, I don't know what they were trying to do there. I don't either. That that was, that was a dark time for me. And uh, I also thought that the, the Charlie Claire scene at, at almost at the end of the season two finale was totally baffling. I, I know I'm not supposed to, like, sort of talk about the bad stuff, but I can't resist. Like, that... That season two finale was so good, but that that scene with Charlie and Claire, like when Charlie comes out of the uh, the swan. Oh, that was awful. After it implodes, and, and she's just like, what happened? He's like, oh, there was a flaming blah, blah, blah. I mean, nothing happened. Yeah, he was like, yeah, <laughs> flaming whatever. She's like, really? He's like, oh, nothing happened. Nothing. Like, Wait a minute, what? Yeah, it was weird. And he was just, he was bizarrely serene and just like yeah yeah it's no big deal and they just sit there under the stars and it's like wait a minute what Mm -hmm. i don't understand this is not the show i'm watching it was just such an awkward you know ending to the high drama that was most of that episode you know yeah it was definitely strange yeah i think that was a bad choice the whole thing with that uh swan was fantastic i was wrong it implodes the door comes flying down, and then, you know, Jack and Hurley and, and uh, Kate and Sawyer getting captured by the others and Michael Sailing. All that stuff was so strong. And then it's like, does Charlie Claire see? Like, that's just the weirdest decision to me that the Lost Riders made to make that, you know. They they do the scene after that with Penny. That's the blow-you-away thing. But, mm-hmm. but the fact that the last scene with the characters we know is that, bizarre Charlie Claire scene has just always stuck with me. <sighs> One of those things. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say uh, once we get to season three and we get the Desmond plot where Desmond sees Charlie dying, uh, I think I think that was a turning point for Charlie, uh, knowing that he was going to die. He was generally better for most of the season, um, more sympathetic, less annoying. And uh, and I loved the ending of his character. His death was fantastic. Probably one of the best deaths on the show for me. And uh, uh, um, you know, even though what he did ended up being disastrous in certain ways, you know, he thought he was helping. Yeah. <laughs> he meant to, you know, he meant to uh, convey a warning and to try to get them rescued, and and was willing to to give his life for that. And and so it was very. Uh, very well done. Great imagery with the the hand on the on the thing, on the glass that they refer to this season. Uh, and I also liked him being the sort of uh, James Bond kind of character when he's captured by Bonnie and Greta, and they're like punching him in the face, and he's sort of taunting them. Like that, that was great stuff. I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed all that Charlie stuff. So he he really uh, redeemed himself for me um, in a in a drastic way from you know really not liking the character at all to really uh, uh, really being um, affected by his death. So I, I really uh, I, I I think in in the end he he did a lot more than he could have. So I appreciate that character. Um, 
As for Claire, I will say that um, uh, probably the big hook uh, of the show for me was uh, was her. You know, I, I, in the end, like I sort of see that there's stuff before this that should have hooked me, but I actually wasn't hooked on the show until the Race to Another episode, which, which had, which for me still is probably the scariest lost episode. Um, and, and it has, you know, it has that great dream sequence. They, they don't do a lot of those, and that one's actually quite good. Um, and it has that crazy flashback with the psychic, uh, which was which was good, juxtaposed with her seemingly paranoid, but maybe not, you don't know about. There's someone, you know, coming to me at night, sticking needles in me, and, you know, oh, are you just hallucinating, or is there something really there? You don't know until the end, you know, mm-hmm. when you, when you, and then that shot of Ethan, and, you know, th- just the way they developed that sort of, like, am I paranoid or not, and then hit you with the punchline of, no, she's, actually, you know, someone's actually been, like, coming to her at night, and, and, there's, and not only that, there's other people on the island, and what they want might be really scary, <laughs> Yeah, you know, so that that to me was like, holy shit! I cannot wait for the next episode. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so that that you know, it's not exactly. I mean, her character in a way is just is just kind of a pawn in all of that. You know, she's a she's a fairly simple character. She has, you know, she has abandonment issues. Um, you know, her her dad wasn't around very much. Her her mom ends up in a coma and. You know they weren't on good terms either, and and so she's kind of needy. And her uh, Aaron's father leaves her. Aaron's father leaves her. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that, that's sort of the core of her character, um, and and so she's not that complicated in a way. Her problems are simple, and and so she's not as interesting as as some of the other characters. But the stories they gave her were good, and so I thought she made a contribution to Sean that level. Like I also really enjoyed maternity leave when we see the scenes with her and Ethan and. She's like acting all drugged and crazy, and oh, I'll stay here, and you know, mm-hmm. this is great. It, it's you know, the contrast of that with what we actually saw was was really good. Um, and uh, you know, I, I thought she was a you know a, a decent kind of character on the fringe. Uh, but I do think you know after that plot line, she sort of really started to fade in terms of importance um, once we realized that the Aaron pregnancy thing was really more just about the fertility issues than anything else. And so not, not that not as significant to the larger plot as I might've thought at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the fertility thing seemed to be a pretty big deal for a while and it sort of wasn't ever again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, her her little bit in season four where she gets up and walks away with Christian and then she's in the cabin later, that stuff was good and creepy. Again, like, they got a lot of good creepy stuff with Claire. Um, so, I, you know, that, that side of the show, you know, she was usually a part of. So, and, I, you know, I like that stuff. So, uh, so I sort of appreciate that. I, I, I liked how she um, – played those scenes. I would say the season six, the season six part of Claire was definitely fairly unsatisfying to me. I don't, it didn't really deliver on how intriguing the setup was. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, that was a, that was a major disappointment for me, but given where they went, uh, I see why they did it. I I get the point, you know, Um, and they, they sort of made a connection between Claire and, and Kate 
So it became about getting her off the island. Um, but I'll just echo the sentiment that uh, Emily Duravin is probably uh, the perfect uh, actress to play that part. Uh, and uh, even though the character wasn't terribly interesting, um, you know, she was always uh, always dependable and to me never really crappy uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, probably season six is the crappiest stuff for me. But uh, But, you know, she was – you know, you could count on her to just be Claire most of the time and not just do things like, like Charlie did in season two where it's like, what is your problem? You're insane. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'll, you know, I pretty much ditto what you said about Charlie too. I think, you know, he got a lot more interesting during the, the Desmond foreseeing his future stuff and all the, all the season three stuff. And even though it was really frustrating me at the time to have to deal with, well, what's going on here and, and some of the intricacies of, trying to figure out what Desmond was really seeing. Yeah. Uh, sort of in general, it definitely, definitely made it more interesting. And, you know, just, just getting Desmond, who was always, you know, who started out as a sort of outside character, getting him sort of to be friends with Charlie and, and that kind yeah. of stuff was interesting. And uh, I think that was critical to tie Desmond in mm-hmm. um, to the other characters. You know, I think, I feel like his connection would feel less strong without that stuff. Yeah, totally. Because, um, you know, he gets off the island early in season four and, and really never goes back until this season. Mm-hmm. You know, and even then, most of the characters don't even see him. <laughs> you know. So if you didn't have that season three stuff, um, you would lose a lot, I think. Yeah. Even though I agree. I mean, the working out, like what's actually going on. I mean, I still find it very strange. I don't know how it fits into the overall framework of the show. But, uh, but at the time, as a self-contained bit of story, it was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, his death was good, you know. Uh, I don't like sort of the, the logistics of what happened, but, but in terms of his decisions and his choices, I thought it was pretty spectacular and and you know his you know pretty heroic thing to do and uh and of course like you said the imagery is great um yeah you know the thing about charlie was when he he's 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 the kind of character who is sort of annoying in real life you know so yeah. he comes off like that and and there there are those times when when his smarminess or his sarcasm or something like is really cool to watch, you know. Even just like in, uh, you know, I remember the little part in season six in, in this in this episode, uh, uh, where you know Charlotte wakes him up and and she's like, "Are you in the band?" He's like, "How do you know that?" You know, and it's just like you know, he just that's Charlie, you know. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so interesting, you know, interesting characters. Um, Interesting, like, you know, I, I I guess Sun found Charlie's ring, but I guess we never, whatever happened to that, do you know? I don't think they ever addressed the ring again. Okay. They they showed Sun finding it when they went to that main camp um, at the end of season five, but I, I don't think they ever showed what Sun did with it, if she even took it. I, I think it, it was just to show it was still there. Yeah. From when Charlie leaves it there. Um, all right. Well, anything else about Charlie and Claire and baby Aaron? 
Uh, mm, no, I think that's it for me. All right, well, R.I.P. Charlie Pace and uh, and Claire Littleton. Uh, it's uh, it's been an adventure. Good job, Dominique Monaghan and uh, Emily Duravin. Yes. And whoever played Aaron. Ditto. Lots of babies. Lots of babies and whoever that toddler was. Right. I think uh, in this episode, the the baby Aaron at the end is a fake baby. Yeah. That's why it looks like a fake baby. Right. (laughs) Right. Not just a bad baby actor. Right, right. There's a difference. Yeah. We've all seen bad baby actors. Yes, so many. Totally unconvincing that they're babies. Yeah, nice try. No, that's not a, you're not a baby, you baby. I'm not buying that baby. I'm not buying that. <laughs> you were not just birthed into the world. <laughs> all right, so next on the list <laughs> of... Killing our losties off. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Let's go with uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Hurley Libby. Okay. Or yeah, I, I sort of coupled them together. Okay. So uh, we can That's do fine. Hurley Libby. That's fine. I'm probably gonna say a bit more about Hurley than about Libby, but yeah. But uh, that's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. You start with Libby. Okay. So Libby. Uh, not a giant character. Um, I would say, uh, you know, probably, um, yeah, probably the least significant character we've talked about so far, uh, except for maybe Aaron. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Rose and Bernard, Boone and Shannon, I think, are sort of more the bigger deal. But Tails action, you know, uh, just breathe. She uh, she mm-hmm. reset that guy's leg. That was a pretty cool scene. Um, she was. Uh, I didn't know. What, I never quite know what to make of her. I I never really got a read on her personality. We never really found out very much about her. So no. I never really knew where she was coming from or how to read her. But I suppose that made her interesting, and that's probably why a lot of fans continue to ask about her years and years and years after her death. So, so I, I, she must have done something interesting. I, I will say uh, uh, the the episode Dave uh, at the end, the little look she gives, that was great. You know, good acting. It you you can read a lot into just that little look at the end. Um, the look heard around the world. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that made a big difference. And, like, transitioning from that look into the flashback made that flashback seem like it had to mean something crazy. Yeah. You know, um, I think in the end it, it didn't. But uh, uh, but it was effective at the time. And, uh, uh, you know, and also, you know, just in terms of the plot, I mean, you know, Michael shooting her became a hugely significant event in the show. So. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, she was more, you know, she 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 gave a greater uh, impact to the show because of her death and sort of what she was doing. She was alive. Yeah. But yeah, I I really enjoyed. Um, she yeah she was you know she was interesting. She was interesting. She didn't really do a lot, but she was interesting. And her her interest in Harley was you know that beginning of that relationship was interesting to watch. And um, 
you know, and I, yeah, you know, and you know, give her a hand for uh, giving Desmond that boat because that boat oh, yeah. survived the end of the show. Good point. You know, uh, that boat was around for a very long time, and she probably, you know, she definitely didn't know that. Um, uh, what else with Libby? Um, yeah, the just breathe was definitely a big thing. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah. I just, yeah, I was just looking at her Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page, and I, I forgot that she appears to Michael to tell him not to push the button when he's on oh, the crater. Right. Yeah. So, 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 what does that mean in terms of you know the afterlife and Michael being stuck and other people not being stuck? And I mean, you know, I just, I just like I said before, I just have to believe that even if you move on, you know, even if you're in the purgatory world and you can move on, you can still come back somehow to help these people out. Yes. You know, even though that seems like change in the past, but yeah, it does, uh, and it it kind of. Um, I mean, they, they you hear the whispers too. I, I, it seems like that's a little off from what they should have shown, but mm-hmm. but uh, but you might be right. It might sort of indicate that you can visit the real world if you want. I mean, we did see, you know, people appearing to Hurley, who appeared in the Flash Sideways world. Yeah. So some of whom actually moved on at the end. So I think, um, you know, that sounds to me like they, they do, they are able to somehow do that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so that might mean something good for, for Michael eventually. It'd be nice. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. believe that. I'm not sure if I do, but I'd like to. And I, I would say that Michael still feels guilty, you know, and, and which I guess he should, but maybe the point is he needs to learn how to let go of that guilt. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, you want to move to Hurley? We could save Hurley, but I just figured they're a couple, but. Yeah. No, I mean, we can do Hurley. Okay, um, Hurley. Jeez, what do you? Say? <laughs> I don't know where to start with Hurley. Yeah, yeah. Hurley Hugo Reyes, or Hugo Hurley Reyes. <laughs> Either way. Um, uh, you know, you know, Hurley starts with numbers, right? The Hurley we know, yes. Yeah, the Hurley we know starts with numbers. Great episode, great, you know, great way to just make his character really interesting. Um, his whole, you know, and setting up so much of the little things, like, you know, he, you know, he buys the box company that Locke works for, you know, yeah. some of the, like, those connections that the character just randomly had were, were pretty interesting that they set up here. Yeah. Um but, you know, he, he was always the kind of character that, you know, he was obviously used for comic relief a lot of the times. But he was never, you know, in the early days, he wasn't the brave character or the heroic character. Um, you know, he was the guy who was like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Uh, but he would reluctantly do it. Um, but, you know, he had so many times when he, he, you know, he came to the rescue, you know, several times literally, uh, oftentimes in a vehicle. <laughs> Yes. You know, um, and of course, the early days uh, coming up with the golf course idea and uh, as a way to sort of help people, you know, and that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff they talk about when they say he helps people, you know. Yeah. He gave them something to focus on. 
and uh, something that was fun for a while. So that was cool. But you know, I just he he was sort of he was sort of just not my favorite character for a while, and slowly just got sort of more interesting and better and better, and and uh, and you really sort of get you know I I think he grows up on the show, you know. You see him, you know, he, he's reading comic books in the beginning, and he's sort of scared of the world, and and he, 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 you know, because of his issues, he likes to retreat from, from you know, reality and stuff like that. I think, but uh, you know, um, he sort of he sort of grows up and realizes, you know, his sort of inner strength or whatever, and uh, and really sort of becomes a different person. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I, um, early on, he's definitely thoroughly just kind of a comic relief character. I think Numbers was a bit of a turning point where you realize he has kind of a dark past. Um, and I like the, I like the creepy slash humorous tone of Numbers. It's, it's really well done. Um, cause it's like, it's a lot of death and yet there's something a little bit zany about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was just a really good episode. Um, yeah. Uh, with a with a great ending, and that was his uh, first flashback. So that was a big, yeah. that was a big one. Um, and uh, you know, so that that made him interesting. He had a connection to these numbers, which are connected to the island. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they definitely show up on the island, um, in in a lot of places. So, mm-hmm. um, I think. The interesting thing about Hurley to me is the contrast that he he is the fun time Hurley. He helps people out. He's generally a generous person, but at the same time, he's got serious conflicts. He spent a significant amount of his life in a mental institution, and you know he's 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 uh, he's seriously insecure. And you know he puts that aside most of the time for people to see, but he's not uh, he's not just a simple guy. <laughs> You yeah. know, he's got he's definitely got problems. And uh and so I, I I like that contrast, you know, he doesn't really let that out most of the time. But I definitely think over the course of the show he he gradually acquired a certain gravitas where you could actually he could actually play really serious scenes and it didn't seem ridiculous. Mhm. Um you know, I, I even feel like the actor sort of got better as the show went. Oh on. yeah, I don't. I think this was his first thing or something like that. I yeah. remember hearing he um, he got this role as sort of a uh, with a uh, like cert, you know, like ABC's new like the whatever program or department they had to find like undiscovered talent. Yeah. You know, right before they were casting Lost, so it's like he sort of you know got into it that way. So I definitely think he, he sort of got better in terms of acting over the course of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It got to a point where he could, he could pretty much be, you know, be involved in any part of the story, mm-hmm. not just sort of the comic relief scenes. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, becomes the new Jacob by the end of the show. I mean, you know, wouldn't have seen yeah, that coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's amazing. And by the time you get there, you know, as much as much as I denied it, by the time you get there, it doesn't. It it I it seems plausible to me. I understand how it happens, and I I buy that he accepts it, even if it's reluctantly. Yeah. You know. Uh, 
but I, I, uh, I, I you know, it was great. Um, I, I even liked the little episode where they repair the van that, that Roger was killed in, and that was that was pretty good. Uh, I really liked the uh, the uh, scene um, the scene between him and Jack when Jack comes to visit him in the institution. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I really that's that's one of my favorite scenes in in season four. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and then I, uh, you know, I liked, uh, like say the scene with him and Miles where they're talking about the time travel stuff. Like he was, you know, sometimes that character who was willing to say the ridiculous thing that no other character would say. Yeah. Um, and it would, you know, move the conversation forward or, or actually get certain things out in the open that everyone was kind of ignoring or, or not, uh, not addressing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I liked him playing that role, and uh, you know, in, in sort of season five and, and six, and uh, and then in season six, he sort of takes on this leadership role, which was which was interesting. Um, and so I, uh, uh, I think he had a, a pretty amazing journey uh, as far as the characters go. I mean, I think there's a really, I think that's true of most of the big characters, and Hurley is sort of you know, upper second tier kind of character. Um, I think he had a, uh, enormous, uh, journey, uh, over the course of the show. And so I think that that makes his character really, uh, stand out mm-hmm. totally. because of how much they went. I think, you know, one sharp turning point for me was when he started seeing the, seeing the ghost and that became an ability that he had, yeah. You know, going from like I'm not sure if he's just crazy and it's another Dave situation, or, or he's actually seeing these things. And eventually, you learn, you know, he really is seeing these things, and you know that becomes uh, an important kind of ability. And and so that was a cool thing too. So. Yeah, and early seeing the ghost was a huge, huge help and a huge, you know, very specific and special power that like no one else really had. And. Um, it, it made his character stand, you know, a character like Hurley who starts off as comic relief, given this, you know, crazy ability, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, some of my, you know, I, I liked, I liked, um, it, you know, he was always interesting because Hurley was, he was, he was sort of like reluctant to sort of do certain things, but he would definitely dash to the rescue when you needed him to. Yeah. And he would also, you know, sort of, you know, trust people and put his faith in people and sort of naively a lot of the times. But, yes. Uh, but that was, you know, that's who he is. And, um, and that was definitely, definitely fun to watch. You know, I gotta, gotta love the, the scene when Locke is about to try to open the hatch and, and he's, he sees the number, Hurley sees the numbers in the hatch and he's like, no, don't open it. And he's yeah. like running towards Locke and Locke's like, screw you. I'm opening this thing. Yes. And he's like, dude, didn't you hear me yelling not to open it? Uh, but, yeah, Hurley had a lot of great moments. And, um, you know, I, I, I got to say, one of the one of the things I really didn't like was that little Star Wars attempt, his, his attempt to write the Star Wars sequence. Oh, God. Like, Come on, Hurley, really, dude? Really going to spend your time doing this, just helping George Lucas out? Like, I think he, I think it's proven that he's got it. You know, like he'll be fine without your help. Matter of fact, you like what he does without your help. You know, right? But, um, but yeah, you know, he was the, he was really the only character that had this really special connection with the numbers. 
that really sort of he never really got to really explain to people and you know tell people. I think I think he told like one person he was rich. I forget was it Charlie or somebody on the beach. I remember that scene. He he told like uh, that he you know had won a lot of money or something like that, and they didn't they didn't really believe him. But yeah, he tells Charlie about it. He doesn't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was also cool to see him and Charlie become friends, and um, you know, palling around and doing doing stuff uh, together. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, they sort of put Miles into that role after Charlie was dead, but uh, mm-hmm. I think Miles is a different character from uh, from Charlie, so it was never the same, really. Yeah, they they kind of paired Miles up with Sawyer. They became yeah. That was their little bosom buddy connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're sort of just going through the characters that are in this final scene, but we got to go through the characters who actually aren't here too at some point. Yeah, I guess so. Um. So, all right. Anything else on Libby and Hurley? Um. I don't think so. I think that's it. All right. R.I.P. Hugo Hurley Reyes. And uh, I guess it's Libby Smith. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cynthia Watros and um, Jorge Garcia. Awesome job. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's go to uh, who can stand anymore. Uh, let's go to... <laughs> Uh, do you want to do some more minor characters, or do you want to just do everyone who's in this final scene? First? Um, I don't know. Maybe we can do the minor characters. <sighs> There's a lot of minor characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's just, I guess, finish this scene in the wall. I mean, we've we'll already beat some of them. Yeah, we have. But I think a final word needs to be said about everybody. Well, yeah, I guess so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a whole. This is this is the R.I.P. segment of the podcast. Yeah. 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 Damn. Uh, all right. So let's go to uh, let's go to Sun and Jen. Okay. Okay. Sun and Jen. Sun. I'll let Jen. you. I'll let you jump Jen. in there. Okay. Well. Um. I guess I'll say. Well, yeah, I feel like we did we did a sort of Sun and Jin R.A.P. when they mm-hmm. died in the submarine, so I'll try not to belabor it too much. I yeah. I, uh, uh, I I thought you know they I thought they had a good dynamic in in season one, a, a interest, fairly interesting sort of conflict. I like their their flashbacks with Jin, the you know the sort of uh, uh, put upon, uh, uh, forced into doing work he didn't want to do, uh, so he could be with. Uh, uh, this woman who had this, uh, you know, overbearing father. I, I thought that that early stuff was pretty interesting. They were always characters. I mean, even from the pilot, you know, Jen is like, you know, just stick with me. We have to stay together. Don't get mm-hmm. involved with these people, you know. And in a way, they were characters that kind of occupied their own little corner. They're a little bit like Rose and Bernard in that way, you yeah. know. Partially because, you know, they spoke Korean and no one else did, so... You know, a lot of times when it was their episodes, it was just them talking to each other, you know. And totally. Like, less less of the other characters. There's sort of a, a more, you know, a younger, more involved kind of Rose and Bernard. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, some of their later episodes got a bit uh, got a bit tedious, 
but uh I think um eventually once once Sun once they get separated and Sun gets off the island and uh starts going crazy with thinking Jen's dead and then trying to kill Ben and getting involved with Winmore, that was cool and Jen's on island adventures were fantastic. Uh and Jen learning English was really good. Um and uh, you know, the eventual reuniting slash death uh was uh was pretty good and uh so I think you know I I think uh I, I think in a way they you know, they were they were sort of they were sort of in their own show. Like it it was it was just the Sun and Jin show when they were the focus. Um mm-hmm. and they, and their focus was, was mostly on, on each other and uh uh and so I think that was I think that worked. Um I they 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 weren't my favorite characters, but I definitely cared about them by the end and I definitely you know, I fully bought the the drama that came out of their their deaths and and what that led the other characters to do. Um it was it was really tragic and I so I thought they got a you know, really powerful ending and and so that was good. Um so I think that's uh, that's all I'll say. There's there's more on the candidate podcast. Yeah, you know, I'll say that I I think my favorite son uh period is is probably Off Island Son who's who's hell bent on getting uh getting revenge for Jen's death and and she just totally changes into this other kind of woman and uh uh who's not afraid to uh, shoot people and to take over her father's company and to you know, to do what it takes to uh to get what she wants. And so that that was interesting and and I think season five Jen I thought was pretty great. Um, you know, just I, I, I'm just in love with season five really. Just the whole idea of being when they when they time flash and then finally get stuck in the seventies and you know Sawyer Sawyer telling Jen, you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta wait for Locke and how long do we wait and we you know and how long however long it takes and just like just their sort of resolve to just make the best out of the situation that they had and, and to sort of not give up on the people that they were separated from was, was pretty awesome. And, um, and yeah, Jen learning English, you know, fastest English learning ever, but, uh, here's a hint. The actor already knew English, so it helps a lot. Uh, and, um, but yeah, you know, them being separated was, was crappy, but it definitely gave a lot of drama and, uh, and I, you know, it, it's very tragic that they sort of got back together right before they were were sort of, I guess you could say separated for the last time, but then technically reuniting for eternity at that yeah. same moment. So, uh, but definitely the impact of their death is very important, and um, you know, sending sending the rest of the Lossies into uh, you know kill kill lock mode, kill man in black mode. So that was great. Um, yeah, yeah, we pretty much RIP'd them already, but um you know, it's it's nice when, you know, characters who are never your favorite can can, you know, when you look back, you can see their importance and and they occupied an, an important space in the show that uh, you know, they fulfilled roles that other people didn't didn't have, you know. Yeah. And uh Yeah, so RIP son Sun Quan and uh and Jin Su Quan and uh Daniel Day Kim and um uh, I'm blanking on her name, Eugene Kim. Yes. Uh great jobs by both of those actors. Yes, I agree. 
All right. Um, Who's next on the chopping block? <laughs> let's go to um, let's go to Desmond Penny. Oh. Yeah, let's go to Desmond Penny. Let's save the bigger ones for last. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, Desmond and Penny, Desmond and Penny. Desmond had a fant- probably one of the best uh, introductions of a character on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Showing him in Jack's flashback, and then suddenly... At the end, he's the guy in the swan hatch. Um, that was great. Uh, I, he he was a very sharply defined character. He had his catchphrases. He had his little way of speaking. Um, his his backstory was sort of the classic uh, tragic romance thing, kind of a variation on the Sun Jin story, um, but uh, but very epic. I like the idea of him. You know, going on a solo race around the world just to prove to Widmore that he was worthy. Yeah. It's ridiculous, really. I don't even think it would have worked. But uh, uh, at least not with that version of Widmore. Mm-hmm. But uh, 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 his his flashback stuff at the end of season two was uh, was fantastic. Really good uh, bunch of scenes there. Um I loved his uh, interaction with Kelvin and the stuff he did on the island, turning the fail-safe key, uh, his relationship with Charlie. Um, I will say, I, I think I never, I never really, uh, I, I think, I think Desmond, in a way, was, uh, in a way, was a simple guy, kind of a little bit, a little bit like Richard in a way too. Like he kind of, he had that kind of simple thing that he wanted and sort of spent his life trying to get it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, ends up achieving it, you know, only to be dashed away back to the place he he didn't want to go again. Um, that part's kind of tragic, but I think we're left to assume he, he gets off eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of the crazy sci-fi stuff on the show centered around Desmond, so he had a very unique role in that way. He was the first person to seemingly time travel or consciousness time travel. He had a really interesting short-lived relationship with uh, Dan uh, that that I liked. Um, and, uh, you know, he played a, a vital role in the last season of, you know, being the guy who not only, you know, needs to carry out a crucial task on the island, but also is the guy that really – uh, starts the ball rolling with everyone waking up in the afterlife. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, very very significant character. I I think I like Desmond, but I, you know, to me he's the only reason I don't put him higher is I just I find him to be fairly a fairly straightforward character. I, I, I like him a lot. He's sort of purely good at at the kind of person that Desmond is. Um, Mm-hmm. So, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I was, I, I was always a fan of that. But I think you know, other characters are more complicated than he is. Um, yeah, uh, I liked, uh, I liked Penny. Didn't get as much Penny as we did Desmond, of course. But uh, I thought she was good. She had some really good 
moments. I, I think she came across, you know, uh, and I think the, the Des and Penny relationship is probably, uh, of all the romances on the show, for me, the most convincing. I mean, I, for whatever reason, those actors just, you know, they look at each other and it's just like they're totally, uh, totally taken away uh, by, uh, by the other person and, uh, and sort of just desperately want to be around that other person in a way that's palpable and so I think for pulling off that you know that's that's something um considering the fact that they're not even sort of big main characters mm-hmm. um for whatever reason they they had that um but Penny's whole thing of trying to find Desmond looking for all those years I mean that's kind of amazing uh, you know um leading up to the constant and the phone call and you know that all that stuff was really good um and uh you know she's also uh, related to Widmore, tied into the larger plot to a certain extent. I, the the way the show's written, it definitely makes me wonder exactly where she is and what happens with her and Desmond in the future before they die. Uh, you know, uh, presumably they just sort of meet back up, and it's not too big of a deal. But we don't really get to see it, so uh, so it's sort of left up in the air. But I think I think there's a kind of epic, sweeping drama, like really the Richard story long form the way it should be um, spread out over multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, so I like that, that uh, part of it. Um, doesn't see in the future plot was really good. Um, uh, it didn't, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm still frustrated with the helicopter thing, but just dramatically it was, it was really cool to see Desmond, you know, dealing with the fact that he keeps seeing Charlie dying and he keeps saving him, but realizes he can't do it forever and you know has to has to come to terms with the fact that this guy is going to die and he he knows about it you know and that so that was really strong stuff too yeah um ditto um what's there left to say i'll say you know um uh What's interesting about his character is that sort of all the Desmond-centric episodes are really good. You know, like, they're the ones that sort of, usually they're the ones that stand out that are, like, unlike any other episode. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty interesting. And, and this whole idea that he was sort of uniquely special as opposed to Jack and Ben or uh, Locke or, Jay, you know, other people. Yeah. Like, he, he had this other thing for whatever reason that was that was pretty interesting and uh yeah like you said the beginning of his of his time on the island with Kelvin like that that whole stuff is great uh, he and Kelvin pushing the button for a little while and and then you know when when Locke and Jack and those guys finally get in there and and meet and meet Desmond and he's like I'm out of here you guys can deal with that with that uh with that you know, blasted button. Uh, I'm just going to run into the jungle and you don't know if you're ever going to see me again. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, what? That is just crazy. This guy's just gone. Like he thinks that the island could be destroyed if someone doesn't press it. And he's just decided he's not going to be the one to press it. So he's, uh, I presumably going to get on that boat within 108 minutes and uh, hopefully, you know, hope to sail away. And of course doesn't. Right. Uh but uh but yeah, his his time was really interesting and his sort of, you know, grand love for Penny was always uh, you know, it, it was sort of bigger than any one any love anybody else had on the show. Uh um, yeah. you know, he his, his he he 
you know, bent the rules of, you know, space-time to sort of uh, tell her he loved her and, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> some guys just have the flowers and candy and, he, you know, <laughs> his consciousness time travels. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I mean, that kind of stuff was huge. And, um, you know, his relationship with Ch- Charlie was great. And, you know, naming naming their son after Charlie was great. And, um yeah, a lot of great little moments, and, you know, with Penny, she, you know, enough time and money you can find anyone, and, and her dedication to sort of, you know, her her conflict was interesting just that she had this sort of, you know, overbearing father who didn't, you know, didn't like the, the guy she was with, you know, just like, just like son's dad or something, you know, um, but she's sort of secretly trying to find this guy, you know, even though her, her father sort of has more power and resources than she does. So she's sort of like, you know, she's got a, she's got an interesting conflict just, just in that, you know, that she's up against her father, you know, in, in some sort of way. Right. Because she wants to find Desmond who's on the island and her father wants to find the island, you know, and she doesn't, she doesn't sort of know, you know, what he, what, what her father's up to, but it's, but nevertheless, she's sort of working against him or, could, you know, what she's doing could help him, you know, stuff like that. And um, so she's always had an interesting dynamic uh, and, and you know, helping the Lossies get rescued uh, after that was pretty, was pretty awesome. And, um, you know, that's pretty much where her story ends. You know, she sort of putzes out and uh, putters out, I should say, and, uh, you know, she's, she's there when Ben tries to kill her and on the dock and, um and then, you know, we see her. I guess the last time we really see her is at the hospital where Desmond was uh, taken. Uh, and but is that the last we see of her? Yeah. And, well, in the, uh, in the yeah, real in world. Yeah, in the, in the island world. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I think she, you know, for a character who sort of was definitely, you know, off screen most of the time and uh, – and and wasn't a sort of big plot driver. She definitely intervened in some pretty big moments and, and helped the Lofties out in some pretty big moments. And, uh, and you know, it always worked with Penny and Desmond. You know, even though it was like they hit us over the head with their relationship, I think, you know, it it, it made it seem worth it. Right. You know, how, how grand it was. It made it seem like, you know, the universe wants these two to be together, or, you know, Desmond's going to destroy the world to be with her, you know, yes. whatever it takes. So, yeah, definitely, definitely happy with these two characters. And, you know, Desmond will always be just sort of, you know, this, this, you know, he is sort of a straightforward person, but he, but he also was just very, um, I don't know, he had some weird quality, you know, he had some weird quality, whatever, whatever quality made him want like, save his, you know, that book till the end of, you know, mm-hmm. when he was going to die, you know, what is it, uh, our mutual friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever quality made him the kind of person who wants to do that, I think, was, was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, the kind of person who's fighting fate a lot of times, you know, much like, you know, a lot of the other characters have to deal with fate knocking on their door and whether or not to answer, whether or not it's fate even knocking, you know, he had to deal with a lot of that, but he had these sort of big sort of sci-fi or fantasy things happen to him where he was sort of really confronted with sort of supernatural realities of, okay, 
not only consciousness is time traveling or I'm seeing Charlie die or, you know, sort of his, his conflict, his, his struggle to deal with that kind of stuff was, was definitely interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, his flash sideways antics were, you know, were, were, were really important too. Um, you know, you, you got to wonder what would have happened if Desmond didn't, didn't wake up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that Jack isn't the one who, you know, who wakes everyone up, you know. He's no. not the, the one to get them out of that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the last one mm-hmm. to wake up. I agree. Yeah, and it almost comes across, I don't know how much you're supposed to believe this, like the fact that they were woken up is predicated on Widmore doing his test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that, you know, something something along the lines of I mean, I'm trying to think of what the timeline of what happened. Cuz he Well, Charlie sort of started waking him up when he went into the water and he saw the flash of Charlie. Yeah. So, he's the one who sort of instigates that whole thing, but but the, but Widmore's flashing sort of does something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he comes to understand what's going on. So, yeah, maybe it goes more the other way. Maybe it's more that Island Desmond takes something away from that. Yeah, I think it's more for Island Desmond. But the Flash Sideways Desmond just gets woken up by Charlie slash Penny eventually. Yeah. Which makes sense, of course. Of what course. else would it be? Yeah. But definitely, you know, Desmond had such great episodes. It was like, you know, it was the kind of thing where it got to the point where if it was a Desmond episode, it was probably going to be great. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, they they stand apart yeah, from the other episodes. They're always unique. Um. Well, all right. R.I.P. Desmond David Hume and uh, Penelope Whitmore Hume. Yeah, she's married to Desmond. Uh, Sonia Walger and uh, Henry and Cusick. Uh, good job, guys. Indeed. Good job. Fans for life now. Yes. I'll have to watch whatever you're in from now on. Yes. Yeah, those uh, particularly those those actors, very good. Mhm. Very good. All right, let's move on to uh you know, little known characters here like Kate. Oh, okay. Kate, Sawyer, Jack. Let's see the people who left Kate Sawyer, Jack, Locke and Christian I think are are the only ones who are sort of left. Okay. Okay. I'd say, you know, Sawyer or Kate at this point. Okay. Okay. Sawyer and Kate. Um, so, oh, we're going to sort of pair them up? Oh, let's do, maybe let's do Juliet and Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. Seems like that's I'm, I'm sorry, I actually forgot Juliet was in there. I don't know if I read her name. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Juliet and Sawyer. 
so we did kind of R.I.P. Juliet when she died. Um, yeah. So again, I'll, I'll truncate it a bit, but I'll just reiterate uh, one of the better characters on the show for me. Uh, you know, I think she's one of the reasons why, even though a lot of people complain about those first six episodes of season six, I think, you know, she's one of the better parts of those. And I think, you know, she makes those worth watching to a certain degree. Oh, totally. So, you know, and that was the introduction of her character. And, like, the first scene her character has is fantastic. And it was just, mm-hmm. just like Desmond, I guess. She gets a really great entrance. Um, yeah. So, um, so I'll give her that. Uh, I really... Uh, I really liked her character in season three was was a huge standout. Her flashback episodes were really interesting, and uh, you know I, I really I really just liked where they took her character that season. I think probably my least favorite Juliet time is season four, where it just seemed like she was sitting around. Uh, I definitely get the sense that maybe if the writer strike hadn't happened, that other woman subplot might have gone somewhere. But uh, mm-hmm. in the end, it, it just seemed like, well, they should have put that in season three. It would have made more sense. But uh, but as it stands, just kind of a weird anomaly. I, I guess I'm glad we have it because I, I sort of like to know what that was supposed to be about. But uh, it didn't really pay off. That's the only bad thing about it. It, it worked on its own terms. Um, but uh, season five, Juliet was, was back to form, definitely. Uh, you know, getting Sawyer's back and uh, shooting at people on the outrigger, mm-hmm. shooting at mysterious people that will never know who they were, possibly. Um, but she, you know, just picked up a rifle and started firing, and, and, you know, she shot one of the others. She was just, you know, you could count on her for stuff like that. And then uh, hanging out in Dharma, getting in this relationship with Sawyer, and then eventually hitting the bombs. You know, she really... Uh, uh, <laughs> She really did a lot in season five. That was a great, great season for her. So big comeback, great death scene, great death, and really good little apologue with her and Sawyer as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Juliet was, was you know, everyone knows she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, something about Elizabeth Mitchell just, just makes Juliet just pop. And, yeah, you know, the, the early days of her and, and, and Jack in the um, – in that uh, Dharma uh, Dharma room, what was it, the shark cage or shark tank or wherever they were, um, was great. And, you know, you want a sandwich, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Toothpicks and, and the grilled cheese. Toothpicks, yeah. And, like, uh, and then, of course, the big moment when she played that video for Jack and was uh, yeah. there. I mean, that's just one of the best moments of Lost and, and you're just like, oh no, what's going on? She's got this hidden message, and she's she's trying to help him, and all this stuff. And it was, yeah. it was it was too great. And um, yeah, that other woman stuff. I have to assume they were leading into something about Jack and Juliet versus Kate, and uh, maybe something with Ben and Juliet. Um, you know, it seems like they had some theme going there, but they didn't get to develop it. Um, but uh, but yeah, all the stuff you know, she was just she was to me pretty much the closest thing to a female Saeed in yeah. her in her handiness and her ability to be you know extremely useful in like any situation and really dependable and and just a smart character uh, who had heart and and you know but but someone who once you could trust her <laughs> you could trust and uh, right. 
And, uh, you know, her fight with Charlotte at the Tempest oh, God. was just great. Just great. Just like, we're going to we're gonna destroy this place <laughs> trying to kill each other. Like, I'm yeah. going to knock you into this, and you're going to knock me into that. And it's not a sort of civilized girl fight. It's, it's yeah, very no. And, it was like a really sloppy scene from Kill Bill or something. Yeah, exactly. It was very just like visceral and really brutal and just like, I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we're going to knock over all that shit right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she, you know, she was great. And like I said, I'm a huge season five fan. And her, so, so much of that is, is her, her her time with Sawyer and uh, and her, her help and all of that. And, you know, the, the moment when the Losties come back and she's like, it's over. And you think, oh, Juliet, you're overreacting, you know, like. yeah. That's all right. Don't worry about it. You can have your paradise still. And it's just like, no, nope, she called it. It's over. You yeah. Know, this is the beginning of the end for that era. And um, yeah, it was great to have her along the ride when they were when they were time flashing too. And um, and uh, but yeah, you know. And then the end, of course, with her unfortunately getting sucked down the uh, swan side hole there. That damn chain, you know. Makes me not want to buy chains for anything ever. Uh, not that I do, but I'm like want to boycott chains. Yes. Uh, for its horrible job of kill of getting her killed, but um, of course, dramatically it was spectacular. And then and then you know then she falls down there. She's not even dead. And then it's just like she's gonna hit the bomb. You're just killing me here, you know. Yeah. I can't take any more of this. And um, yeah, she closed so, out know. season five. Man, she closed out with a bang, you know. And um yeah, so she she's she's one of my favorite characters of all time in the show, even more, you know, sort of than her contributions, which were, you know, pretty big in most parts, but just just overall, like she sort of just surpasses a lot of sort of the main characters just because of how largely how well she was played, but just sort of sort of the, the sort of uh, elements of her character were, were just really you know how she started out from the, you know, you see her flashback and she's this meek researcher and she's, right. you know, she's hiding from her ex-husband so she doesn't have to be in an uncomfortable situation, you know, right. like, that's where she starts out, you know, and then she just gets involved in all this stuff with the others and, and trying to, trying to really be, you know, honest, uh, honestly trying to help them with the fertility issues and realizing she's in the grit, grip of a, of a, of a egomaniac and uh, who won't, you know, in Ben who won't let her leave and, uh, and sort of realizing that uh, she's sort of she's sort of trapped and and having to cope with that and you know all she wants to do is make muffins you know uh, or was it cupcakes I forget what it was muffins uh, and uh, you know have a little book club and make muffins and then then this plane breaks up because some guy on the other side of the island decided not to press a button because mm-hmm. the other guy who was supposed to help him was trying to leave and and. Um, all that stuff, and, you know, that little, I think it was, was it a Mobisode where they showed Ben and Juliet in the Pearl? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I, I never liked Oh, no, no, that. no, Ben and Juliet in the Pearl was expose. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. It was, uh, I, I, I felt like it was sort of outside of the canon because it was Nicky and Paolo centric. Yes. But uh, I, that always sort of bugged me, like, oh, okay, you guys went down there that one time for no reason? All right, fine. <laughs> but, um but besides that, you know, Juliet was just, you know, in terms of if you charted how much I liked her, just she just has a very high average. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great stuff. 
I agree. So, yeah, RIP Juliet, uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Mitchell, man. You know, I'm definitely, you know, will watch anything else she's in. I, I gave V a try. <laughs> I really did. And it was really because of her. Like, the show was – the premise was okay at best. And uh, and I'm like, you know, Juliet is starring in this. Or, yeah, Elizabeth Mitchell is starring in this. i got to watch it. And Right. You know, she wasn't Juliet, uh, unfortunately, but um, but she was still good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, R.I.P. Juliet. All right, yes. All right, so James Sawyer Ford. What is there to say about this guy? Man. From the early days on the show when he was just – Al for himself, collecting his own stash, um, you know, bartering with people. People had to come to him for stuff, you know, getting tortured and then, like, trying to get Kate to kiss him just so he can tell her he doesn't have what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Just, just a ridiculously antagonistic character in the early part of the series. Um but of course we learned that, you know, his past is extremely tragic. Uh, you know, his parents doing a murder suicide and uh you know, that leading to him becoming a, a con man himself, like the thing that caused his parents to do that, like that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, then searching out uh the guy who who's responsible. Um and it's hard not to sympathize with that, even though his on island persona is so uh, unsympathetic mm-hmm. um, but he still had some good moments uh, you know I, the I never seen always surprises me uh, when I watch it because it seems like it should be awful but somehow it works um, yeah. and uh, you know he you know he met Christian Shepard and got to share that moment with Jack and you know tell Jack he was the only friend he ever had and I, I feel like at a certain point you know maybe it was um it's hard to identify because it was very gradual. Um, you know, the, there, there's a long con where he gets the guns back, and it's like, ah, we're back to, you know, because Sawyer is sort of sort of redeemed as he ends up on the raft and, um, you know, tries to, uh, you know, develop certain um, friendships with other characters. Um, seems like he's on a path, and then, and then he kind of reverts. Um, but I think by the end, uh, when he gets captured by the others and stuff he goes through with Kate in the, in the cages and then, uh, uh, and then the subsequent development of actually killing the, you know, Anthony Cooper, the guy who's responsible for his parents like that, that seems like maybe the major turning point. And I think in season four, he becomes a seriously heroic character who, um, you know, ends up, you know, running running through a hail of bullets and explosions to uh, rescue Claire from the from the house that blew up. Uh mm-hmm. so uh so that, that you know, that was pretty amazing and uh you know, then he sort of leads them back and, you know, he's the one who sort of rescues Aaron and uh um and then of course the big moment of jumping off the helicopter, uh, you know, serious uh sacrifice on his uh part to uh to get get the other people rescued and you know well, not if you ask Cassidy but I I believe you're <laughs> <laughs> not yeah exactly 
I'm gonna I'm gonna part ways with Cassidy on that one. I think you know yeah. she's understandably bitter, but uh, he's a little too cynical to really yeah. understand what he was doing. But yeah, yeah, I think I think there was it it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't quite what she made it out to be. But yeah, uh, that was a great you know moment, and it, I thought it was clear, even though you know there was still a sort of transitional period uh, slapping Dan around for his shirt. <laughs> For example, give me your shirt. Slap, <laughs> give me that shirt. What are you? Why? Why? Give me your shirt. I'll slap you again. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that was like, come on, Sawyer, what's your problem? Um, but you know, once they ended up in the seventies, he his skills as a man became totally essential to getting them integrated into Dharma and the the life they were able to have there for, for three years. Um, Mm -hmm. And he became the sort of de facto leader of that group, I think, Um, you know, being the sort of sheriff of of the barracks or of Dharma or something. And uh, it's sort of being responsible for, for security, uh, you know, gave him a, a hand up. And definitely, I think that, that was the ultimate sort of redemption for his character, I think. Um, yeah. That period of time, uh, developing the relationship with Juliet and with the others, and never stopping um, the search for the rest of the people. Um, yeah. You know, and so that that was that was when it was like, oh man, Sawyer is like the hero of the show. Like he's just blowing me away. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you know. Uh, I think tragedy struck and, and with Juliet dying and he had a, a downward spiral, which was hard to watch, but definitely strong, dramatically uh, great scene with, with him in the house uh, drinking and uh, all that. That was really good stuff. Um, uh, I liked his um, Flash Sideways episode, uh, The Little Adventures with Zoe, uh, you know, he was he was really an intuitive character. He he shared a little bit with Saeed in that regard. He was good at sort of calling situations before certain things were obvious. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I always liked that that quality and, and the fact that he was the good con man definitely you know, it's nice as sort of this this thing that is kind of part of his tragic past, like became a big asset. Like that was that was a good twist, uh, for his character. Um and, uh, you know, he makes it off the island in the end to live out some life in the real world, I guess. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of uh, amazing to me. That's not what I would have expected his character to go from, to the guy who's, you know, scrounging through the fuselage, you know, picking picking stuff away from the, you know, around the dead bodies and stuff for his stash, you know, to sort of where, you know, where he is at the end. Um it's again just like Hurley. It's such a drastic journey. It's hard not to be kind of blown away by how big it is. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he starts as a guy who's really selfish and really doesn't care what other people do uh, as long as they don't mess with him. And then he's, you know, he's a guy who is, you know, ultimately caring about everyone in the group and protecting them and making sure that they end up uh, reuniting with their with their friends and. Uh, yeah, he he definitely had a really long journey and a really you know and it's you know you can see him changing every step of the way and so it's like it's really drastic but it but it sort of fits when you see all the parts and 
And, um, you know, Sawyer's definitely, you know, one of my, you know, top five favorite characters on the show. And um, just just the the combination of, uh, you know, intelligence and, uh, and wit and, uh, you know, uh, also uh, sort of, you know, the badass quality he has and, you know, he can handle a gun and he can handle, you know, uh, uh, violent situations and he can read people and he can, you know, jump to the right conclusions and be two steps ahead you know, even even against other you know smart characters, you know he can he can out out con them and um, and you know it's it, it's it's you know the kind of thing that that's really great and it's uh, it, it's cool to see him where he starts out and and then to see him apply his you know apply the skills that he has to uh, to his benefit and the benefit of you know his friends and stuff on the island and you know so many little things. Um, but, uh, but definitely season five is, is a bit, is a big one. And, uh, and, um, his whole thing with Anthony Cooper was great. You know, like you said, his childhood and his, you know, funny what his, what his backstory is was, was huge and, and tragic. And, uh, and, and the fact he actually gets to read that letter to the real Anthony, you know, the real Sawyer, um, you know, is pretty powerful, you know, in the midst of that being about Locke, it's, you know, it comes back to being about Sawyer. Yes. So that was, that was pretty awesome. And, uh, and just that letter itself was, was just an awesome piece of writing, you know, dear Mrs. Sawyer, you don't know me, but I know who you is. You know, I just, I love that. Uh, you know, this kid who's just like gonna just, I'm just going to write this to you and, one day I'm gonna read it to you before I kill you, and yeah, uh, that's that's just great stuff. And yeah, uh, protecting Aaron, and um, yeah, he just becomes this guy who he's never, you know, at a certain point, it's never about getting rescued for him. You know, it's never he. He really wasn't the kind of character who was always like, we just got to get off this island, we just got to get rescued. Right. You know, obviously, he wanted to. You know, he obviously was invested in the raft and invested in in the various ways that they were trying to escape over the years. But, but um, you know, he sort of realized he didn't have a great life to go back to at, in the real world anyway. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, he sort of made his peace with what was going on on the island and um, and and managed to actually be the guy who was like trying to make sure everyone survives. Which is pretty, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, his death, you know, Juliet's death, uh, really, really threw him for a loop, and uh, and that was great to see too, to see him really just fall, and just really just be be miserable without her, and um, and then have to deal with Man in Black coming in and and trying to uh, coerce him into doing things, and uh, you know. Uh, all that stuff was really interesting. Uh, I, that the team, he's like, "You're not John Locke." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, don't tell that to a person who looks like John Locke. You know? <laughs> like, you ain't scared. I was like, mm-hmm. God "Damn you, Sawyer! Look at you just reading people." Yeah, yeah, and he's in a drunken stupor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in a drunken that? stupor. And he just totally still got the got that skill, and he's. Uh, yeah, and his, you know, his relationship with Jack was always interesting. They were always butting heads, and, you know, I think there was an interesting sort of 
sort of you know smaller sub subtext of their their various leadership philosophies. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's interesting to see what Sawyer how the kind of leader he becomes when Jack isn't around. You know, I think that's it's kind of like, well, what would have happened if Jack wasn't on the plane and right. Sawyer, you know, was was around? Now, I don't think he would have taken everyone under his wing because he wasn't that Sawyer in the beginning. True. Uh, but it would have been interesting just to see how things would have gone on with 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 no one else sort of trying to become the leader. You know, no one fighting that role, uh, fighting to have that role. Yeah. He's definitely someone who whose experiences on the island were essential in his character growth. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really you don't really have the character you have at the end without all the stuff he went through. Totally. Totally. But that's one where it really makes sense that, you know, those those years were a giant turning point for him and, you know, I don't know exactly what he does when he gets back to the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just don't imagine him just going back to being a con man. You know, I have to imagine he goes back and he's interested in being a police officer or something like that. Like that's what he was sort of taught. Like he was he was able to sort of let go of his 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 con man past and sort of be done with that. You know, the last long con or something. Right. And uh, and then I, I would imagine he would go and try to do something completely different. And maybe yeah. like the idea of the, the Flash Sideways world, you know, like he gets that chance to be the, 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 the good guy. So maybe he does that back home or something. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And, you know, being a detective, you know, if that's what he does, he does get to use some of those. Mm-hmm. Confidence man skills. He gets to sleep so, with people. He gets to sleep with people. <laughs> That's a skill. Hey, this is part of the job. Hey, I'm working here. Working here. Yikes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so much of what makes Sawyer great is Josh Holloway. Yeah. Uh, you know, just ridiculously good scenes. So many ridiculously good scenes. Yeah, and I think he's also an actor. Not that he was bad at the beginning, but I I do think he improved over the course of the show. Mhm. And and you know, I mean, he got more to do, but I feel like he really uh, lived up to it and sort of rose to the occasion. Yeah, totally. You know, he wasn't really asked to do scenes of the of the type he ended up having to do later in the show early on so um uh so that again that's it's very that's one of the really powerful things about lost when you have those those giant character arcs that you can watch play out over time mhm you know looking back at it it really you know you see how much how much they did with him. And when you get the global picture of it, it's really, uh, really impressive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. To go from the happy go lucky con man, you know, the sarcastic guy, you know, who, you know, don't get in my way and don't try to take anything from yeah. my stash to, yeah. You know, to, uh, to what he becomes at the end is, is a pretty, pretty big difference. Uh, you know, it's definitely fun to watch. Yes. Yes. 
you know, uh, probably the worst Sawyer time was the, the tree frog episode. You know, oh, God. Something, something like that. Something just a real, just a real sort of general waste of time. Yeah, totally pointless subplot. Yeah. Get nothing Gotta get out that of tree that. frog. Gotta get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they already did the boar episode. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, now another animal's gonna bother him. Yeah. And he let the boar yeah. live. <laughs> Didn't we at some point, I'm sure, uh, suggest that uh, the tree frog and or that boar was man in black? Yes, I believe that Something suggestion like that. was made. <laughs> to sort of like mess with Sawyer or something. Yes, yes. Because uh, I think, did, wasn't there some idea that the spider who killed Nikki and Paolo, whatever, the spiders that killed mm-hmm. them were man in black or something weird like that? Yeah, you hear the you hear the smoky noises before mm-hmm. before the spiders come out. Yeah, so I think I think you are supposed to think that either either the spiders are him or they're you know they they let they let him talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Those spiders are already on his side because they let him talk to them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So there is a sense, and I think, you know, I think he talks to Vincent at the beginning. So I, there, there is a sense in which it looks like he can sort of communicate with animals. Yeah. And have them go do stuff. So that would definitely not uh, rule out, you know, talking to a boar or talking to a tree frog. <laughs> yeah, I put, I, I'm put. i putting Vincent, uh, Christian talking to Vincent as being Christian, so I, I'm not counting that. But there there, there does seem to be something with smoky animals. Yeah. I, I also like Sawyer's relationship with Jen, you know, that was, a, that was you know, they, they, they became friends and they did stuff together, and that was that was nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Ditto, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, anything else for Sawyer? I think that's it. R.I.P. James Sawyer Ford. Yes. Excellent, excellent job, Josh Holloway. Yes, four stars. Well done. Four stars. Alrighty, so you want to go to 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 Kate? Okay, we can do Kate. Sure. Um, Catherine and Austin. Yes. Mhm, mhm. So Kate, Kate, Kate. <laughs> oh, Kate. Oh, Kate. What do you you know? <sighs> You know, I don't, I don't know what to say about Kate. Um, she, 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 she went up and down so many times over the course of the show, and her, her issues were always getting other people into trouble. <laughs> so you know, yes. Um, so you know, but but in the beginning, she started out really interesting. You know, once you know the whole she's the she's the uh, criminal person and escorted by the marshal, and what does she do and you know, like you talked about before, we find out what she did, and it's like, okay, well, not the craziest thing ever, but okay, you know. Um, her little her little flashback about being married was 
you know, not the best stuff ever. Lame-o, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, season three was interesting. She was just sort of the pawn and, and everything that was going on with Jack and some of the stuff that was going on with Sawyer uh, when they were all captured by the others. Uh, that stuff was interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, once we get to season four, I think I'm I'm pretty much on board with Kate and, uh, you know, I, or I should say, like, she gets sort of more consistent for me uh, and um, does a lot of sort of interesting things uh, after that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she was always, she was always, you know, she was always one to jump in and want to go on the mission, which was always nice. You know, like, yeah. she definitely tried to help and she definitely tried to, uh, you know, she... She did, uh, you know, often ruin things, but when she didn't ruin them, uh, you know, she was she was usually good to have around. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, her time with Aaron and that whole stuff about raising him and, you know, her engagement to Jack and all that stuff was interesting. And, uh, and then her decision to go back was to, you know, once we find out why she went back to get Claire, I thought it was pretty awesome that there was at least one person who cared about Claire and that, you know, enough to do something that drastic, uh, you know, cause it just seemed like, well, people left. And even though people cared about her, it wasn't, you know, they, it just seemed like, well, that's not the issue anymore. But, um, but of course she had a connection to Claire because she was raising Aaron and, um, you know, that, that dream she had when Claire appears to her and says, don't bring Aaron back to the island, I think, was uh, was a really good move for whatever caused that because, you know, it made it where she didn't bring Aaron back, which would have been, I think, really bad. Uh, oh, yeah. With all, with all the drama and conflict that was going on. and and uh, But it was, you know, it was a good good reason for, for Kate to, um, to have to go try to save uh, Claire. And she succeeded, and she, you know, was alive at the end to see herself sort of succeed, which was pretty awesome to to chance death by going back to the island uh, when you can die for, like, doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you can die because it's just, you know, a bad day. Right. Uh, you're standing in the wrong place or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've always enjoyed Kate. You know, I think I think she never sort of peaked as high as some other characters, but um, but she's she always had an interesting presence, and she was always you know you could you could see why Jack and and Sawyer liked her. You know, you could see why other characters you know became friends with her. She, you know, she was really compassionate and really sort of you know um, sort of interesting that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, man, Kate, 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 so, she's a tough one. Um, yeah, she is. Uh, she, she definitely had, she definitely had an erratic, uh, period, um, where I, I went from liking things to, to kind of not liking things that she was doing, um, she did always have those great moments. I always appreciated appreciated her her gung ho attitude of mm-hmm. just let's just let's just go in. I mean, it, you know, she didn't really think it through very well, and she usually messed up. But I, 
I appreciate the, uh, the, the sentiment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. She wasn't a tactician. She wasn't a Saeed or anything, but she was definitely no. ready and willing to carry out all sorts of extremely dangerous missions. Yeah. So it's hard not to not to like that aspect of her character, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I always did, even though even though I was frustrated with where she ended up sometimes. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's it's those moments like uh like you know when she just you know they 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 go up to um when when they're about to to free Carl uh, when they're making their escape from Hydra and you know she just takes Sawyer's rifle and knocks Aldo in the face with it mm-hmm. it's like holy shit she's not fucking around Aldo remembers that he totally remembered that yeah yeah exactly it was it was like you know sort of like that kind of stuff um, all the way up to, you know, her shooting the man in black and, and being the first one to jump off the cliff, you know, it's, it's all, you know, that aspect was, was pretty consistent um, throughout, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think the big thing with her was, you know, she wanted to run away from her problems. Uh, that's, that's sort of where, you know, uh, where her, basic issue was and uh i think i think that once she uh once she actually started taking care of aaron did that for three years you know that was sort of a version of of settling down and and learning how to not run away from problems i think the the issue was that you know aaron being around was always a reminder that they left claire behind And I I think uh, I understand that in the end, you know, she sort of did kind of run away from Aaron as well. But it was at least to try to go bring Claire back. And because I I don't think she could handle just raising Aaron and sort of leaving Claire uh, to an uncertain fate forever after that. Um, Yeah. So I appreciate that she did that. Um, I think that was a, a good move. And it's it's good that she actually managed to accomplish that, and I think once she's done that, I think at that point she really is ready to, you know, stop running away from things and sort of you know become um, become a, a, a stable uh, person, you know, and and so so she did have a, a character arc. It just it just kind of wobbled all over the place. It, it seemed like she would just revert to things at various times, but I think like you said, by the end. You know, the last few seasons, you know, she was on a fairly clear path. And uh, the scene with her and Jack when she shows up and that whole noir thing, that was a great scene. Um, And uh, I definitely liked the early days when we didn't know what was up with her. Uh, And, uh, you know, even some of the other stuff she did uh, in the the crappy period, you know, there was was, uh, good times as well. And, And also, you know, she definitely has that, Shannon thing, you know, uh, Sawyer and Jack uh, liked Kate, so you know, I'm big. I'm a big Sawyer and Jack fan, so she gets bonus points just for that. Um, <laughs> I I understand that, you know. I I agree with you. I I I see why they liked her. I think she's the kind of person that, you know, could be fun to just hang around, but sort of, you know, on a day to day sort of plot basis, it was was kind of frustrating um, mm-hmm. at times. But uh, but I never hated her. I never wanted her to die or anything. Yeah. I, I I wanted her to you know succeed and, and sort of overcome her issues and and do the things 
that she set out to do, like it clear back which she does. So I think um, I think that was a pretty big triumph for her. Uh, so it's really good that she you know got on that plane and with Claire and sort of got off on the island of the island in the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I imagine she'll still have some kind of role in Aaron's life, um, even if she lets Claire sort of take over. Yeah. Aaron has two mommies now. Yeah. One's the, one's the real mommy and one's the mommy who raised him when the other mommy was away. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I, I, I think not, not one of my favorite, favorite characters, but I think she definitely earned her place on the show and, uh, uh, and finished strong. Mm-hmm. Great, great stuff in the finale. Great stuff in the finale. She definitely finishes really strong. She gets to kill the man in black. So, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, only her and Jack can sort of share that credit. Um, yeah, totally. So, Basically, you know, Des- Desmond, Desmond gives an assist, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know they kind of but yeah, she saves Jack's life, and which totally mirrors you know her her helping him through the through the the years, and of course right after the plane crashes and. Yeah, uh, you know he makes that remark about just give me some thread and I'll count to five and uh, right. all that and um, so it was so yeah she had a she had a good run. Um, uh, there was one other Kate moment I wanted to bring up and now I can't remember what it was, but um, but yeah no she had a lot of she had a lot of good stuff and and again you know the cast you know the the actress uh, Evangeline Lilly like really sort of, you know, again, I think it's sort of newcomer to acting. Yeah. And um, just sort of really embodying the character and uh, and making, uh, you know, sort of making the character a little bit better than the character is written. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, Catherine Ann Austin, R.I.P., yeah. Evangeline Lilly, give her an Emmy, all right? <laughs> yes, please. Um, all right, so let's move on to we're moving up the list here. <laughs> all right. Let's go to uh let's go to John Locke. Uh, I know, I know. I I just I can't believe we're at the point where we can we can, you know, we can just talk about the history of John Locke on Lost. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't really know until the last minutes whether we'd seen the end of that history or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, wow, wow. So, it's it's amazing. I think, you know, John Locke is... is you know, definitely in the in the first tier of important characters, and I mean his importance is is such that even though he dies, uh, basically midway through season five, mm-hmm. um, he still feels like a main character on the show, even when he's gone. I guess partially because you have Terry O'Quinn still around, mm-hmm. um, but also because you know the fact that he's around is is a constant reminder of what happened to Locke. Um, and how that led to what we're watching now. Um, I think, uh, you know, Locke was pivotal. I think without Locke, you know, we just don't have anyone who really cares about the island very much. Mm-hmm. And so 
the fact that Locke really, you know, really needed something, really needed purpose in his life, uh, felt, you know, had this horrific past with his dad where he stole his kidney and, um, and then put him in a wheelchair and, uh, you know, feeling like he, he couldn't do anything. He was just sort of a, a worthless human being and, uh, you know, trying to do these physical feats um, and, and not being able to because he can't walk, you know, um, getting, you know, getting a chance to kind of live his dream, um, which, which makes him want to pursue something even more than, I get to walk around. I want, I want some grand destiny. I want, I want to be special. I want to, I want to have some, some major importance. And you know, it gave him a, you know, an, an inflated probably ego or sense of self worth, and it made him behave very erratically at times. But you know, at the same time, it made his character compelling, and it's really you know, a big part of the reason why I was interested in the show a lot of the time. Um, his character was just a catalyst for uh, so many of, of, the, of the, you know, great plot points in, in Lost. Um, and, uh, I, you know, his season one persona was, uh, was really, uh, really interesting. Um, I really... You know, season one, it, it was like, I'll, you know, I'll follow John Locke anywhere. He's he's the guy I want to be with. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, he tragedy strikes again, and he he just, even though he really wants to his life to mean something, he really, he really, despite being a man of faith, he really had doubt all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he never, he always wanted continuous signs that he was doing the right thing. He always. He always needed confirmation, and not only that, he needed his purpose to be fulfilling, and 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 so he finds this this hatch in the ground, and he thinks it's his purpose to open it, and he eventually opens it, and he finds it's just a button to push down there, and he starts to be dissatisfied with that. Is this my destiny? This seems really crappy. Maybe this doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe my destiny is to not push the button. <laughs> and then he realizes he's sort of wrong that it doesn't do anything and 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 then and then that eventually um i feel like that that eventually uh leads him to say okay okay i was on the right path but then i then i got sidetracked now now i realize we do have a destiny here i'm gonna keep everybody here i'm gonna Mm -hmm. blow up the submarine i'm gonna you know even blow up the communication station i'm gonna throw you know kill naomi before she can call the freighter this, this period of you know, okay, if you guys aren't going to stay here, you know, I'm going to be destiny. I'm going to mm-hmm. force you people to stay here because you have to carry out some kind of larger plan here. Yeah. You know, um, that, I mean, that, that stuff is just so, you know, I, it's hard to like the character cause he's doing crazy stuff and you kind of want the characters to get rescued, but it's, you know, it's so vital to have someone doing that, and it's uh, and it's interesting that he, you know, continues to pursue that, you know, all the way up to, you know, uh, talking to Christian and, and then having the island moved and then, you know, being a bit of a leader while they're time traveling and then going back to the real world trying to convince everyone to come back and just – and and 
you know, as much as he wanted his life to have purpose, he kept get, you know, getting the door slammed in his face over and over again and, you know, trying to kill himself twice and just he's such a such a combination of just having a inflated ego and having no ego at all. Like just Mm-hmm. back and forth between the two and that's sort of what made him uh a really compelling character i think for me uh and you know his his relationship with uh ben was was really interesting frustrating because you you hated how ben was able to pull his strings so easily but uh but it was still really uh great to watch and you know all the way up to his death um you know i was i was invested in that story I, I think, um, uh, you know, once Man in Black starts appearing as him, you really get a sense of what, you know, of what John Locke had specifically, um, because there's there's such a sharp distinction between the characters, and uh, uh, I think I think once you realize how tragic his story is, you know, wanting a purpose so much that someone uses him um, to fulfill their purpose. Something, something Locke never would have wanted. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a great tragic story. I, I think Locke, I think Locke gets one of the best uh, overall stories for Lost. It's really powerful, and you know, there's he, he's just um, when I think of Lost, you know, he's he's really close to the top of what I top of the list of what I think about uh, when I when I think about the show and and that's even with his character being almost absent for the last season and a half mm-hmm. you know um, so so that's I, I I wish he had more to do in the afterlife but uh, I appreciate that they gave us a little more of the original character we get to see him in some way um in some way coming to terms with, I guess, being in a wheelchair, uh, you know, issues with Jack, stuff like that. I, I, I'm glad they spent time on all that stuff, and we got a little more of, of the original character. Um, and and his last scene with Ben was very good. And he actually speaks the last lines on the show. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, great character. I think you like him a little bit. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there is no loss without John Locke. Um, you know, there's, there's the show is, is not the same. And, uh, you know, pretty much ditto what you said. You know, his early years, uh, the, you know, the early days in the island, season one stuff was, was pretty awesome. And, and just, you know, a show that sort of set up as this mystery and, uh, and wanting to, you know, sort of the audience sort of just wanting to figure out what's going on and having a character who also wants to figure out what's going on and who sees to have this connection and trying to figure out what that connection is. And, you know, he does get to sort of, um, I think, a huge, a huge, um, you know, character arc and, and one of the most dramatic and impactful, I think, uh, because of their sort of final word that um, that he really wasn't special. Uh, and, and this idea that he was sort of, um, you know, the illusion, the illusion of being special sort of predicated on, some of the, the, the time traveling events and predicated on him being used by Smokey and some of these other things made him seem special. And, uh, you know, and again, you know, it's, you know, it's about interpretation, you know, so it's like, it's interesting to see how, how, you know, interpretation from his perspective of, 
getting the use of his legs back and thinking that means something and trying to figure out what it means and that leading to bone dying and that leading to the discovering the hatch and that leading to the hatch imploding and then he he's you know then he's then he's on a new path to you know really it's kind of like he's you know keeping everyone together you know it, it's his opinion is he's you know trying to prevent people from leaving because he thinks they stay on the island but you know, now that we know that the island is uh, this important uh, time for them, you know, you kind of see like a different a different reason for him to want to keep them all together. Uh, yeah. and maybe he doesn't even know because it's important in, in, in terms of the afterlife. So yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that, and um, and you know, just as this is arc in general, starting from this this sort of very meek guy and unassuming guy, and really sort of like just broken by what. But how his his uh you know the aban- sort of abandonment issues in the beginning and then and then sort of being uh, manipulated by his father and uh you know time and time again um you know making him this sort of guy who really as much as he wants to have faith that that he's important he really needs to it, it needs to be proven he needs to see proof of it before he can believe it you know so each new bit of uh, evidence that he thinks is proof takes him a little bit, and then he gets to another barrier where he's like, "Well, I don't know what to do about this." And uh, even though he might, it's like, "Okay, well, I think I know what to do." You know, when he when he when he has been prisoner, you know, you think, "Oh, okay, Locke's in charge now." Uh, but Ben just easily pulls the strings and makes him throw the dishes. You know, right? Like, okay, Locke still isn't, you know, he isn't the man in charge really. Yeah, uh, and you know that sort of continues and. You know all the stuff in season five of the time flashes, and you know these sort of this sort of like the you know by happenstance by virtue of the fact he's time traveling sort of makes various people throughout the decades think think he's sort of really important, you know. But it's really only because he's time traveling, you know. Um, Richard wouldn't have gone to see Locke if Locke didn't tell him to go see him, right? You know, so stuff like that was interesting to see, and just sort of the final word being that uh he never really got to uh he never really got to deal with his problems on the island. He didn't get like a Sawyer moment where he got to literally confront the man responsible for all his his problems. Uh and of course Locke did get to confront his his dad, but he he chose not to actually, you know, let go at that point or right. actually move move past his issues. And of course his issues were sort of bigger than that at that point anyway. But uh, but that being the beginning of his issues, he he sort of wasn't strong enough to actually you know go through with it. Um, so yeah, he had a he had a really great great journey on the show, and his importance even after he died was was pretty was pretty big and interesting to watch. And you know his relationship with Ben, like you said, was was just great. And um, you know Ben and Locke, it, it's it's interesting just to see the sort of you know how you can sort of pair people up in terms of their interactions and connections, and you know, uh, Ben and Locke are you know greatly connected, but so are you know uh, Locke and Jack, you know, mm-hmm. um, so are Ben and Jack, you know. So it's like you all these different connections you can make to sort of you know two points, two people, uh, but you know you can change it and have other connections that are that are that are really big too. So it's interesting that way. It's not just Locke just has a big connection to Ben, or Locke just has a big connection to Jack, or Locke just has a big connection to Boo, and it's like all these different people he's sort of influencing, and you know, even Claire in terms of Man in Black, Locke, you know, yes, uh, stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, on on uh, on Lostpedia under life experiences, it, it has this whole list that says uh, Locke is unique in that he has had at least one significant life experience in common with virtually every key plane crash survivor or island inhabitant. So it's a, it's a, sort of a long list, but you wow. know, stuff like uh, he's had something in common with Rose that he was healed by the island and decided never to leave. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, and, you know, he's connected to uh, Jacob that says both were murdered by Ben, both considered leaders of the others, you know, just like you can look at every character and see a connection that they share with Locke, which is somewhat interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Locke is great, you know, uh, definitely top five favorite Lost characters. And um, just, you know, Terry O'Quinn, I mean, what are you going to do with this guy? Yeah. You know, and I I've seen him in other stuff, but you know, he's he will always be John Locke. You know, he just was just so so much so much variety and so much depth in uh the various things he did and um and uh you know, some of the little things he would do would just be spectacular, so great job there. Yes. Um, all right, so is that it for Locke? I think it is. Well, R.I.P. John Locke, you uh, you will always be special to us. Yes. And uh, Terry O'Quinn needs an Emmy. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, you know, that leads us to uh, one last individual here who, um, you know, might be important to the show a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you might have, you might be familiar with him if you've seen an episode or two, uh, Doctor Jack Shepard. What? Yeah. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say Froger. Yeah, I'll save him. I, I'll save him for the very last. He's the most important character ever. So okay. Okay. Save the best for last. Good. Good. <laughs> so, so Jack, um, Jack is the kind of guy who. You know, he's a de facto leader because he wants to be and because he doesn't want to be. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, It's like he doesn't want to be in charge, but, you know, someone's got to do it, and he thinks he'll he'll, he'll do a good job, you know. And having, having him, you know, sort of that being sort of a setup, you know, sort of that mixed uh, with, uh, the issues with his dad Christian and sort of not being good enough and you know sort of sort of uh mirrored in that in his in his profession of being a surgeon you know which is something that takes a a, a great deal of aptitude and and talent and uh training and uh you know high risk uh and stuff like that and so you know you sort of see that that he's going for something that bold and that uh um uh what's the word uh um, you know, big goal. <laughs> I'm losing my language here. But uh, you know, such a such a um I can't think of the word I want to use. Um ambitious, ambitious, that's the word I want. Mhm. He's an ambitious guy, you know, to be a spinal surgeon is 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 an ambitious thing to, you know, to try to be great at and he's great at it. Yeah. You know, he's able to fix people that aren't supposed to be fixed and um 
And so starting there and, and seeing how he gets involved with everyone and, and he's really just trying to hold it all together in the face of these really ridiculous, crazy circumstances one after the other uh, is, is really great to watch and to see him have to deal with these decisions of choice and, and making uh, making decisions to, you know, from uh, doing Ben's surgery to, you know, uh, you know, even, even you know, trying to help the freighter, uh, you know, find them and all that stuff, get them rescued, and, uh, you know, he's, he just had such a great journey. And there was, there was parts where I did not like his character, you know, where he annoyed me or he was frustrating or he just wouldn't listen to John or he just wouldn't do this. And, yes. And I really think at the end of the day that makes him a lot better to me, uh, that, that there, were, there were times I didn't sort of like him. Yeah. You know, uh, because when when he comes back, when he when he gets great again, season four. Uh, I mean, who doesn't get better in season from season four on? I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, when he when he comes back and he's he's sort of the, you know in season four, then the flash sideways, flash forward, the sort of this dark guy who's trying to wrestle with with uh, leaving the island and the decision to go back, and and then later when he actually goes back and. And becomes and he's different, you know. When he comes back to the island and he and he flashes from 316 to the to the 70s, and he has to let Sawyer be in charge, and he just relegates that responsibility because it is working, you know. Um, yeah. it, it's really interesting to watch. And then again, his decision to to have to, you know, he's again faced with the decision to do surgery on Ben Linus. <laughs> Only in this universe is that is that possible. 30 years before he gets to try it again. Right. You know. Um, and I, that was one of my that was one of the moments I started really liking Jack again when he was like, I'm gonna try to learn lessons here, and I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna you know sort of make a decision and not be reactionary and sort of just stick to my guns on this and say, and sort of be, take a take a point of view and believe in it and not just sort of be reactionary. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then of course Kate gets involved and. <laughs> Muddles that, but uh, you know, but but that's what happens. Okay. Involved, but um, yeah, but that's what Kate does. But anyway, totally, uh, especially for Jack. Yeah, especially for Jack. So um, he he had a lot of a lot of great stuff, especially the last couple seasons, and um, he's just the kind of guy you I think. I think you want him to succeed. You know, you want him to get over his issues. You want him to help people. You want him to. Um, to sort of realize that he that uh, that there's more going on than just just what he sees, you know, and it, it it should it's like at a certain point it should be obvious, but he sort of isn't on that path and he doesn't want to accept it, you know, and it sort of takes lock dying for him to even get get towards that turning point. Yes. Uh, and uh, so yeah, his relationship with with Locke and his relationship with some of the some of the main characters are great uh, over the years and. You know, there's 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 something about you know writing the the obvious hero, but uh, but making them compelling. You know, I, I think that's sort of a hard thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, in the in the early part of the show, I think you know he did play more of the straightforward hero kind of role. You know, reluctantly accepting that he was he was the leader of the group and you know one of the big conflicts for him throughout the series was learning to live with the consequences of the decisions he made for everyone mm-hmm. um and and so i think that was um 
that was a big a big part of his uh character growth but i think um i think for me uh you know one of the big things about jack that i like is in a way like he said the, the stuff i disliked about him which is that um you know he he's very he's very forthright he can be charming he's helpful in a lot of situations he's usually willing to um you know, come to the rescue or go on a mission or whatever. Um, uh, but at the same time, he's very stubborn. He can be very petty. Um, and, you know, we really saw that side of him come out in season two with his bickering with Locke over the button. And then into season three, where he just almost sat there and pouted for half a season. Um, he would just burst out yelling periodically. He would, he would kind of explode. He had a pretty serious temper. And so, you know, he's too, you know, and he, and he has this really, really tempestuous relationship with his dad and his past where he, get, you know, turns his, I mean, his dad tells him he doesn't have what it takes when he's a kid and, he, you know, he feels like he never gets approval from his dad. Then eventually, he, you know, gets his father fired and leads to, leads to him going on this bender that leads to his death and never really gets resolution for that. Only, I think, sees, for the most part, the smoke monster impersonating his dad and, and never gets to actually talk to him and, you know, until the fucking end of the show, basically. You know, he has to carry out all of his island uh, tasks without that sort of closure. Um, mm mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I I definitely season two and three I was very frustrated with Jack uh, a weird period when he just I'm just gonna leave you all behind like that's Jack was in a crazy place uh, during those during those periods um, but then you know he sort of bounced back and uh, you know eventually ended up leading the charge that got some of them rescued at least and then leading the charge to come back because. You know, he really ended up feeling incomplete, like something big was missing, like basically like, you know, Locke was right about that thing. He shouldn't have left the island. He, there was something there for him to do, and uh, he just, he just, you know, folded his arms and denied it for a long time, and I guess somehow it took um, actually leaving to realize he should have stayed there. And uh, I think that's, um, you know, the the big turning point for him. And I, I feel like, yeah, he goes through he goes through a period of sort of sitting in the background once they get back to the island in season five. And I feel like smashing the lighthouse is kind of the last dying breath of the of the volatile sort of uh, temperamental, um, you know, um, jack of of you know, season three, um, you know, because I think, I think he's already on the path to sort of trying to, to do whatever the thing is that he's supposed to do. And I think, you know, he has that one last sort of temper tantrum and then kind of goes on this, uh, Zen like final journey, uh, you know, leading all the way up to, you know, killing the man in black and, and saving the island, saving the light, stuff like that. Even, you know, seeing everyone else for the most part rescued, uh, overhead, um, sort of closing out the series. And I think if there's one character that lost is about the most, it's Jack and, and his role could have been 
like you said, very boring, but because his character had so many negative qualities and because he was such a, he was a very strong character, very strong personality. Um, he, he was still compelling to watch even when he was frustrating. And, and once he came back, I was just, I was completely enamored with Jack. I've really liked Jack for a long time now. And it's surprising to me. I ever really didn't like his character. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I thought his, his final journey was, uh, fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, the way, the way I close out the series with him, um, is, uh, you know, feels perfectly appropriate, you know, for a series of the giant ensemble cast, like he's sort of the one who, like they said, it kind of, it, the story kind of revolves around, you know, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, his journey is so dramatic that, that it, it makes sense, um, that that's the case. So I, 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 he had, he had a lot of good uh, relationships with other characters. I think his thing with Locke was, was very significant for the show. And it got to a point where, you know, they'd have like one scene every season and, uh, and it would be, you know, it would be a very monumental scene. And, and Mm -hmm. the conflict between the two of them was, was the fundamental thing. Um, But I think, um, I think the, the the good thing about Jack is, you know, once he goes down that, that path, he's he's fully committed to it, you know. He doesn't waver quite the way Locke did. Uh he's he's sort of, you know, just just uh uh even after sort of the failure of the incident of the uh uh of the hydrogen bomb mission, you know, he's still willing to try to pursue whatever his destiny is. Okay, well that wasn't it. I'll try something else instead of this kind of death spiral that Locke seems to go into when he feels like he's not on the right path or, or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I like, Jack's very tenacious, and uh, it's hard not to appreciate that. And, and since he sort of is the final image of the show, the one who saves the island, um, you know, <laughs> three cheers for Jack, I guess. Yeah, you you kind of can't beat Jack, you know. And I, and I would say he gets sort of, he's fortunate that after his big, probably his biggest, uh, you know, um, attempt to save them, uh, you know, which is really sort of trying, you know, the incident, trying to actually prevent them from ever getting, being lost, um, you know, that resulting in Juliet's death and seemingly not have worked. He gets to, he gets to, you know, sort of get closer to Jacob. He starts to get messages through Hurley and other, you know, other ways that, he is actually important, you know, so it's like, yes. I think that sort of helps him not lose his path because he gets sort of from the, from the horse's mouth, this idea that, okay, you know, you, you are important, you uh, know, yeah. you know, things are still, you know, things are still happening and, and you need to still be around. And of course, you know, I think he, I, you know, I, I kind of like that he smashes a lighthouse, you know, it's like, I, I expected him to do that because he, he was faced with the situation of being, you know, the closest he's been to figuring out what it's all about. Yeah. And and he sees that, okay, the, the you know, Jacob has been watching him since he's a kid, so it's like he's, it, he's sort of at the height of all that. But then he can't get the actual answer. He can't figure out what it really means. And so, yeah, his frustration comes out, and he destroys the, the mirrors and stuff. Um, you know, and then after that, he gets to go look out into the ocean and, you know, uh, sort of decide what that all means and sort of takes it all in. And uh, and so it, it's, you know, Jack has had a great run and, um, you know, but, but seeing him get to the point to where he will, 
he's sort of invested in the uh, mysterious parts of the island and the, the stuff that can't be explained, and he doesn't get hung up on it. He just sort of, you know, not majorly. I mean, obviously there's points along the way where he wavers in terms of what Jacob wants or what's going on and stuff like that, minor stuff. But uh, or should say minor wavering. But um, uh, but you know, he he continues on that path of, of sort of believing that it's all for a reason. And again, be, you know, largely because of Locke dying and uh, and sort of wanting to honor his memory in in in, in that way. And so he yeah he he. He came a long way, and even though he started out as, you know, you know, he's he's the guy you first see save everyone on the beach, you know. Yeah. You know, and he he continues to try his best to save everyone, getting people killed along the way. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, having you know, trying to do what he thinks is right, and uh, and you know, ending ending up saving the island, and uh, and you know, getting a, a big group of them rescued. At least the people who were left, of course, uh, rescued, and uh, was was pretty awesome, and and just and also just not and, and relegating himself to staying on the island, I think, was a big deal too. Not just I need to come to the island to do this one thing, and then I can leave. It's like he realizes, you know, the end of his journey is is his death. And yeah. It's gonna it's gonna need to be on the island. And yeah, and and, and you can you, you get the sense at the very end uh, that he that he has let go. Yeah, you know, uh, he let Kate go. Let Kate, let's Kate go. You know, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he he he's faced with the, the the chance to escape with the things he sort of wants, but he he sort of realizes that he can't have it, and that's you know that's good drama. That's tragic. You know, um, it works really well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a sense in his dying moments of really completing his journey mm-hmm. of being satisfied. And like I said, being able to let go of the things that he, uh, that, that, you know, he was, he was attached to and that, and that maybe held him back. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, and you know, Matthew Fox, what are you going to do? I mean, just, just those little moments when he would tear up or something. Oh or, Yeah. Such you a know, good crier. He's a great crier. Man. Um, did you just drop? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. He's a great crier. That's what he said. Try to remember that. Um, so Dennis Hopper died. That's kind of surprising. Um, uh, Gloom grows as BP's top kill effort fails. Oh, okay, so they had some kind of plan to stop the well from flowing, is that right? But it failed. Well, that's kind of crappy, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, I'm back. Okay. You know, I think what's interesting about the podcast when my phone drops is that, I, you know, sort of generally speaking, I have no idea what you bring up. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, sorry if, if this is a spoiler, but I don't go back and listen to our podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, for all I know, you could just be bad-mouthing me or, uh, or saying, can you guys believe Claude's theory about this thing? It's awful. <laughs> or, uh, You're right, I you could know. do that. Although yeah. I think someone would report me. 
Don't, yeah, they might. Or maybe you're telling them to keep the secret. Ooh, that would be, yeah. that'd be amazing. I have this, like, series of secret messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that theory is so wrong. Mm-hmm. You guys, I just let him talk and talk and talk until he shuts up. And then, <laughs> then he lets me talk. <sighs> yeah. Um, all right, yeah, I was just talking about Jack crying. Jack is a good uh, Matthew, crier. Matthew Fox being, being a great cry. I remember so back in the day when somebody was like, man, Matthew Fox on Lost cries all the time. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. And then I actually noticed it, and I'm like, yeah, he cries all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is sort of true. I didn't believe it, but it's like, yeah, it is. He does cry a lot. And yeah. He is, he's he's very, uh, very sensitive in a way. Yeah, I yeah, I really that's one of my favorite Jack qualities though is is uh he's he's a sensitive guy. He's just he's I mean, he's not like Sawyer, who I think sort of became he he started to show his vulnerability more. Yes. But he was sort of a hardened character whereas Jack was like, you know, he's he, you know, he's it's he's really on the surface. Like he can, hide, he can get through whatever crisis that needs to be needs to be handled at the time, but when he's done, he needs to go cry about it. Absolutely. He yeah. needs to go handle his emotions and let it all yeah. out and, and sort of deal with it and then and then he's fine and uh I like I like showing a hero who can cry, you know, that's yeah. good. That's realistic I think. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't seem like a weak character. Yeah, it doesn't make him you know? it doesn't make him any weaker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it it's it's um it's a good balance, but yeah, that's right. I think I think that's why he could be so temperamental. He just generally didn't hold in his emotions. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're you know whatever it was he was going through was just going to come out you know unless it was the middle of a crisis in which case yeah. he would usually handle the crisis and then you know cry afterwards. Yeah, you know. But that's uh, you're right. It's it's interesting to have a to have a hero like that. It never really struck me as strange, but mm-hmm. when you just state it, it does sound kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think his sensitivity was is, is pretty interesting. Because uh, you're right, like Locke and Sawyer and Saeed and, you know, the other, like, sort of heroic characters, like, never, you don't really cry like that. Yeah. You know, much more... Uh, bottled with their emotions. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, you know, Sawyer's the kind of person he gets upset. You know, he channels it into anger or something. Yeah. Or he's going to, you know, have Charlie kidnap son. You know, yeah. or whatever. Like he's he's, you know, it's just just as interesting to see how characters react to certain things. And Jack is Jack is a crier. He's an emotional guy, and uh, which is which is a good thing. You know, I think it I think it affects. You know, being very emotional affects other parts of him that are good qualities, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's been really, you know, it's it's sad to RIP all these people, but it, it everything we're saying just really make, reminds me how fun it'll be to rewatch everything, you know. And, and, and like I said, the ending doesn't ruin the show. Like, it's, the characters are great. The show's about the characters, and it'll be it'll be, it'll be fun even knowing what's going to happen and knowing what answers we don't get. Yeah. Just to just to see these people grow and develop and and go through their conflicts and go through their their uh, their different storylines again. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of stuff I've forgotten. You know, there's little things. Like, oh, I know. You know. There's so much to remember. It's hard to cover it all in yeah. one one fell swoop. But I, I you know, I, I think I was thinking about it. You know, yeah, the ending definitely doesn't ruin the show. I think. I think the only thing I would say, I would definitely recommend people watch the series. Only thing I would say is not to get too hung up on the small details. Yeah, I you think know? that's the that's the one caveat I I think I would also uh, give to people that that it's it's not gonna you know it's not gonna be not to really downplay the mystery, but I think more like you said specifically, don't get hung up on the details. Yeah. You yeah, know, uh, because that's what that's what makes it way more confusing and way more you know I mean that's what makes a lost loadout podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, so true. Yeah, but it's but it's not um, if you if you let that stand in the way, you're just sort of wasting your time at the end of the day. Definitely, it's not really what the show's focus is about, and you yeah. just won't be satisfied about that stuff in the end. And I think you know if you if you watch the show for the first time and you just go through the episodes. And you don't you don't focus on the tiny mm-hmm. details too much. I think they do address a lot of stuff, and you yeah. can be satisfied with that. You know, totally. Whoever I, I I envy, I really envy the people who have not seen any of Lost, have not been spoiled by big plot reveals and by the ending, and get to go watch it everything on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and just watch it straight through. And just that that's just got to be the best thing ever. Yes, you know that that would just have to be great because then you don't you don't have time to think about the little details exactly. that they won't that they won't bring up later. It just seem like this big, long, continuous, evolving, you know, show that that keeps that, that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they do answer stuff, and sometimes it takes a while, but they'll they they answer stuff, and so you get that sense they are answering the things that matter because you sort of forget the things that don't matter. Right, right, exactly. Because it's like, you know, we get, you know, we talked a lot, of course, about like the cabin and and the mm-hmm. ash and all that stuff. But it's like, Once it, twice. It, <laughs> you know, and, and Jacob, but it's like, if you just watch the show through and you don't like pay attention too much, I mean, Jacob becomes a major character eventually. They mm-hmm. they talk about the cabin again, and I think if you haven't noticed the details too much, you you understand what what happened there, yeah. basically. And you know the ash gets used, so you sort of see what it's good for. Just ignore that one line, and you're perfectly good to go. <laughs> you know, like that's the only problem with the ash plot. Yeah. Like everything else, you you see it for a while, and then you understand what it does. So I mean, that, there's that whole thing pays off. It's just that. You know, as you zoom in and get closer and closer to it, it starts to fall apart. Yeah. You know, you can't make it all fit, but, like, generally speaking, they did address that issue. Speaking of the ash real quick. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry to bring it up, but I was just thinking from what you just said, maybe um, maybe what, maybe the, maybe what, Dogen made the ash. Maybe all the ash we've seen Dogen made. Oh, therefore that could be why it's special and connected to Dogen. Oh, that's interesting. Because you know he he had all that stuff in yeah. his lab, and he made that the pill of poison. I just thought, well, maybe if he made it, then that's why it's that's why it's a thing. He was like he was an apothecary or something. Yeah, he was like an apothecary. Yeah, yeah. I... Or an al- slash alchemist. Yeah, yeah. 
That's interesting. I, that wouldn't have occurred to me. But yeah, if Dogen actually makes the S, then that that's a connection. Yeah, then it's basically like not Jacob at all. It's that it's Dogen has this special ash that he just happened to make or find that yeah. keeps Smokey out. And yeah, and, and and so the others or someone put the ash around the, the Jacob's cabin, and yeah, and, you know Bram's group has it because it comes from the others, and uh, and uh, and then and then it's still and then and then Lennon is right that now that Dogen's dead, the ash has no power. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, because there's no reason Jacob has to. It kind of has to come from Jacob. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it works because of Jacob ultimately. You know, but but you know, and Jacob is a. a, a I'm sorry, Dogen is one of Jacob's people, so right. You know, maybe ultimately that's where the power comes from, but maybe it's specifically that Dogen made it. I like that now. Yeah, I like Dogen making it. Yeah. Uh, See, good. it's weird how we can talk about something for a thousand times, and then it's a thousand at one time that's like, okay, well, maybe it's this new thing. Something we haven't even brought up before. Yeah. Like, it never occurred to me that he might have made it. I I did have the idea that somehow he was powering it, but it's a Yeah, of... that never, it never made sense to me. It just, like, that's what that's what Lennon seems to imply. And yeah. Says, it never made sense that Dogen would just, would just have this power, but now I'm just, but you know a reason it could be me, be meaningful intrinsically to Dogen is if he made it. Yeah, you know so. Yeah, we're still knocking him out of the park, even at uh, hour eighty-two. What are we on? I don't know anymore. <laughs> How long has been podcasting? Uh, yeah, it feels like uh, you know we finally cracked a big mystery. <laughs> yeah, we might figure out what the light is by the end of all this. Yeah, yeah, why not? There's still hope. <laughs> I didn't think I I had abandoned the ash as being resolvable. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like an impasse, but uh I it built did. a bridge. It did. Yeah. And it's you know, it's based on something we saw. Mhm. So that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I just always was wondering what Dogen was doing in that. He just it was a very specific office, you know. It was very it was. interesting. And Spidey destroys it. I love it. And, you know, he really does. Yeah, they have kind of a Charlotte-Juliet fight in there. Oh, man. That's, that's one of, you know, the, 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 the Kimi-Saeed fight is my favorite in terms of just straight-on action, I'm trying to kill you, you're trying to kill me, who's the better fighter? And really, sort of David and Goliath battle, because yeah. he's huge. Right. Uh, but 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 I love the Dogen-Saeed fight, because of Saeed's agility, and he's just, it's all about just being evasive and being uh, defensive, and it's uh, it's a very particular kind of a fight, and it's uh, those are my two favorite. It's I can't watch that enough of Saeed jumping from this thing and rolling into this thing and flying mm-hmm. over that thing and just like, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, at some point, you just can't jump anymore. You know, at some yeah. point, you land and you go, oof, and then you're like, I can't get up. But <laughs> Saeed is like still still going. Yes, yes, yeah. And I guess I'll just bring up that we uh, – when he gives sight, when Dogen gives sight the test, he does blow an ash-like substance mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. So that's at least a hint in the direction that maybe he 
you know, has some ash. I mean, you know, they they were spreading around the temple, so they have it somewhere, but, like, yeah. it's in his office. You but know? we never, you know, we never saw Jacob making ash or right. having anything to really do with the ash. No, no one, they never told us where it came from, really. Jacob's ash seems like a special thing, like a different yeah. thing. You know, they yeah. didn't use Jacob's ash to protect themselves or anything. Exactly. It was exactly. somehow tied in with Jacob appearing. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think it was a separate thing. And Dogen being responsible for making it, I mean, you know, it works with what we've seen. Yeah. I wish they had told us that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how they would have worked that into the finale, but, you know, that's one of the little answers I'd like them to throw in there. But I, yeah. I think, you know, if there's enough clues in to dig it out, I, I suppose that's second best. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what they would say is there's enough clues to figure it out based on sort of Dogen. Dogen and his apothecary supplies. And yeah. Showing him actually, like you said, using it on Saeed. And, um, and yeah. then, you know, the, other, the, the, the others at the temple having a lot of it, you know, to spread around right. for this big emergency. So. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what were we talking about before, though? We were RIPing Jack, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we, we came to the end of RIPing Jack. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we started talking about crying and sensitivity and actors yes. and, and characters. and uh, But, yes, R.I.P. Dr. Jack Shepard, M.D., uh, Matthew Fox, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Giant, giant round of applause. Yeah. I am standing and applauding. So am in I. podcaster form. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever the audio, digital version of applauses. That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh it's interesting. Did you did you watch Party of Five? No, not at all. I had never I, seen Matthew Fox before Lost in anything. Interesting. Yeah, I, I watched Party of Five quite a bit in the early the early seasons. Um, you know, and it was interesting when the show was over and like uh like when Scott Foley uh not Scott Foley, uh Scott Wolf who was also on Party of Five, and he started, like, doing other things and sort of after that show, and then I was like, oh, where's Matthew Fox? Oh, he's on this show called Lost. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember him being good in that, you know. I remember I remember liking his character. I think Charlie was his name, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, um... Yeah, you know, he, uh... He did a great job, and, I mean, he played – that's the great thing about TV. You know, he played Jack for six years. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. I mean, there's – you know, yeah. to play out a whole arc over such a huge period of time, I mean, there's just no other medium that, that lets, you know, lets an actor play a character like that no. over that extended period of time. Yeah, and in 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 turn in with that that level of production and uh yeah. uh, uh distribution to an audience, you know. Yeah. Uh and it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty it's, I mean, he will always be Jack Shepard no matter what he does after this. People are going to be yeah. like Matthew Fox from from Lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's no longer Matthew Fox from Party of Five. He's mm-hmm. Matthew Fox from Lost. Definitely. You know, and uh so uh, I'm interested to see, you know, what what he does what he does after this. I mean, he's, you know, again, uh, top five, of course, of my favorite characters on the show when, uh, yeah. and the actors on the show. And so whatever he does, I'll be watching. Yeah. Yeah, me too. 
Did you see his other films that he's done? No, I haven't seen anything he's done. Yeah, Smoking Aces I saw, Vantage Point I saw. Um, I didn't see We Are Marshall, which is probably his more like dramatic role, I would imagine, mm-hmm. out of out of the movies. And uh, I didn't see that though. Um, but you know, he was good in Vantage Point and uh, and uh, Smoking Aces. Both, okay. both good movies. Both pretty good movies. Nothing nothing too great, but you know, enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to move to Christian, the, the shepherd of all shepherds? <laughs> all right, we can do that. Um, I think we, you know, we sort of crescendoed with our RIPs and we'll just go down towards the minor characters. Yeah, now. there's definitely less to say about Christian than about Jack. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're heading down the, the, the other, down the slope, as it were. Yes. Uh, so Christian, you know, again, the, the actor being so important to the, the character. Yes. You know, just really, really with little things, you know, like, like when I was reading the, the scene with Christian and I, I, you know, like exhaling, just, ah, you know, just like with Juliet and her one quarter pucker and, yeah. and, and uh, and uh, Terry O'Quinn with his facial expressions and the you know the, the, the you know his face just has so much character in it, you know it's like you know his like he he has a lot of lines in his face because of his age, mm-hmm. and it, to me it's just it's like you know it's just such a great tool that he has, you know versus you know someone else whose face just doesn't look like that, right? You know it's just like it's just it's a cool like benefit to to his ability to be a good actor to me that. You know, just his physical appearance, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, yeah, Christian. Christian was interesting. You know, being the sort of Jack's antagonist, uh, being the guy who Jack was always trying to please and not ever feeling like he could. Um, I, I remember really enjoying him in the uh, the scene with him and Sawyer in the bar in Australia. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, that was after, hey, I'm walking here. I'm just walking in the middle of the road because I'm Sawyer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, Anna Lucia, we'll get to you. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I've always, he was always really interesting uh, uh, with, with just sort of his presence and 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 how um, how he was played, you know, it gets he he gets it's he's a weird character because he he's two different characters, you know, in that uh, Smokey portrays him at a certain point, yeah, uh, or throughout you know throughout certain points, and um, so you know it's weird to sort of talk about Christian without not trying not to get that muddled with uh, the Smokey Christian. Yeah, particularly since we didn't really see the real Christian anymore after the Smokey Christian started appearing mm-hmm. more often, you know. Like, he appeared in season one, but then he didn't appear again until the beginning of season four. Yeah. And, you know, we did not see, for the most part, the actual Christian Shepherd until, you know, the scene we just talked about. Yeah. You know, it was always the smoky Christian. So yeah, it's pretty much like it's pretty much like a direct contrast between 
you know, Christian Shepherd is pre-island, and then Smokey is post-island, you know, and it's really like those are the se- that's the separation from the two versions of Christian. Yes. You know, so much of what we know is the, the backstory stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he was definitely a very, one as far as, like, the pure flashback characters, he was definitely mm-hmm. way up there. I, I would, yeah. you know, put him in top five for flashback characters because he did a lot. He had connections with all kinds of other characters. It was, it was ridiculous, um, mm-hmm. you know, being Claire's dad and then having the scene with Sawyer, and he accompanied Anna Lucia to Australia. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus, this guy, this guy's everywhere. So, uh uh, so that was that was great, and yeah, the you know he he was uh, you know I, I didn't like him in a way. I mean, I, he was always an interesting character, but I didn't like him because he was always so, you know, uh, he was always at odds with Jack. Yeah, you know, and I was more on Jack's side in that in that conflict. Um, but he had a very serious presence, and I think that. You know, even though we're looking at Smokey, it's the same actor, you know, just like Terry O'Quinn playing that character. It it just, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact of having that actor around, even if it's not the same character, it still, uh, you know, gave, it gave those scenes a lot of extra weight. It was really great that, you know, those those great actors got to play the villain. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it really made the villain a better character to have those. The great actors play yeah, multiple I mean, great actors play you got him. three great actors playing the same villain. Yeah, you know, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. It is. You know, because Titus, Titus, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really seen him in anything. I don't think either before this, and I'm, I just like, wow, you're great. All of a sudden, where'd you come from? <laughs> totally, I haven't seen him in anything either. Um, I've heard that he's in Deadwood. Um, mm, that's right, yeah, which I um, haven't seen. I've seen part of it, but I don't think I've seen the part he's in. Uh, so I didn't I didn't recognize him at all. First time I saw him really was the scene with him and Jacob, um, mm-hmm. or Mark Pellegrino, who I had seen in other stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely came out of nowhere and just, you know, to play the original uh, version. And, you know, they all have a slightly different take on the character, which is kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I liked all three versions. I mean, they all, you know, they all had their own unique qualities. And I think one of the cool things about the man in black character, or the smoky character is that he did to a certain extent, assume some of the personality of the person he was impersonating. Mm-hmm. So, so like, it would be a weird kind of combination of the man in black's personality and the personality of the person he was impersonating. God, sorry for that person stuff. I was, that was out of control. <laughs> the personality of the person yeah, he was, was impersonating was, personally. If, if I was there, I would have slapped you. Thank for, you. For your own good. You know? I needed a good slap. Yeah. God, that was, that was out of control. Yeah, but anyway. It, 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 Jumped in, but uh, saved you. But uh, yeah, watching watching the car wreck. Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand. Uh, so yeah, I agree. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I agree. But uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see the. You know, it's hard to separate characters from the actors when there's multiple actors playing the same character. Yeah. Yeah, they've played different characters too. You know. Right. Uh, so that that's you know like six things involved somehow. Um, yeah. But um, 
so it, it, it's it's weird, you know. It's hard to separate it, and and I think I think yeah, I think it is interesting to see sort of the man black be sort of different in different contexts and in different, you know. He, he sort of wants different things at different times, you know. He's trying to get different things at different people when he appears as like Christian versus, um, you know, versus of course, you know, and that that really just goes back to this man in black being interesting because he can t- shape shift, you know. Yeah. You know, being being Yemi and being you know other people yeah. and stuff like that. It's that that's just interesting anyway. But uh, but you know, you were saying you know the the idea that three actors you know uh, or should say three one character was you know sort of three different other characters. Yeah. Uh, um, it just reminded me of um, of uh, adaptation and the story oh, of the three. <laughs> Wow, you know, wow, like Man in Black is, is like other people, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does sound like that. Mm-hmm. And it definitely but, confused the issue that it did turn out at the end of the day that there were, there were, diff, you know, there were actual sort of ghosts hanging around. Uh-huh. And then, you know, Man in Black can impersonate dead people. So all dead people were not the same. There there was two groups of apparitions. Yes. Yeah. That, that turned out to be true. <laughs> yeah, that was I, that was something we talked about. I remember really early on Lost Slowdown, like whether, yeah. whether there were different kinds of apparitions or not, or whether they're either all smoky or, or their own thing. Like, it, you know, you didn't really know. Yeah, we went uh, back and forth on that a lot. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but you're right. Uh, it was uh, it was cool to have the character like that, and I think probably in the way they wrote it, um, there there was I think there was something in common to all the incarnations. You could tell it was the same character, especially when you know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I I, I like that, and I I think. Because there's some of Christian there, you know, it, it still it still seems like partially uh, Christian. Yeah. You know, just as there was still some of Locke with the with the Man in Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they didn't really make that come to anything. The fact he kept sort of it looked like Locke was bleeding over, like he kept sort of just being like Locke in some instances. Yeah. They never really, I guess, drew a main conclusion to that in my mind. But um, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, what do you, what do you ultimately think about that? Like, what, what are we supposed to think of what that was about? I mean, my basic theory is just that when he, when he uh, takes on the appearance of someone, he's also taking on their memories and their thoughts and and desires and stuff. And he can control them to a certain extent, but I think they're somehow present in his thought processes and so i think to a certain extent they 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 sneak in they sort of come out you know and i i think i think up to the end you know when he just when he's like hey seems like old times desmond we could fight over pushing a button like it's almost like he and like rationally he knows jack's not gonna like be like yeah me and Locke. this is Locke behind me you know but i think i think the personality being present he he thinks of things that that character would say Mm-hmm. And and then and 
you know, like anyone who sort of thinks of something to say, he, he feels compelled to say it to a certain extent. So I just see it as a byproduct of the way he adopts personas. That, that that's that's why he seems to be speaking as that character. I mean, I think that happened with Christian too, and with Yemi, um, you know, uh, and you know, and with some of the other people. Yeah. It seemed to me it seemed more specific with Locke. I thought, or at least I thought it was sort of maybe separate because you know a lot of the other stuff was, you know us not knowing if that that was really man in black. Yeah. So part of it being them trying to convince us that's the character. You know? mm-hmm. So I think that's there, but so I thought maybe they were trying to do something specifically with Locke since, you know, he had this whole idea about who Locke was and whether he was right or wrong. And he had a sort of final word to say about Locke as a character. Yet he started to sort of increasingly become more and more like him in certain big, big events and stuff. So it seemed like that was, going somewhere or maybe it was just, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like that was since he was he wasn't just like looking like Locke, he was kinda like, you know, he you know, I did the whole the whole the whole thing to get Locke's body back there and all that stuff. So it just I don't know, I thought there was something more, but I think maybe it just goes along with the rest of the, you know, other apparitions and people he's looked like where he just sort of comes off as that person and sort of, cause he's, he's got, he's using their memories to, you know, yeah, you know, like what he did with Isabella and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, you know, exactly. Cause sometimes I think it's conscious, you know, he's obviously trick, trying to trick well, yeah. Richard, you know, but it's interesting to me when it, when it sort of seems to not be conscious. It, do, it does seem like there's a certain degree of it. He can't control. Mm-hmm. Like it just pops out at times. He can harness it and sort of make himself really be that person, but I think even without trying, you know, he just little glimpses of that person come out. Yeah. Um. Well, R.I.P. Christian Shepherd, you are already dead. <laughs> you were uh, dead at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, John Terry, good job, good job. But yeah, well done. I he's an actor that you know I never heard of before Lost, like many actors I've seen in Lost, and you know I I I'd really like to see him in something. Yeah. You know, well, I thought maybe it'd be cool to see him do a a, a David Mamet movie or something. Hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah, I just feel like he'd be good with that kind of that kind of dialogue. I'd like to hear him do it. Uh, well, I'll call David right now. Get Please. Yeah. I know you. I know you two are pretty, uh, pretty tight. Yeah. Well, he just won't stop, you know, bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Call me for film ideas. <laughs> right. It's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough. Mhm. It is a tough. <laughs> I don't know how to end that sentence. Um. Let's end it by moving to, well, I think to this point it's almost anybody, but um, who do you want to RIP next? That's everyone that's in that church. Well, I'm not really looking at a list, so I don't even know. Yeah. Um, Why aren't you looking at a list? Come on. Because I don't know what list you're looking at, and so it's... I just had a list of people who were in the church. Oh, okay. Um, so, like I so said, at this, point, at this point, it's anybody on the list. Okay. 
Uh, all right, uh, I'll go. Let's go, Miles. Miles. Miles Strong. Oh, Miles. What a survivor. Yeah. I. From the time we saw his character, I thought he'd be dead soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, he proved me wrong. Um, very interesting character, I think. Sarcastic, but somehow not unpleasant. Uh, mm-hmm. Selfish, but but you didn't hate him. Uh, yeah. You know, you could kind of count on him, but he'd kind of look out for himself. He, he, he occupied a very weird uh, position. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a he he could read dead people, which was cool, and uh, and he was Pierre Chang's son, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh, so he had a history with the islands and. I think, um, uh, you know, his early days with the uh, freighter mission was good. He was ambiguous, uh, luck, putting the grenade in his mouth. And, uh, uh, you know, the way that the way that evolves into him just being um, just being trapped with everyone on the island and then joining Dharma and then becoming sort of best friends with Sawyer. Yeah. Uh, of all people, which it would sort of makes sense, I guess, since. You know, the, the, one of Hurley's early comments was that the, they sent us a new Sawyer or something, you know, mm-hmm. when he makes a comment to him. So I guess, you know, they had certain personality uh, uh, similarities. Um, 